That's Toto Coelho from 1982, I Eat Cannibals. A strange song you probably don't remember unless you were born between the late 1950s and the early 1970s. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. This is the Druff and Friends show, starting pretty late tonight. Fortunately, we haven't lost our co-host who falls asleep when we start this late. Calwad, hello. Hey, Druff, how you doing? So would you like to know why I'm so late tonight? <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me. Well, okay. why, why are you so... Give me a good story. Well, like, it, has me, do, it has to do with a dog. I think you can relate. Oh, I was going to say, I was hoping it's some sexy time thing, but hopefully not with a dog. So what what happened? Well, um, this dog is, is uh, 12 and a half years old, and he's doing pretty well for a 12 and a half year old dog. His coat is surprisingly nice. Like, he doesn't look like he's 12 and a half. And... Um, he doesn't have any major health problems, but recently he started this habit, which we just can't stop, that when he gets excited for food, uh, he just craps. Just He just does it. When I, he wants I, to eat, he shits. Yeah, I don't even think he knows he's doing it. It just, it just comes out. And this started on, probably a few weeks ago. And it, it's just... Uh, so I, I forgot tonight... To, so you were cleaning up shit. Well, it got worse. I, I forgot. I forgot <laughs> to put him. I forgot to put him outside when I uh, was starting to get his food ready, and then I realized right away. Rushed him out. Thought I did oh, it in time, no. but hold on, it gets worse. Uh, then I finished making his food. I, I look out there, and I see that uh, he crapped twice outside. I go, okay, well, at least it was outside. Right. Then I put his food out, and I realized that. There's something that stepped on in the house by me, and then there was actually a second one there I didn't realize. So basically, he crapped in the house too, and I stepped in and didn't realize it. So I had to clean up everything. Mm. It was a disaster. It was very frustrating. That not the way I wanted to prepare for radio. I hear you. So uh, I'm not even like 100 percent done. Like my the problem. These are new shoes too. That's the worst part. I, and uh, so, you know, one of the shoes got it. One of the shoes did not, but one, one of these shoes got it. I, I it has these. So you gro- literally stepped in the shit. Yes, and, and there's there's grooves okay. on the bottom of the shoe, so mm. it's very hard to get out. I had to take a plastic knife, and it, it was very disgusting. I'm not even like 100 percent done. I left the shoe outside to to, <laughs> to, to to go at it later. And and not only that, this is very bad timing because in uh, in LA it's very cold, uh, at least by LA standards. It's been cold for the last few weeks, and. So it's like in the 30s outside, and so I, I didn't want to like take the hose to the shoe there with the cold water and then stand out in the cold and do that in the dark. So I had to do it inside. It, the, the whole thing, like, you this one time before I had to clean off my shoes, like like a long time ago. But it was on a warm night. I think it was in the summer, and I, I just turned on the hose and sprayed my shoes enough down, and like everything was fine. But tonight. I couldn't do that with it being the 30s and anyway it was a mess so that's that's why that's part of the reason well, why. Drev, let me let me tell you something so <clears throat> i know that these kind of stories are all kind of out there now um but back in the day like this was probably had to be nine almost 10 years ago we had one of those roomba things you know yeah the the automatic robots i, I think we i got them like pretty soon after they came out like it was pretty early on and uh we had a new puppy at the time too and the the puppy was still being house trained 
and the Roomba was set to kick in at night and just wander around and pick stuff up. <laughs> I already know what's coming here, but go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, I swear to God, like, I, I know that there are other stories people have talked about this, but I mean, as far as I know, I was probably one of the first suckers that this happened to, but I woke up and my wife was, she walked into the bedroom and she had like these big plastic gloves on. She's like, come down. <laughs> okay. And yeah, what happened is the the Roomba rolled over the uh, the shit, the dog, you know, crapped in a corner or something. And the way the Roombas work, they just randomly like wander around your house like a drunk person, right? Yeah. So there were just shit smears, like meandering all over the house, all over the place. And we're cleaning this thing up. And what reminded me of it is similar to you sitting there with the, the knife, like my job was. It wasn't just that the, the crap was all over the house. It was embedded inside this Roomba thing, right? <laughs> so I had to take the fucking thing apart. And I was like, you know, chipping the, away the, the crap from the gears and stuff that were inside this damn thing. It took me hours, hours to clean that damn thing up. It was brutal. It sounds like it. I, I can feel like a little bit better now knowing you've gone through it too. So, okay, we oh. have a free roll that already started thanks to this. But uh, it's a large free roll, so I hope you're in. Now, you guys have a little bit of time to get in. You have about 10 more minutes to get in late with late registration with a full stack. Uh, a number of generous last-minute donations came in. It started out as just a $66 free roll, which compared to last week's uh, 450 was kind of a letdown. Not, not that we expected 450 every week. It just, it, it just felt funny typing 66 after the last two weeks were so big. Yeah, but you can't compare it to the aberration, right? No, I, 60, I, 66 is still a pretty good free roll. That's what I, I, th- I thought, but then... We got sixty-four more dollars from Gordman, and we got uh, fifty more dollars at the last minute from Eric Benzamokin. So I, I really appreciate these donations. And uh, here's the way the prize pool breaks down: is a bounty tonight, a small bounty, uh, eighty dollars for first, forty for second, thirty for third, thirteen for fourth, seven for fifth, and then ten dollars bounty on Gordman. So and he, oh, well, he thank put, God there's no bounty on me. I yeah, can finally the monkey is off my back. He he put the monkey on his own back. This is uh he put the bounty on himself. So it's it's eighty, forty, thirty, thirteen, seven, and then ten for the bounty on Gordman. Uh important regarding the eligibility requirements, as I've mentioned on last week's show, Belly Buster changed the requirements and any any new registrants to the no fraud online poker room where it takes place. They have to get approved by either me or Belly Buster. It's it better if Belly Buster mm-hmm. approves you, but if, if he's not around at the last minute, you ask me and I know you, I can put you in. But uh, you have to be manually approved once to play in the free roll, and he's doing this so people can't create multi accounts when there's a big free roll. And then, uh, yeah, even and if. And also, an, like, rando idiots from Russia coming in to try and win. Yeah, it too, well, right? well, we already yeah. had a rule to prevent that because the pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll, which you guys should read, that, those are the official rules. I, I should update it to mention the PM to Belly Buster. But uh, that, the pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll describes the rules as far as qualifying for the free money. But there was still a loophole, and that was that somebody could create dummy accounts that they don't plan on winning with and dumping chips to themselves. So this way, the account's going to fly under the radar because they never win. I'm not saying no, this bad, happened. Bad guy uh, alert rough says he's on 17 accounts through a VPN. <laughs> you got to watch out for him. That's the, yeah, he's like the comic relief character of the show, but then it, it can bite me in the ass, too, when he does things like that. So if people make, they, you know, they can make basically dummy accounts to just 
dumped to themselves during big free roll. So what Belly Buster has done is uh, if anybody new registers, they it just won't let them in, and he has to manually approve it. But again, if he's not around, because he's in England, he's the one who runs the No Fraud Online Poker Room, he's in England, if he's not around, then uh, if I know you, you can ask me to approve you, but uh, preferably do it with some advance notice. Some people like to ask during the show, and then I have to pause the show. To, I never really pause the show, but I have to do it in the background, and the show kind of doesn't sound as good. I, I just don't like doing that. I've, I've tried to help people because I, I, there's some good people here who just haven't been able to get in because uh, they, they forgot their password or whatever. The, the old instructions used to be if you just forget your password, just make a new account. Which, which was fine back then. It's just uh, things have kind of changed since there was some suspicion of uh, chip dumping and collusion, which was never proven. We were never able to find actual evidence, but there were users saying they suspected it. So Now, uh, Snowtrax isn't banned anymore, right? Yeah, Snowtrax, right. Snowtrax, uh, yeah. he made a negotiation with Belly Buster to – and he didn't cheat What the hell anything. was that all about? Like someone took a – basically get like a hitman contract out on him? Yeah, well, here's what happened. <laughs> Snowtrax, uh, who's, who's won various free roll prizes over the years – and I've paid him you know, fairly quickly. For some reason, he got irritated that one he won in early February, I didn't pay him that fast, and he started a thread on the forum to complain about it. And a lot of users didn't take well to that and, and got mad at him. So Handicap Me actually contributed $100 to future free rolls, which we still haven't used yet, to have Snow Tracks banned. And then uh, Snow Tracks wasn't happy about that, but Belly Buster said, okay, I'll allow it. Because Belly Buster makes his own rules. He... Uh, he doesn't have to answer to me. He just does what he wants. So he banned Snowtrax thanks to that uh, donation. <laughs> and then Snowtrax negotiated with Belly Buster to donate $50 himself to get unbanned. So that has been done. So Snowtrax. So Belly is- Buster, I mean, what we learned from all this is that Belly Buster has a price and yes. can be bought. Well, but sort right. of. It's not to him, though. It goes to the free roll. So, oh, okay, okay. So he doesn't yeah. make any money. So it's. it's uh, so I, I don't get involved in these things. Some people say, oh, how can you do this? How can you make users pay to play the free roll? I'm not – first of all, nobody's paying. It's going back into the pool. And, and, and second, uh, you know, these are donations, and these are rules that Belly Buster makes. He, he runs the, online, the No Fraud Online Poker Room. I distribute the money. I collect and distribute the money, but that's all I do. So that's uh, – it's up to him. I don't interfere in any decisions he makes. So – here is the agenda tonight. You still have five minutes to get into the free roll with late registration. And uh, I think I didn't list all the donors. So Gordon Man, $64. Eric Benzamokin, $50. Reno gave $40. I Am Greek gave $10. And Trader Ruski, who we're going to put on here right now if I can find him, gave $16. So thank you to all of you for – and by the way, uh, I actually ran out of Bitcoin, <laughs> so I wasn't able to pay fully uh, – Roland X 420, who won last week's huge free roll. So uh, he's actually waiting for the second hundred. But I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to roll Roland X. I will. Uh, I just got to buy some more Bitcoin. I, I deposited it onto some sites, and uh, so I don't have Bitcoin to pay at the moment. But uh, uh, I, I can pay you guys in Bitcoin. I'm going to make probably a deposit on tonight, and uh, so Bitcoin will be a way you can get paid. Of course, there's also bank transfers. If you accumulate enough winnings, I'll send you cash or check, and. Uh, I prefer another method that you could use to pay online, a very popular one that's been around almost 20 years. You might be able to guess what that is. And uh, just either PM me Dan Space Druff on the forum or email, email me dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. By the way, you're welcome to email me at dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com at any time if, for any concern or any comments about the show. 
Anything you want to tell me, you can always email me there. You can also text me at any time, 775-372-8355. You can text before, after, and during the show. That's our main phone number into the show as well, 775-372-8355. Just beware that if you do not warn me in advance that you don't want your text being read on the air, I may read it on the air. So be forewarned. It may happen. You may be embarrassed if you forget to put that. Uh, if you email right, me, Jeff, at, I'm, I'm going to donate a hundred dollars to the next free roll. If uh-oh. by the time this show is over, the the PFA listeners who are listening have texted you fifty unique dicks to oh, that no, number. No, 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 no. Hundred dollars no, 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 goes no, no, into no. the free roll. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is, it, is this fifty different people or fifty just different? Dicks. Someone will actually go find 50 different dicks and, and, and text them to me, I'm sure. Yeah, just 50 different dicks. Uh, it doesn't have to be 50 different people, right? Uh, but they have to be unique dicks. So one person could, in theory, send 50 dicks. Okay. Or it could be 50 people that send a dick. Okay. Well, you guys you guys heard it. And So, so when's the deadline for this, though? The end of the, uh, uh, the, end of the show. I can't, I can't believe I'm agreeing to this. Okay. So uh, I'll donate $100. You gotta, and you've got to go through and count them. Right, because we got to make sure I, I will, you, I will you count, tally it up. I, I won't be uh, examining them closely, but uh, I will count them. So yeah, you got to tally the tallywhackers. <laughs> Can't believe. I, I, I'm sure there will never be another poker show that has that type of promotion. I think I think that's a unique promotion to Poker Fraud Alert, and and will be forever. I think we can go another thousand years. There won't be another poker show that will have this type of promotion. Okay, so uh, I mean, it's not gonna, not the first time that money has been exchanged with dicks involved, right? No, no, that's that's true. Yeah. But I think just right. in this manner. Okay, so let's see. We, the free roll is, is two more minutes to get in. Trader Ruski, hello. What's up, boys? What's up, uh, Trader Ruski? You gonna contribute and uh, send Druff a dick? I will not. <laughs> But, um, what, what's the number that everyone can text the dicks to again, Drew? It's a seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. All right, all right. Let the dicks fly. So this is great, Drew. You're gonna feel you're gonna feel like a, a female on social media. Yeah, the yeah. dicks are just gonna be flying left and right. That's true. That's that's really what yep. it is. Seven one two seven seven five eight one six two is the call to listen line. Seven one two seven seven five eight one six two. It's a number you can use to listen to the show live or. Streaming reruns, when we're not live, it'll just pick a show from our vast library of more than six years of shows, more than 275 shows in there, and it will just pick one at random, run it at full, and you can listen to it as it broadcasts. When that's over, it'll pick another one again and again until we go back live. 712-775-8162. You can also listen live with it. It does not require a smartphone, does not require the internet or a data plan or a computer, will not use any of your data. All you need is a phone anywhere in the world that can dial. 712-775-8162 is the call to listen line. Absolutely, positively, never, never, never buffers. Never. No buffering. I actually read recently someone complaining about buffering online. They were complaining about, uh, I think it was a video they were complaining about. But I'm thinking, hmm, I I know something that doesn't buffer. You got a call to watch line, too? No, that's... uh, (laughs) Maybe one day when I break down and do a video show, there will be some kind of call to watch line that you can call with your make a video call to. The thing is, there's no video call phone numbers. There's FaceTime and there's other video apps. There's no people in the past got it wrong, where they imagined video phones 
and uh, it, there's no video number. I guess you can call with you know cell phone to cell phone with <coughs> FaceTime. That that could be done, but uh, there's no just like video phone number you can call. Hey, Drew, do you ever remember seeing those old telethons? And when they reach certain milestones, like they ring a little bell or play, you got like a, a sound effect, like a a dick received sound effect. Well, I didn't or have. The, I obviously play? didn't have this prepared, but let's let's see what I can come up with here. And you got any like Joe Seabach or something, or you know? Let's see. Uh, let's see if I can. How about how about this one? <laughs> oh, did you hear that or not? No, no. Oh, I didn't okay. Hear I forgot. I forgot the problem. Okay, here, I'll play it again for you. How, yeah. how, how about this one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's perfect. Okay. So have we we gotten any dicks yet, or the well? Is, I think they, the I think, I think I think they have to look. Uh, but but it looks like so so far no. So far nobody's. Oh wait, well, hold on. No 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 no. Okay. Now what about Dick Dick Van Dyke? Does he count? Someone actually sent me Dick Van Dyke. No, it's got to be a cock. Okay. No, now they're now they're coming in. Oh, they are coming in. Well, yeah, you got to yeah, play yeah. one for you. Got to do the little boing sound. No, see, so, some people, some people are trying to help me here. Someone sent me Dick Tracy. No. Uh, someone actually, yeah, someone said sorry and actually sent me one. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! Someone, <laughs> Dick Tracy should count. I don't we, know. You got to play. You got to play the sound effect. If you got an actual dick, Ruff, you got to play it. I, I just played it. You didn't hear? Oh, that was the only one. Well, no, there's more. Uh, then oh, there's. Well, and then someone, one, you you got to do one per dick. So, someone wrote uh, over over under ten for the number of Joe Seabock dick pics you get. Yeah, yeah. How, how, have I not gotten that yet? That's, that's amazing. But uh, Druff, you got to do it one per because it, you make the show interactive, right? Because you you could be talking and then you go boing and then they start flooding in and you're like boing 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 boing, you know, as the dicks are flying in, you know. Okay, so someone yeah, someone sent me a link to one. I guess I can count that. So we have a we have a second one. As long as you have viewed the dick, I will count it. Okay. There, there, there you go. All right. So, all right. We seven got, seven we got, five fraud fifty five. Right. Yeah. So, well, it's a text seven seven five three seven two eight three five. I should have made like a special penis text phone number. That would be better. So I don't just get inundated on the main number. But it's too late. So here's the agenda tonight. Uh, by the way, uh, here's uh, actually I'll, I'll tell you guys after the agenda if I can find the agenda. Where's the agenda? Buried in a pile of dicks. It, it, oh, here we are. Okay, so Jow Poker. Two little stories about Jow Poker. First of all, it has been found that the former owner of Jow Poker, or I should say, probably current owner of Jow Poker, the founder of Jow Poker. Uh, he has a rather checkered past. I know you're probably shocked, but uh, you will learn during the segment that the owner of Jow Poker has a. It was arrested about ten years ago for financial fraud. You mean he doesn't have a, a fake history of being an amazing businessman like Fleischman? No, he actually no. he actually is convicted of stuff. I don't know if he's convicted, but he was arrested for something pretty serious. So I'll tell you that it's a, of course, a financial crime. The and then also the Jow Poker is reopened, and they claim there's new owners, and they claim they're going to process withdrawals, which I don't believe any of that. So we'll talk about that. We're gonna have a check in with Raymond Davis after that, who is currently with, at least he was when he messaged me, 
Alan Kessler and Bert Booten. He's he's with the two of them, and he wants to call into radio, so we're going to call him up. He uh, he's the token black guy of this show, and I know we have some black listeners to call into, but uh, he actually wrote. He actually wore a shirt to the World Series of Poker that said "Random Black Guy." So I, I think I think Raymond Davis has to be the token black guy of this show. Vanessa Selfs, she might be the token lesbian at her hedge fund, but that hasn't uh, stopped someone from reporting her to HR. Yeah, she's already gotten into trouble at work. Someone reported Vanessa Selfs to HR for inappropriate behavior at a social function related to work. Mm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's tough to transition from poker-playing, angry, lesbian, social justice warrior to an employee on Wall Street. Maybe that's not an easy transition. you careful with your uh, verbiage when you're talking about her, okay? I wouldn't be using transition. Oh, that's true. That means something. That you is know true. What I mean? uh, Jennifer Tilly has raised some eyebrows due to a politically incorrect tweet she wrote regarding the Oscars vote, and then... Uh, None other than Vanessa Selps got angry about that, so we will talk about that as well. Leon Sukernik, remember him? Who he uh, he welched on a loan to play heads up. Yeah, he played heads up, he lost, and then he made up the excuse that he was cheated, which apparently he's done before, and stiffed Aussie Matt Kirk out of uh, $2 million. And there's an ongoing lawsuit. We've talked about this in a number of episodes we've had so far. There's a new piece of information on this that has uh, come from court his counterclaims against matt kirk and the aria he filed two counterclaims two counterclaims they have been denied let's talk more about that doug polk and daniel negranu have been sniping at each other yet again on twitter seriously Sirius has gotten involved uh the former softballer Joey Ingram got involved. But despite that, at the American Poker Awards, both of them were snubbed, despite the fact that both of them were nominated twice in two different categories. Neither of them won. If you are looking for lobster mac and cheese, which is a very popular dish among poker fraud alert listeners, so I hear, it's going to be a little bit more expensive because... uh, a Bellagio cook has been arrested for stealing lobster tails from Bellagio. It's a very strange story. If you were smoking legalized pot, or really any pot in Las Vegas, and then you were foolish enough to bring it to the airport, which it's banned at the airport, basically because you can't fly with it, so... Uh, it's, it's never been allowed at the airport. In fact, you can be cited for bringing pot to the airport. Uh, they've decided that they're going to give potheads one more chance, especially you know, potheads, they, they might forget. They might have some uh, short-term memory problems. So just in case potheads forget to get rid of their pot or smoke it all before they get to the airport, uh, there are now some pot dumping boxes at McCarran Airport. I'm not joking. I'll tell you about that. Dennis Hoff's Love Ranch, which is in Nevada, and that's where Lamar Odom almost died during a drug binge, uh, that's been shut down by officials, and I'll tell you why. 
A Bally's poker dealer was caught stealing money, not a whole lot of money, but stealing money out of pots in games he was dealing. So he got fired. And you would think at that point he would lose his license and there'd be no chance he could get employment again in the city of Las Vegas. Incorrect. He then got a job at Bellagio. (laughs) And when this was found out, there was some action taken against him. So I'll tell you about that peculiar story. You've heard the phrase, always bet on black, used in various contexts. Well, someone really took that literally. A poker player fired his entire $60,000 tournament win on a single roulette spin, betting on black. I'll tell you how that ended up, and I will play you the audio from the moment the spin began until it hit, which is about a minute's worth of audio. Oh, God. Tournament poker is just so good <laughs> for the <laughs> ecosystem. It's just so good. Poker player Mike Raskin. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be good for the other poker players, not the casino. Yeah, yeah, it's good for the casino ecosystem for sure. Isn't that the worst? I'm sure we've all experienced it, but you're you're playing in, with some complete donk and he ends up winning. And then you see him go to the cage, get his money, and then just wander off down into the Yes, pit. yes. And I, you're like, oh, that. come on. I hate that. It's the worst. Uh, poker player Mike Raskin. We have a lot of pot stories. He, uh, he was arrested in New York with a good deal of marijuana, more than just a joint, uh, yeah, with 360 pounds of pot. That's a lot of weed, man. That is. I, I, it's lifetime supply. That's um, like that you, you need more than a pickup truck bed for that. So that's a lot of weed. I mean, that, that, uh, it's more pot than Greg Raymer weighs, I think. So it's a lot of pot. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I just, just compare it. Just think. It's like, it's like more if you filled Greg Raymer with pot, there's more than that. So... I think it is, at least. So anyway, Mike Raskin busted uh, 360 pounds of pot. I'll tell you about that situation, which is ongoing. Have you guys heard of the charming 1992 movie starring Brad Pitt called A River Runs Through It? Have you either I, I've heard, heard of it, I vaguely never remember. watched it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, same thing. I, I never watched it either, but I'd heard of it. Uh, a 2018 version of A River Runs Through It took place at the Horseshoe Southern Indiana where a river is really running through it. It's been shut down because of Ohio River flooding. And it has no reopening date at the moment. Poker Stars, also known as the Stars Group, has bought a majority share in CrownBet, which is an Australian betting site. And I'll tell you a bit about that. And I'll tell you what one listener said about CrownBet itself. So that is our agenda for tonight. A lot of things to discuss. But before we begin... I want to introduce everybody to PokerFraud.com. PokerFraud.com. Not PokerFraudAlert.com. PokerFraud.com. It's a very interesting site. It is one that uh, it has some similarities to PokerFraudAlert. I'll admit that. I'm not afraid of the competition. Uh, if you want to go to PokerFraud.com instead of PokerFraudAlert, then you know, fine, go ahead. I'm not going to. I'm not. You're not required to only go to this site. But there is a PokerFraud.com now. And I figure I shouldn't hide from that fact. Uh, Calwat, have you gone there yet to PokerFraud.com? I have not gone to PokerFraud.com. You, you, you bring, you bring a, a browser right up and go there. As soon as I mention the site, you go immediately. This time you don't. 
All right. I'm doing it now. I was waiting for the, the dick boing sound. Well, I, yeah, well, it, well, wor- it works. Yeah, well, yeah, pokerfraud.com. Not HTTPS, though. No, it's not. It was so. This is what happened. I was uh, I was at the Commerce <laughs> Casino last night, and I, I kid you not. I think I've mentioned it before. The internet, the Wi-Fi at Commerce. If you try to go to PokerFraudAlert.com, and not all gambling sites, but PokerFraudAlert.com, and probably some others, it tells you that you cannot because it's a gambling site. <laughs> So you, you, you're banned from going to sites about gambling while you're gambling. Makes sense. What the fuck? Now, I, I don't think Commerce specifically chose to do this. I think they're probably using no. some sort of uh, third-party service that just blocks objectionable material, and we got caught up in yeah, that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an, basically an Internet appliance that they just plug in, and they've got their own blacklist, and the, the people at Commerce are too lazy or too incompetent to – you know, <laughs> to change it. Right. So so I got so tired of this because, yes, I can access Poker Fraud Alert by getting off the Wi-Fi, but what a pain in the ass. I could keep switching off and on. and So I, I've got the unpalatable choice of doing the switch on and off thing from the Wi-Fi or just staying off the Wi-Fi and using up my data. So finally I said, I'm going to do something about this. So I was sitting there at the table, and I thought to myself, what domain do I already have that's doing nothing that, would be okay for this. Not necessarily ideal, but okay. So I thought, oh, pokerfraud.com. I remember I grabbed that. See, and believe it or not, pokerfraud.com was supposed to be the original URL of the site. It was supposed to be just pokerfraud.com. This was going to be pokerfraud radio. This was going, everything to be pokerfraud.com, but it was already taken. It was taken by the founder of True Poker, David Gazesh. He was the one who had mm-hmm. it. So he let it lapse, and I grabbed it last year. He just let it lapse last year, I believe. So I grabbed it, and I did nothing with it. And I was just sitting there in commerce. I go, oh, pokerfraud.com, okay. So I took that, and with my phone, and it's very hard to make these changes on the phone and when, you, when you only have your smartphone and no computer. But while I was sitting at the commerce table with only my iPhone, I took pokerfraud.com and made it an alternate URL into pokerfraudalert.com. Now, I'll warn you, as Calwater already mentioned, it's not uh, a secure site, which it doesn't matter that much, but it's you know, not HTTPS. Uh, what matters more is that there, it's, it's not going to be perfect. It's more for browsing the forum. I'm not even sure if the radio will work using pokerfraud.com. I, I know the chat room doesn't work. I already tried that. So I do have to go through some things and change some things around so that will work. But the main reason I have it up there is so if you can't access it from a place which prohibits PokerFraudAlert.com. Ah, radio works. Okay, that's good. Well, no, 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 no. It may, it may, if PokerFraudAlert.com is blocked, it may not work is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the chat room just doesn't work at all from what I saw. So I'm going to have to go and uh, make some adjustments, but I hastily threw this up while at Commerce and then verified it worked from there while PokerFraudAlert did not work. So if you like to browse the forum from work, but can't because PokerFraudAlert.com is blocked, this may work. Now, I say may because it also may just block any site with poker in the name. So, of course, the trolls on the site had to hassle me. Why make it PokerFraud.com? Why not make it something, nothing having to do with gambling? Well, yeah, that would be ideal, but I just threw this up at the last second using my iPhone because I wanted to access my own site without getting off the Wi-Fi. That's why I did it, and I figured I'd pass it along to you guys. So, and, and I, Why don't you just do it by IP address, man? People aren't going to remember that, that's why. <laughs> well, 
it's I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's if it's for your use, you know. Well, but I figured I might as well just do something everyone can use. That's why I right. did. I thought of the I doing the IPA. I said, you know, no, people aren't going to remember this. So, pokerfraud.com is very easy to remember. You just take away the alert. So, you just, need like cute cute fluffy bunnies.com or something, you I know, entirely yeah. innocuous. So, yeah, go ahead and try that. I know some of you like to browse from work and can't anymore, so that's that's a way in. So let's let's talk about Jow Poker and then we'll call Raymond Davis. Jow Poker, it's it's back up, and I wouldn't trust it, of course, and definitely don't deposit there. If you already have money there, you figure, well, <laughs> might as well just play out the money I have or put in a withdrawal request, and yeah, you know, by all means, go ahead. Do not, do not, do not deposit another dime there under any circumstances. I don't believe anything that they are telling people regarding the story as to what happened to it. So they're using no, it. Drop, it sounds completely innocuous. <laughs> I mean, it, they're, they're under new management. They're, they've gotten rid of everybody else, you know, and they're completely new management, just like every other poker site out there, right? Yeah, just like UB did. Totally new Oh, management. and by the way, by the way, a domain, if you want to claim it, JoeCboxCock.com is available. Great. If you wanted to buy that as an alternative, <laughs> so at Jow Poker, they they yeah they claim they there's new owners now. They claim the downtime was for security. That makes sense. That's a, no one reported there was ever a security problem there. There there was never a security problem that was known. And why is the security downtime related to there being new owners? Now you can see maybe the new owners bought it. And uh, they weren't happy with the security, so they wanted to take it down. But obviously they would not do that because there was not an existing problem. And everyone thought it was down, and they didn't notify people that it was going down. They didn't email their user base. So uh, they're claiming now it's up with new owners, and they are processing withdrawals. Now, that doesn't mean anything. They can say they're processing withdrawals, but unless someone gets their money... Then they don't. Now, keep in mind, people were already complaining they weren't getting their withdrawals for weeks before Jow went down. So the writing was on the wall. Then it went down. Now it's back up because they're probably figuring, okay, you know, let's give this a second shot. And, and I wouldn't even be surprised if they do pay a few people so the word gets around that right. they're processing withdrawals. So if you hear this just, withdrawal... Just like a confidence game. Yes. You know? Of course. It, Lock Poker did this for years where they would occasionally process uh, a withdrawal or two. So people the, got, the list of sites that has pulled the same bullshit is longer than any Duke's braided uh, armpit hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, so so I'm not going to spend a long time discussing this, but uh, in case you're not convinced yet that you should stay away from Jow Poker, maybe, maybe you're a very trusting and forgiving person. Maybe you think they take your security seriously on their site and they, they just took it down immediately because there was some kind of imminent threat. And they wanted the site protected. And then uh, maybe it was the new owners that were demanding this. So maybe you're thinking, give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, listen to this story. Don't do it. Listen to this story. This is not a new story. It's from July 16, 2007. But I think it's relevant. Durham, North Carolina. A local man was charged. This is with a crime, of course. A local man was charged. I think you know where this is going. On Monday, this is in 2007, with fraud in connection with a theft of more than 
one million dollars. Yes. More than a million dollars from a business partnership, police said. Jason Quang Chul Song, 37, now probably 47 to 48, of Hudding Chase, was charged with two counts each of obtaining property by false pretense and obtaining property by false pretense in excess of $100,000, and one count each of embezzlement, embezzlement in excess of $100,000, and appropriation of a partnership funds by a partner for personal use in excess of $100,000, police said. Police said Song... Uh, who also goes by the name Jason Curtis Rasmussen. <laughs> of course he does. How, how does Jason's song even look like he could be Jason Rasmussen? Jason Rasmussen would be like a Danish guy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be a Korean guy named Jason Song. I don't know. I'm sure the whole thing was just a misunderstanding, though. Uh, Jason Curtis Rasmussen diverted more than $1 million from Video Ed- Editing Center, LLC, where he was part owner. He's being held at the Durham County Jail on a $3 million bond. Song was also charged in June 2006 with embezzlement in excess of $100,000 in connection with theft of $220,000 from the business and his business partner, police said. So that was on WRAL.com, which I believe is a TV station in either TV or radio station in North Carolina. This is an old story, almost 11 years old now, but same guy. He embezzled over a million dollars from a business partner. So do you think you might be able to trust him? running a poker site? Do you think he's a good person to be holding on to your money? Do you think you should believe him when he says, after it abruptly goes down, when they hadn't been paying anyone for a while, do you think you can believe this guy that there are new owners now? And to trust I'm them? pulling out my Bitcoin wallet. <laughs> so, Depositing right now as we speak. I busted the free roll. I'm on tilt. I'm dumping it all on Jow Poker. Now, this it has been verified. It is the same Jason Song. You may say, oh, Jason Song is a common name. No, it's the same one. It's been verified in ways I won't get into, but it is the same guy. So if he would embezzle that money, it's not like you say, it's not like the embezzlement happened when he was 19 years old and you go, okay, he's, you know, he's an adult now, he's, a, you know, he's much older. This is when he was 37. Anyone who's embezzling a million dollars or more at age 37 is someone, you don't trust him to, to you know, hold five bucks for you while you run to the bathroom when you're in line for fast food. Mm. You, you don't trust him with anything so anything he says you can't trust especially if it has to do with money so you should run far far away from Jow Poker and I'd like to hear from anybody who is still a Jow Poker affiliate or a supporter how you can be representing a site that was founded by someone who was arrested in 2007 for embezzling more than a million dollars I'd like to hear how that person can be trusted so definitely stay away, even if they're processing withdrawals. It is possible that the downtime was really because they were just giving up and running away, and maybe he found some fools to invest in it. Uh, often what will happen is they will, quote, sell part of the site to an investor and then get a small infusion of cash, which they can start using for withdrawals or other things to make it look like they're healthy. Often they will even sell more than 100% of the company to raise money like that. So if you remember the PPC Aruba, that tournament where people didn't get paid after winning, uh, they were trying to find investors just before this all went down. So 
it wouldn't surprise me if he found some sucker investors say, "Oh, look at Jow Poker. We've got all these users. It's it's so successful. We just, uh, you know, we just need a little bit more cash. We we overspent. You know, you'll get to own twenty five percent of the site. Blah blah blah. And idiots invest. I'm not saying that it happened, but uh, it's possible. So do not trust it. Even if withdrawals are processed, even if things seem to be okay, even if it appears there's new owners, don't believe it. Just, just stay away. It's, it's a very, very bad situation. It's much worse than it appeared initially, which was already pretty bad. This is there's so many red flags at this point. Like the, the second you hear that the founder was charged with embezzling a million dollars in 2007, that's when you just say no. That, that's it. That, I don't, I don't want to hear anything, anything else. I don't want to hear anything else when that information comes out. The founder embezzled a million dollars in 2007. I'm like, okay, don't trust it. Goodbye. That's End of story. Oh, we, we were saying that just when we knew it was a fucking pyramid scheme. Right? Yes, yes. And it's a pyramid I scheme. Mean, yeah. That. Yeah. It's a pyramid scheme started by someone who embezzled a million dollars in 2007. That's, yeah, give me a break. I mean, you, you can't do much worse. You really cannot no. do much worse. So that's it. No, nothing more to say. I'm not going to sit here for an hour talking about Jow. Again, it's, it's obvious. It's obvious. If, yeah. you, if it's not obvious to you, then I have nothing more to say about it. So, Druff, I think we need to do a uh, – I think you're neglecting your, your okay. dick phone. All right, all right. So I think maybe we got to do uh, like a between-topic dick check, package check, you okay. know, okay. just see. to see. I mean, you know, <laughs> for anyone who's just tuning in, $100 will so donate it to the free roll if we get 50 dick pics uh, sent to Druff's number, which is 775-372-8355. Yeah, good. You remember it after um, – bad guy, bad guy says he sent you an original. Oh no! Yeah, he's uh, he's claiming that that's, that's what I'm he afraid of. He pulled his pants down oh, and no. he snapped okay. you a freshie. Well, we got. Uh, it's funny. It's like sent an image, sent an image, sent an image. Like I'm seeing that. In the you got to play the sound effect. Well, I'm I'm, I'm getting okay. there. I'm getting there. All right. So okay, let's go here. Now, now if your girlfriend. If she, you know, happens to glance at your phone, is she going to start wondering what's going on? Well, you got all these dick pics on. Fortunately, there? this is the just the radio number. She doesn't really see that. So, okay, let's, oh, okay. let's see here. Um, this one can't count. I'm afraid. I got one with a nine one six of uh, a really weird picture of a girl hitting a bong as a a baby is breastfeeding. An odd picture, but does not qualify. And Brittany Griner's clit, for the record, is not big enough to count. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Right. Uh, someone sent me a, an actual picture of a rooster, you know, a cock. That that I can't count no. that. Someone, not someone. See, they're, they're trying to, to help me here. They, someone sent a picture of a sky raider who drew a penis in the sky. I remember that happened kind of recently. Ah, oh, that's no. I mean, that's close, but no. We we can't have. We I need an actual dick pic. Now, now okay. some, someone from the 480, the guy who sent Dick Van Dyke, he said, Calwatt changed the rules. He never said it had to be a penis pick when he said he made the $100 offer. Okay. Uh. Okay, okay. I, I got the bad guy pick. I wish I hadn't seen it now. But he says, <laughs> no. but it says this is the description. Bad guy's real real limp dick. First of all, it's not limp. He's not even telling the truth about this. It's not, this isn't a limp uh. dick. I, that's, it's not. I mean, he, he's probably saying that so it sounds bigger. It's like, oh, well, if it's limp like this, what's going to be when it's hard? But no. First of all, I, there's no point to oppress me. I don't care if your dick is big or small. I, I, I really don't care. But uh, So first of all, it's not limp. But it's a picture of like a girl licking it. This is. I, I apologize to anybody who's got kids in the room. But you should have turned it mm. off by now. Uh, from the 773, I got uh, Dick Allen. i got to play this for Bad Guy at least, though. 
We gotta get a sound effect though, man. Where's the boing? I just played it. So. Oh, I see. I just can't hear it. Okay, yeah, so I got. I just played it for bad guys. So uh, I think that's only three though. We've and now here's number four. Um, oh, what was this? Oh, oh, was this? Uh, I think this was Gavin Griffin's cock. I was just saying. Wait a minute! You're able to recognize poker players by their cock. Well, the reason I think so is because I'll tell you why. Because it, it has NWP for Never Win Poker on it. I remember someone did that, and then it's it's also yeah. it's also got like a curve to it. I remember the curved penis with the Never NWP on it. So I think that's his. Wow. Yeah, it, it is his. So, all right, thank you. I, I I hope I die not being able to recognize anyone by their cock. <laughs> I really do. It feels so strange seeing people like David Williams and Gavin Griffin around, knowing that I've seen their penis. <laughs> you gotta, or you see them, you gotta just be like, "How's it hanging?" You know? <laughs> so, okay, so uh, we, we've gotten four so far. We've got actually more, like, like, or yeah, we've gotten more, like, not actual penises. See, I got right. Dick, I got Dick Allen from the seven seven three, a, a player who was once on the Dodgers. Man, and I'm getting grief for changing the rules. <laughs> okay. Oh, what do I got to do? I got to run this by uh, the attorney before I, I do this yeah, stuff? I, I think these people are I – th- I think they're hesitant. They, I think they, they don't want to do it to me. Okay, so here, we're going to call Raymond Davis. I can't believe the, the, the PFA listeners are slacking and not sending you dicks. We're going to call know? Raymond Davis. Who, fortunately, I've never seen his penis. and uh, the, Knowing him, he'll send that too. Oh, well, yeah, let him know that we'll, if, he, if he'll we'll send it along, you know, it'll help our cause. Maybe afraid to mention they won't let me uh, post that the show is on every week on Real Grinders. Let's see if we can reach him. Please leave your message oh, for five six uh, oh, da, 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 two two zero zero three. Oh boy! Well, mm. I that one out I, there. I wasn't fast there, but okay. You, you if you can you. There's only a thousand possibilities left. <laughs> if you want, if you want to rewind it and listen, you're going to get. Uh, all but three digits, and you can go through all mm. thousand of them if you want to call Ray Davis. I would have felt so bad if that got all the way through. Then I would have had to go back and edit. Now I'm not going to edit it now. Now there's a thousand possibilities. I'm not going to edit it anymore. Right. Wait, what, what is the dick total since we we don't have our call? It's four or five. We only got four or five dicks. Well, yeah, we got a lot of those those simulated or fake ones. But no, let me mm. let me see here. I'm sorry, <clears throat> I'm sorry, it's not working out here, but. Uh, Let's see what. No, that's all right. I mean, they they got the whole show, but I'm I'm thinking people are going to forget. He, he's messaging me here. Let's see. He said you call from block number. Well, I'm calling from the show. It's whatever it comes up. Oh, I can't control that. Yes, I, I like how he's not answering block numbers. I wonder what uh, he's hiding. I wonder what he's afraid of. Hiding from something. Okay, let's. Uh, I have to admit, even though I call from block numbers, I get apprehensive when they call me. Hmm. I really do. Okay, let's uh, let's try him again. He knows that was me. Wonder if uh, Kessler's still with him. It's kind of a strange friendship between these two, and he's always bashing Kessler too on uh, on Facebook. They're friends, but he bashes him all the time. It's very weird. Yo yo. yo. Raymond Davis, hello. Welcome to Poker Fraud of the Radio. Hey, honored honored to be on Poker Fraud Radio. What's what's cracking lackey? So 
uh, I see you wrote to me to call back because you figured it was a hooker. So is, is this what happens? You get a lot of hookers calling you from block numbers? Yeah, they always call from block numbers. They say, is this Raymond? This girl told me about you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there's, That's how you get bad reputations in this town. Well, I, I think maybe they're, I they're, just, they're referring you. I think they want work, and they, they know they can call you for a reliable paycheck. Reliable weekly cash. Yeah. <laughs> I, just left, I just left Alan Kessler. I found out how to get rid of Alan Kessler. How is that? Carry around a slab of bacon in your backpack. Oh, is that Jew joke? Come on. Is, it, is, is this a Jew it's joke? Or is a Jew joke. A, what is it then? It's not a Jew joke. What is it? He hates bacon. Oh, he hates bacon. Okay. He I, hates I, bacon. I thought it was about, uh, I I thought it was about Jews eating Jew- pork. You know, you know, I know plenty of Jewish people that love bacon. Yeah, well, I even uh, know black people that love chicken. Yeah, well, chicken that's not fried? <laughs> they eat all, blacks eat all chicken. Okay, I, I didn't know that either. All right, well... Uh, we love chicken. <laughs> so, so, Raymond, so you said you were with uh, Bert, Bert Booten, too, or is it, he's gone now as well? No, they're both gone. You know what happened to me? I actually stepped in dog crap tonight. That's why everything got delayed. <laughs> oh, my God. It was my own it's dog. Better than stepping in, it's better than stepping in tortoise shit. Actually, tortoise shit is easy. So now you have a giant tortoise that walks around your house, right? Yeah, he's in the bathroom right now. Now, don't tortoises... He scared the shit out of Bert. Bert walked in there <laughs> last night and all I heard was yelling. And it, I'm sure it wasn't the tortoise. So now, <laughs> don't these tortoises live to like 120 years? He's going to live to about 140. He's in captivity. Wow. Okay. So, so when I when I when I get to ninety, I figure I'll give them to you. Okay. Well, I, I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm. I don't know. You've, we're uh, we're not that far in age. <laughs> I know. When I get to ninety, I'll give them to you. Well, so I can have them like a few more years before I die. <laughs> That's what happened. A, 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 a guy that was ninety three turned him in. He couldn't carry him anymore. Well, I know, but it wouldn't it make sense? He's a, okay. he's a good- He's a good workout. I got to carry him to the bathtub. I got to carry him here, carry him back to his bin. He's actually a pretty good workout. Uh, well, how much does he weigh? 110 pounds. Oh, my goodness. That is a little big workout. So so what made you get a giant tortoise? When did you get the tortoise, and what made you do it? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I was with the kids, and we were getting a hamster for the kids, and I walked into this pet store, and uh, I saw these, I asked them, what happened to these tortoises? You used to have. You had a couple of tortoises here last week. He said, oh, they all sold out. They were like medium-sized tortoises. I said, wow, I wanted some of those. I said, well, if you get any in, let me know. He said, hey, I just got a tortoise that the owner just turned in. He's right in the corner. You might want him. I went over there, and it was love at first sight. Harry looked at me, and I looked at Harry. I said, sold. I, I bought him for six hundred. He was going to put a thousand dollar price tag on him. I put him in the trunk and drove him home. Wow, that's two years ago. Uh, two He's years ago, the happiest okay. tortoise in the world. But he you, can't go to any room without me. Any room I'm in, he comes right in there. Now, do you know how old the tortoise is already? He's about thirty-eight. Okay, so you're so you're older than the tortoise, but the tortoise is going to outlive you. He's going to live me by a lot of years. Yeah, so that's uh, that, that's that's the weird thing would be owning a pet that you know is going to outlive you, and you actually have to give to somebody else to take care of. But I think you're going to have to find a young person to give it to. You can't give it to someone close to your age like me. Otherwise, right. you have to you, find a young you, person. You know, I don't like pet, 
I don't like, I remember when I was a boy and my pet dog died and it was the worst time of my life. I still remember crying and all this. And I told myself, I never want a pet that's going to die on me. Okay, so well. now, now I got snakes, now I got snakes and, and tortoises. But snakes, they, they don't, they don't live that long, right? How long do snakes live? They live, they live a long time. No, I didn't know that. I thought, I didn't know a that. Snake, it depends on the snake. Yeah, they, they, yeah, not as long as a tortoise, but, you know, tortoise, I don't think there's an animal that can live longer than a tortoise on, on our earth. Well, I, I had thought that. I don't think anything lives, I don't, no, there That's is a something. Good there, there is something. Yes. Any any listeners listen, listening? Let me know what animal lives longer than a tortoise. Well, I, I can tell you, to, sort of. Maybe, there's maybe a whale. There's certain types of whales that can live over 200. In fact, even some people think over 300. Oh, okay. But that's uh, um, they don't live on land, though. They're, they're mammals, but they don't live on land. So uh, that's that's kind of questionable as far as a land animal. I, I think the tortoise lives the most, uh, the longest. I think humans are second longest. So the the number two is the ocean quahog, which is some kind of a clam. Yeah, and apparently they oh, live over wow. they live over four hundred years old, right? Are you the kidding num- me? No, you you could have a four hundred year old pet clam, right? <laughs> the number one is called the immortal jellyfish. It says it's a very unique jellyfish that can re- revert back to its premature state, huh. uh, and it says oh it's God. it's essentially biologically uh, it's essentially biologically immortal. Wow! Now, of course, that doesn't mean it's not going to get eaten or whatever, but you know. But if nothing happens to it, it can live forever. But but how shitty is that? Like the on the plus side, you're immortal, and on the the minus side, you're a fucking jellyfish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, what a yeah. Shitty trade off. So now, what about the whale? There's a whale. There's a whale there that can live a very long time. What about the whale? There's some kind of whale that lives a really long time. Um, yeah, I was looking. Uh, hold on, there's a whale here. Sea urchins live a long time. Macaws, well, they're only like 80 years, but that's still pretty good. Elephants are 70. The Galapagos tortoise, the oldest on record, is 152. Uh, the bow-headed whale live, has an average lifespan of 200 years. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Wow. Same thing with the Greenland shark. Uh, they can live about 200 years old. Can you imagine swimming around that long? Jesus Christ. <laughs> swimming around in your old own piss and shit for 200 years. Fucking wow. 200 fucking years just sw- swimming around. No direction in life. You know, no no agenda, just swimming around. That, that's kind well, of their like, agenda is to live. That's it. That kind yeah. of reminds me of, of poker players. They, they kind of have no direction, just kind of swim around the, the poker room. And uh, it's like Alan Kessler. Yeah, he just goes around. Yeah, he just goes around and plays slot I was, machines. I was and... talking to Alan at dinner. I was talking to Alan at dinner, and uh, we, me, Bert, and Alan figured out that I can live off the juice Alan pays a year. <laughs> yeah, how many? He, he does enter a lot of tournaments. That's true. Uh, over, he said over fifty thousand in juice he spends a wow. year. He said add in travel and. Uh, Buffets and dinners and comps, uh, you know, and he said he's at another fifty thousand with just plane flights and travel. A hundred thousand dollars. I told him I know some black people that will live really good on fifty thousand a year. <laughs> they should go live with Alan. That's what they should do. See how long they last. He started laughing. I'm the only one who can make Alan laugh out loud. That's true. Well. He just laughed. Oh, and these two black hookers came around us. 
and, and tried to pick and, and tried to pick up Allen, and I said, "Whatever he gives you, I will triple it." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Whatever he gives you, I will triple it." I said, "Ah, oh, fuck the triple." Ten t- if you get him in your room, I'll give you ten times what he gave. Wow! Me. So he, see, so he actually got uh, hookers approaching him before midnight. Because I'll tell you, well, I, I get approached by a lot of hookers in Vegas. Uh, usually, it's oh, just about always after midnight. Uh, very, very rarely is it before midnight. Where you go? I don't even. I don't look for them. I kept walking around the strip, or walking through the Bellagio, or walking through Caesars. Like they just, you know, they'll, they'll come up to me, or they'll they'll try to make contact with me in some way, and I, I just walk by. I don't even. I try just not to talk to them because I I don't want to have the conversation where I you have know to tell them no. best, You know where the best hookers are? No. Casino. No. The win. Really? Okay. The win. I'm surprised they haven't gotten oh rid of them. Oh my god. They don't even look like hookers. They look like regular people. But they're actually hookers. Mm. And they come from out of town, and they just work on you. Uh, I, I wonder if those hookers at the Wynn, I wonder if they had an agreement with Steve Wynn that if they sleep with him, then they can work yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was going to bring up. <laughs> I was going to bring up Steve Wynn. He, you know, all he had to do was go downstairs. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that's that either. Brutal. Like, that's, he, brutal. He, that's brutal what they did to Win. That's so brutal. Well, he did it to himself. I mean, when, what he should have done, he should, first of all, he shouldn't have had sex with women who worked there. And second, he should have just gotten hookers. I don't know why he was resorting to having sex yeah. with employees. It didn't make sense. Well, well get, get customers running back. That, that dude could buy an island and fly yeah. in a thousand get girls customers. and just party for the what whole about, fucking year, you know? Yeah, well. What about customers down down running bad, and he sees them on he can have the uh, security surveillance scope them out and get a couple of them. Yeah, that's right. You could say so. Uh, I, I see you're down a hundred thousand dollars right now. If you'd uh, like to come upstairs, put, we'll uh, we'll get them in back. Put them in the sky suite. Yeah. Put them in the sky suite. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're... And all those. Oh, he, oh, oh. Best, better yet, Todd. He could have just went to his pool. Went to where? You know his pool. His pool. Oh, he had a pool? I didn't know about that. Yeah, the pool with all the girls out and all the college kids and all that out there partying. Are you talking about the pool? At the wind pool? Did it have that scene? I don't know. I've never been been to the wind pool. You would never see see better looking girls on this earth than the wind pool during spring break. Really? I I never knew that. I never knew that. You got to be creative, though. This guy's got the kind of money where he could could fly to a, a town in Thailand. And just buy the whole yeah. town. You know, spread around yeah. enough money, and he could just say, look, I'm buying the whole town. I get to have sex with anyone, anytime, anywhere for the next month. Right? And he could spread enough money around. I bet he could get even the, the 90-year-old aunties to agree to it. You know? So he can he, he could, could do he whatever paid, weird shit he wants to do. He could have paid me $10 million and I would have went and picked up the women for him. <laughs> $10 million a year. Just like Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods lost six hundred million with his divorce. If he would have paid me five million a year, his wife would have never caught him. <laughs> They're stupid. They go out and get hookers on their own. Who does that when you're rich and famous? Yeah, I, and maybe they want. The, They're thinking the fewer people that know about it, the better, right? They hire you, and then <laughs> the next thing you know, you're going to be asking them for hush money, right? No, I would never do that. As long as you text I don't mean you personally, but I mean you know if he if right. another person is involved, right? Right. Yeah. You know, they go out like Greg Raymer. Yeah, you know. Speaking of a pool, um, many years ago, 
I, I in Vegas. I, I talked to a girl online on Yahoo Chat, and she uh, she she kept asking me to come see her, like meet up with her at uh, at the pool. I think it was in the Excalibur, some hotel like that. So she wanted me to you know meet. She claimed she was staying there. She claimed she was a tourist. She wanted me to to go see her there. And I had seen a picture of her. She hadn't seen a picture of me yet. I, I was a little suspicious of the whole thing, but I was—I uh, I had nothing to do that day. Oh. I, I, I said, "Why not?" She, you know, she was telling me she wants to meet up with me and have sex with me. So, and she, she looked really good in the picture, but it wasn't like so good. It looked fake. Like I, I thought the picture you know, was a decent chance of being real. Like the story kind of seemed to add up. So, uh, I, I and it was a girl. I even called her up and spoke to her, and you know, it was a female voice. So. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to fall for a dude there. That was—I was—I was, I was going to make sure at least it was female. But I was still a little bit concerned. So. So I, I went down there, and I felt like such a fool because I was just standing, and, and th- nobody showed up. And I stood and stood exactly where I was supposed to be, and, and nobody came. And I was like, crap, I got played. So just in case she was there and, and saw me, I just didn't like the idea that I was – like if she was there and saw me and just didn't come up or something, I didn't want to give her any satisfaction. So I decided instead of sending her a message that I was pissed, I sent her a message back on Yahoo saying – Oh, I'm so sorry I didn't show up. You know, something came up at the last minute with my friend. I hope you're not mad about this. I I, I couldn't make it. Sorry if you, you know, if you went down there, I wasn't there for you. So I just I didn't want to give wow. her the satisfaction that I had come and she wasn't there and she got to laugh. Yeah, at you me. don't want to give her. Yeah. So I, I made it seem I, I, I made it seem I like I flaked before. on her. You don't want to give her the satisfaction that she had to run around and stood you up. Yeah. So I made it seem like I stood her up. So. And she just right. didn't. She just didn't answer me. But I'm like, I'm also like, if she was there and, and looked at me, like even like, let's say if she was there and decided to look at me and she didn't like me or something, and decided she's not going to say who she was. Like I just, I didn't want to give her any satisfaction that that happened. I just wanted to say, like I wasn't right. there. So she thought like whoever she thought was me was another guy. So that, that for some reason that reminded me of that when you talked about the wind pool. It just popped in my head for the first time in like, yeah, you know, many years. So okay, uh, let's see. Anything else uh, going on that you want to tell us about? Oh, well, you know, we got a um, hundred thousand guarantee coming at Hollywood Park on the twelfth through the eighteenth next month. Really, so hundred hundred thousand dollar hundred thousand dollar guarantee at Hollywood Park, March the twelfth through the eighteenth. Hundred and fifty dollar buy in, ten flights. So this is a real. We went right over. We went right over the top of of James Plasic. We went right over the top of a bike. We don't care. So this we're is- real grinders. And we're going to come over to the top of any tournament just like they do. So this this is a real Grinders event at Hollywood Park, and it's uh, March 12th through 18th. Yep. Is, is this oh, the, thank you. Is this, is this the main event? or uh, like, like what, what is the, the main event. R- R- real Grinders bracelet event. You know, bracelet event. An- another real, uh, the third Real Grinder champ will be, will be crowned. You know, we had one at the Commerce. Uh, we, we had a super bounty, the super bounty. I was hoping to see you, Todd. It went really well. We got over a hundred players for that super bounty. It was so popular. You wouldn't believe it. Everybody wants to do it again. Well, $300 buy-in, $200 every time you knock somebody out. One, one per one guy got 16 bounties. Well, I'll tell you why I wasn't there. I wasn't there because I was at Limit Hold'em at the exact same time. Oh, really? Yeah. Limit Hold'em ran at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, I wish I didn't play it. I, I didn't cash. I, I ran horrible. In fact, like, I, I had a player to my left who just three bet with any garbage, and he was hitting every time, and he ended up finishing second. So, um, needless to say, I didn't cash. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. So, so this main event though, it starts on the twelfth of March, or is that just when the series is? 
Well, it's not a series. It's one tournament. It's a real grinders championship. We got ten flights, hundred and fifty dollars oh, okay. a flight. Okay. Uh, if you bust in two hours, you can jump back in. Uh, if you qualify uh, one time, and next time you qualify, you get six hundred. Um, Hollywood Park. I don't know if you saw the new Hollywood Park. Have you saw the new Hollywood Park? No, I was going to ask uh, if if someone if one of the listeners comes down there and gets mugged in the parking lot, are you going to cover their medical bills? <laughs> it is. That place, you wouldn't, Todd. You wouldn't believe how they cleaned up that place. You you wouldn't believe yourself how they cleaned up that place because I went to the old Hollywood Park. the The way they're running that place now it is incredible. It, it's 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 just security everywhere. Uh, plenty of parking. Brand new building. The cash games are off the hook. Uh, Corey Silver is a tournament director. He's amazing. It's just so clean and nobody bothering you. And I mean, it's just, I mean, I went in there and then the first thing I know was a big black hand tapping me on the back. And I said, oh shit. And then I turned around and it was Olin Polonies, seven foot ass. Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> I said, thank God it was you, Olin. I thought they had me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I'll say that the, <laughs> the parking lot there at Hollywood Park, and I've spent a number of years since I've been there, but the parking lot there was one of the scarier parking lots of casinos that I've ever been in. You have, to, you have to valet, and then they start charging you $8 to valet because they know everybody wants a valet. Yeah, I was too cheap to do that. So I actually parked and just took the chance, and I was I was like, okay, I just tried to walk fast and tried to walk with confidence and hope that uh, no one saw me win in the 4080 game. That's, that's what I was hoping. What about all the goddamn cats they had in the back? I, I, never I wonder saw, whatever happened to those cats. Remember I never, those cats out the back door? You walk out the back door, all those cats? No, I never went out the back door. I'm, I'm glad I didn't know. <laughs> Wild cats. I did. That, that was my escape door. <laughs> that was that was a crazy place. See, I had a, see, see, Todd, you didn't have an escape door. See, I had an escape door. I went right to the back and had the VIP. I remember. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the VIP parking was not bad. You didn't have to walk too far. Right, right. The, the very last the VIP, you just go, you just go up the stairs. You get to pat the cats and everything. Todd, you should have had more pull then. I mean, you was a bracelet winner. You should no, have no, VIP. I wasn't. I wasn't a bracelet winner then. It was this was probably in early two thousand. Oh, really? But I, I went to. Uh, I remember the last time I played forty eighty there though. It, it broke down to three handed, and I, I was losing. And then we all agreed. We like people were saying the remaining two. They were saying, "Okay, well, does everybody want to play here?" So. It was agreed that we'll play half an hour, so this way if someone does really well at the beginning, they don't hit and run. So fine, like we all agreed to play half right. an hour. And, and so I did very well in a half an hour. When the half an hour was over, I got unstuck, and these guys weren't bad. I just said, you know, screw it, I'm happy to be even, I'm going to leave. So I got up after the half an hour, and th- they got so pissed, and one of them's yelling at me, I'm a fucking asshole. Uh, like some Middle Eastern go, you're a fucking asshole. Right. And I was like, I'm going, what, I, I played the, what, am I supposed to stay until you until I lose to you? Like, what, when am I allowed to leave? We we agreed half an hour. I don't want to play any more than this half an hour. I'm done. Yeah, we're done. You're like, I don't, when is it sufficient? What if I play another half hour and you lose more? I have to stay another hour? Like, like what is the, yeah. what are you expecting here? So I, I, I didn't care. Well, I left. You should have just told them. You should have told him to give you five hundred. You play as long as you want. You want him to. <laughs> yeah, I just left. I didn't care what he said. I I said I I did what I promised, and that's it. So and he and he went nuts calling your names on the way out. Yeah, they were both pissed, but the one of them the middle the thing is, the thing is they don't they don't sit down when they're calling your name. They got to stand up. Yeah, you're right. He actually did stand up. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they stand up when they're calling your name. Do people know they can call names while they're sitting down? 
Yeah, that's a good point. You can call oh, a person. Bro. People don't know. People don't know you can call a person names while you're sitting down. But when they start calling you names in the casino, they got to stand up. For some reason, people stand up. So, so uh, well, th- this is unusual for you, though, Druff, because usually when you're getting in an altercation with someone uh, at a casino, it's uh, some poor guy in a wheelchair that can't stand up at all. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, he's, he's telling the Ruff truth. Is in, picking in, fights with with guys in wheelchairs. In last year at the, at the <laughs> last year at the Bellagio, a, a, a guy who's like 80 in a wheelchair was was threatening to kick my ass. Oh my god! He was. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, we we got uh, it's a very very contentious table. A lot of, a lot of uh, different uh, fights and arguing there, and he got kicked out of the game. It was like my it was it was like my fight with Sam Grizzle. I didn't know you had a fight with Sam. You didn't Grizzle. know I had a no. You didn't know I had a fight with Sam Grizzle at Commerce. When was this? Yeah, they gave me a, they gave me a lifetime bar. That didn't that that lasted not even a day. <laughs> they they wanted to take my picture. They took us to the security office. They w- took my picture. I had this big smile on my face, and then they want to hang my picture next to Grizzle. And I said, "You will not." I said, "I don't mind you guys borrowing, but you will not hang my fucking picture <laughs> next to Sam Grizzle." When was this fight with with Sam Grizzle? <laughs> what year was this? This had to be. Ooh, this was uh back in. <clears throat> this was during Molly's game because I was being staked by Toby McGuire. Really? So this just had to be back in. Yes, this had to be maybe two thousand three, two thousand four. Now, now, why did? How, how did you get uh, Toby McGuire staking you? How did that happen? He staked me for a long time. I actually quit him. Oh, really? Uh, well, Druff, Toby yeah, McGuire was paying him millions of dollars to get hookers for him and keep it quiet. I wish. <laughs> I wish. You know, I love his wife. His wife, Jen, is amazing. Her, her father is just pre- uh, the owner of that. See, uh, Druff, Sony this is the kind of loyalty that $5 million can get you. To this day, he's Yeah, this is the lo- to I'll, this ne- day, I'll, never, I'll never tell. Yeah. I'll never tell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sam Grizzly was great to me. I mean, he got a bad rap. Toby is one of the nicest guys around. I mean, I never had a problem with him. I mean, even 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 when I he was feeding me, trying to feed me vegan food. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Grizzle got in a lot of fights yeah, around. That. He he also had that fight with Phil Helmuth, like where he punched Helmuth, uh, where they went outside yeah. or something. Yeah, well, he, he he took a cheap shot at me, and we went to the hallway because I, you know, and then as soon as I got there, he tried to take. Take a swing, a cheap side of me, and the next thing I know, he's swinging around and he's laying on the floor, and I'm just laughing my ass off. And here comes security. Yeah, and I, I said, I, "Look at the table." I didn't hit him. I said, "They said, how did he get on the floor?" I said, "He fucking swung, and that bad arm just swung him all the way around and hit the floor." What What was the fight about in the first place? We're at the poker table. We're at the same table, and. uh he was needling me, you know, which I was taking in good fun. I was taking in good fun. Uh, you know, I wasn't saying anything. He was telling me how bad I played just the needles and, you know, all this bull, mumble jumble. He's going to bust me, put my chips in front of me and all this. And then all of a sudden this one girl came. I don't know who she was, but she threw clothes at him and started cussing him, cussing at him, <laughs> calling him all kinds of names and assholes. And I said, and then I looked at her as she at the table was in shock. And then I said, uh, "Just another Sam Grizzle fan, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> That's crazy. He, he went nuts. <laughs> you son of a bitch! Oh, I'll kill you! Oh, 
this was the anger build up from her. I don't even see you him. Know? I don't even see him around so he wants, anymore. He like, wants to it up. Does he even play poker no, anymore? I, I don't even see him. I saw him at the Rio. He got mad at me at the Rio uh, during the World Series because I wouldn't cast sixteen dollars of his Bellagio chips. <laughs> Oh boy! He he, he he came to the Rio. He had sixteen dollars Bellagio chips. I was playing in a big old game or whatever, and he wanted me to cash the sixteen. I said, "I'm not going to the Bellagio." He said, "You could just keep." It. I said, "I don't want the sixteen dollars, Sam." And he got really pissed at me. You know? Yep. Really pissed at me. Well, and he's usually been good to me. I mean, you know. Yeah. Other than trying to fight you. Cool. Yeah, ever since then. Yeah, I heard he hit some a couple of poker. Well, I know I know for a fact he went upside the head against <laughs> with. He was at a poker player's house, and the, and uh, somehow his meal didn't come out right, and he took the skillet and went upside the poker player's head. Jeez. Yeah, so I see. Sam- and that's a true story. That's a true story. And I said to the guy told me the story, and I said maybe you should cook better. <laughs> oh man, you know, Sam Sam Grizzle. I don't know if he's going to get in as many fights as he used to. Though he is sixty five years old now. Yeah, he's getting up there. Yeah, but he still he still likes to challenge people. Really? Yeah, he still likes to. Oh, some guy I heard the other day. Some guy was kneeling at the. He was trying to get some guy to stake. This is a true story, because the person told me he was there. So he was at the Bellagio trying to get this guy to stake him. And the guy wouldn't stake him, and then they got into some confrontation, argument, and, and all of a sudden security came and asked the guy, the customer, to leave. Hmm. Leave for the night. That is So strange. he got the guy 86 somehow. Yeah, for not staking him. For the night. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, somebody told me that a very reliable source. Okay, well. Uh, Sam's anyway. a character. I, I, I actually think he's good for poker. I mean, he's. He's fairly bad player. I, I really think he's good for poker because he's a character, and I think I think nowadays poker is losing all the characters. I, I've, I've played with and him. A few, think, yeah, I've, I've played with him a few times at, at Bellagio, and not, there was no incidents. He was it was pretty he was pretty docile there. But uh, yeah, it's how tra- bad is he? One to ten. We didn't play that long, and I don't remember now. Like. <laughs> No, I really don't remember. Like, I, I'm trying to think about it now. Now that I think about it, like, I'm trying to see. Like, I didn't notice anything that was bad, but I didn't like notice him being good. I, I just he just kind of was there, and he didn't play that long, so I didn't. There was really nothing I noticed either way in the time he was there. But uh, that's my memory, and then he didn't start any trouble. But that, that's about it. Not much. I know it's not very exciting, but that's the most I could say. So anyway, Raymond, it's no, it's no trouble. It's, it's not exciting if he's not starting trouble. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I, I would say it if, if there was something to say. So it's uh, like you should ask what you should you should ask for half your rake back. <laughs> <laughs> you should said, "I come here. I'm playing with Sam Grizzle. There's no confrontation. There's no argument. I demand half my rake back." Yeah, that's true. That that should be something <laughs> that should be. I should deserve something for that. Okay, so of course. so Raymond, if you got anything else, or uh, we'll let you go. 
No, tell your members to uh, join Real Grinders. You know, guys, join Real Grinders. We're building. we got over 15,000 members. Todd Woodles is a proud member of Real Grinders. What do you think about Real Grinders, Todd? Well, I, I posted there before. Real Grinders is actually my favorite Facebook poker group, which isn't saying a lot, but but still. Uh, I, I do... That's saying a lot. That's a huge endorsement. I, I actually that's do... A compliment. Compliment. Well, yeah, but a lot, a lot of them are crap, so that's what I'm saying here. But I... I do post there. I, I do read it. I do participate, and yeah, I enjoy it. So, so, and you'll read about. Are you going to chuckle every once in a while? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, a lot of amusing stuff goes on there. So, real grinders <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, Raymond will improve you, and it really is growing. Fi- more than fifty thousand, fifteen thousand people, maybe more than fifty one day. And uh, they're going to have yeah. a tournament at Hollywood Park, which is supposedly uh, not a place you'll get killed in the parking lot anymore. So uh, I guarantee everybody's safety. Everybody say he's guaranteeing your safety. One hundred fifty dollars buy Anybody want to anybody anybody want to sell a share? I'm fucking buying. Really? I'm sure some of the listeners. Anybody want, Todd, Todd, you get a free roll. I, I'll give you a fifty percent free roll. A fifty. So what, you'll, you'll give you'll give me seventy five dollars to enter. No, I'll give you one hundred and fifty to enter, and I'll take fifty percent. Oh, of I see. I, oh, wow. Okay, maybe I'll do it. The problem is going all the way down there for one hundred fifty bucks. But yeah, uh, maybe I'll do it. So March twelfth through you'll win, you'll win, you'll win us forty thousand. You'll, yeah. you'll at least be top ten best players that walked in and joined. <laughs> Again, that may not be saying a lot, but uh, but I, I appreciate that. <laughs> you do know how to play no limit, right? Yes, yeah. But I, I, you know what? We we busted the main event. What's at, your best result? In, what's your best result in No Limit? A fourth at the World Series. Fourth at the World Series? Not the main event, but one of the one of the No Limit events. Yeah, I know. Yeah, in No Limit. Yes. You you're on anything you want. <laughs> you can. Uh, in that case, you can play two flights on me. You and I busted at uh, probably within uh, a minute or two of each other at the main event this in 2017. I, I, yeah. When I was walking out, I saw you walking out. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't go up to you, but I was. Uh, I saw you walking out <laughs> as I was walking out. So we must have busted like right around the same time. Yep. It was. It was disappointing. I thought. I, yep. I thought I was. Gonna, thought I was going to cash in that one, and then just uh, day three, I couldn't win a hand. So. I didn't win a pot. Yeah, I I lost every my table, single. My table was full of Europeans. They were trying to give it away. I, I I just sat down, lost every single hand, got short, then doubled up, and then lost did every you, lost every single hand again. Oh, I got decent hands, but they I was losing every time. Fuck. So so, what was the big hand that was uh, the the big decent hand that you know really did you in? Well, I busted with with uh, when I was short with ace queen suited against kings in the small blind, so nothing you can do there. But uh, but I I just there wasn't big hands I was losing. It's just every single time I would miss, I would you know start off with some decent hand pre flop, and then uh, I would miss. And every single time, even if I'm just against one opponent, they had it. And these weren't even people who were making moves. These were ones who who didn't raise you unless they had it. Just every single time they had it, and I didn't. And uh, it was the opposite of the first two days. The first two days, I was missing too, but I was taking so many pots where, where me and everybody else at the table missed. Like I, I, The first two days, I, I took so many pots where everybody missed. And then day three, every single hand I played, someone hit. I mean, every single one. Someone, wow. even, even the hand where I doubled up, someone hit. Like, that, that's how I doubled up. So like, there, I could not get a hand out where, where people missed and I bet and they folded. It just n- never happened on day three. 
and I was gone. So, uh, but yeah, we busted around the same time. It was disappointing, yeah, because you get don't that, you, you put all that time into don't it. Don't you hate poker when you got to make a hand to fucking win? Yeah, and I hate the main event when you get that far and 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 you've, yeah, you're you're going to cash fifteen thousand if you make it to uh, the money where you're so yeah. close and then you bust. So that's the way it goes. Anyway, Raymond, thanks for coming on. It's always entertaining to have you on the show. And uh, Real Grinders, the Andy Facebook Pond. group, check, check that out. And uh, the, well, Hollywood Park, March twelfth, the Real Grinders series or tournament. So. Real Grinders Championship. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Todd. Remember, you got three rolls on me. Okay, That's I'm, I'm going to hold you That's to it. This event, any Real Grinder event, you okay. can hold me to it. I, I will hold you to it. You, 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 I, you know, I'm Jewish like Alan, so I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> okay, talk to you later, Ray. See you later. That was Raymond Davis. And, Dick check. Uh, so here's here's what I've gotten. Someone sent me a very disturbing <laughs> one of uh, genital inversion. But well, it it, it counts if it's yeah. a dick. And so there's that. Uh, I, I'll play the sound effect, even though you won't be able to hear it. All right. And then so we're up to five. We're only, we only got five dicks. Yeah, but then we also I also got uh, from Trey Ruski. I don't think this counts, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got someone on Howard Stern. It looks like a, a, a like an old woman with a... Uh, That's Ronnie's mom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> with like an 18-inch... Where, where is this going? I can like, only like, imagine. Like an 18-inch dildo sitting there when she's talking on the Howard Stern show. She's, it's just like hanging there. She's not... It's like strapped on. She's not doing anything with wow. it. Wow. But she, it's wow. like... Yeah. So that's I got that. But that th- does that count or no? I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, it's not a real. It's got to. It's got to be an actual dick. Mm. You know, I've gotten far more that are fake. Okay, this person keeps calling. Let's see who they are. Caller, you're on the air. Go ahead, caller. First off, we got seven dicks because my picture counts as two because it was real. You got that, fool? You made me listen to this motherfucker. It counts as four now. Raymond Davis is more drunk than I was ever on the show, right? No, no. He, I, no, I liked him, man. No, I'm kidding around. I'm kidding. Yeah, well, my dick counts as two, man. We get two for that. Well, okay. No, I, I got I to I gotta tell you, you what. It's not two. It's ten. Are no, you shitting me? We're not going to get two for that? I said you're going to get ten. But, but yeah, here, ten for that. Okay, but you but, took a picture of your own dick. That's worth ten, man. But, but first off, that's not a new picture, man. It's an old picture. He's trying to say it's the first one I seen on my phone. I sent it to you. And and first off, it is a limp dick. My hands holding there a little bit. I'm not trying to impress you. I don't give a fuck about my dick. I tell you, it's all limp. I mean, are you kidding me? A bad guy, Druff is not used to that kind of girth. No, so it just doesn't look like it. it, it me, listen, listen, he's full of shit. I mean, probably a good angle. It, okay, it doesn't look I mean, like it's, it's limp. Picture angle, maybe. It just doesn't look know. like it's limp. It looks like it. It looks like it's it's standing. Even if you're holding it, it doesn't. It's not all the way hard though. Look where my hands at, man. Well, okay, I mean, it could like, be like. I mean, a, I, listen, who gives a fuck about that? We get ten for that, man. I want a hundred dollar free roll next week. That's what I'm calling for. Who is the girl in the picture? Who's the girl in the picture who's got her tongue out there on it? I'm not saying that now. I mean, come on. We'll figure it out. It's not that hard. Yeah, well, uh, it's not the one that usually calls the show. Yeah, it's so. not, I know it's not Josie. on that, man. It's not Josie. Rough, I know we that. know it's a girl. It doesn't matter who it is. You can't see her face. No, you can see like half her face, but it's, it's not Josie for sure. How do you know it's a girl? <laughs> yeah, it could be a guy. It could be. Oh, it's, no, it, well, from, the, from the face. That's why I'm hard. From the half of the face, I, I can see it's, it's a girl. It's but, one step. It's, it's one, one step. fucking step in a wig. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you come know, on, bro. So, Druff, would you be able to pick 
bad guy's dick out of a lineup now that you've examined it so closely? Yeah, I mean, it's a tie-dye dick, right? You can see it. My phone's fucked up, too. That's why them spots are well, hold on. I got hold a on. new one now. But when I took it, it was all fucked up. I'm taking too many videos and pictures. Hold on, I've got a question. I'll ruin a bitch. I've got a question. You texted this to me. You were a bad guy's real limp dick December 2017. So now you're claiming it's old. December, yeah. But that's only two months old. That's not an old picture. Well, yeah, it is. I just got a new phone, but the camera, like okay. the camera's got spots on it, man. Well, I mean, I'm serious. I can show you. We don't want more. Like an old picture would be 2007, I, not not 2017. Well, if I sent you one from fucking 2000 and fucking an old picture, then you could see when my dick was hard. Okay, I, I've seen enough. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to. Why are we talking about my dick? Well, I mean, you, we you sent it. That, no, I, you actually sent you it. That's what we're talking about. It. You, you sent it to me. No, I, well, no, I call, man. Just to fuck with you. I can't call and celebrate our Colorado win. Yeah, we had, bad guy. He gave me a, a good tip here on on hockey. This is a, a weird day for sports betting for me. Of, of there's something that happened that I haven't even told you guys about or posted anywhere. So I made I made three basketball picks today, and I thought that was going to be it. I thought I was going to be betting on a Golden State under the the Oklahoma City under and the uh, Detroit over. Well, the Detroit over had 64 points in the first quarter, which is great, uh, and then it it fell apart and uh, didn't come close to winning. The Golden State uh, one did pretty well most of the way, and it, it won. But the Oklahoma City, I had under 209, and the final score after four quarters, 100-100. So it goes to overtime, and I get screwed. That's, that's the worst way to lose in the NBA is losing in overtime when you have an under. Because, because there, there you made the right pick, and it went the way you expected, and you still lose because of this technicality that goes to overtime. So that's the worst. It's, it's not like just making the wrong pick or getting, you know, losing by a buzzer beater. At least there, it was just close and went the wrong way. Here, overtime is like an artificial way you lose. So it's very frustrating. But th- that's so that was. But that's not what I was going to get into. I also made an accidental bet today. I accidentally because the Golden State line and the Houston line were so similar. In fact, they were the same at that point of two twenty six and a half. I accidentally bet under 226.5 for the Houston game, which I didn't hate that bet very much, but I didn't feel strongly enough to make it a pick. But nevertheless, I bet money on it accidentally trying to bet on Golden State. So first of all, I almost missed out on betting Golden State, which ended up winning. It was only when I went back and checked my bets that I said, oh, crap, I didn't bet Golden State. I bet Houston. And you can't take that thing back. You're just stuck with it. So I'm stuck with Houston. Then I put in the Golden State bet I meant to bet. Then bad guy gave me a tip that... The Colorado Avalanche that he feels that they are going to uh, you know, feels very strongly that they're going to win in hockey tonight. So I said, "All right." I never do that though. I don't just come out of the blue and say that to you, man. Well, I've done it a few times, not, like, not all the time, but yeah. But no, so, well, the last one we lost it was on Colorado in college football. I, yeah. I, 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 I told you on the chat, right? So, so, so I threw the a bet on this Colorado Avalanche and, and it won. So. Uh, so thank you for that, and then uh, and then the Houston bet, the, the accidental Houston bet, ended up winning. So through all this, even though I got screwed by that well, overtime, you did good. I en- I ended up winning today. I ended up winning. <laughs> See how it works, brother. <laughs> but that, that's why this is when the site pays off. I, I never run well enough to where I, every time I make an accidental bet or an accidental double bet, I always lose. Like, I, I never have Me that too. situation until the Eagle game, bro. Yeah, I know. You always, always before that, I'm right. serious. I know. Whenever you make the accidental bets, you always get screwed. So I, yeah, I was, always I was so sure. Like when I made that Houston one, I'm like, you know what? It's not even that bad of a bet. Like if I had to pick a side on that one, I was going to say under. But uh, but still, like I know because I accidentally well, did the it. The Jews believe in God because I'm really stupid. Because I used to say, well, God made me do that, man. So it's going <laughs> to win, and it loses by twenty. 
Yeah. I mean, no, that's what I, I usually say. No, I, I just say, crap, I'm going to lose <laughs> because that's always how I run. If I do something on accident, if I make an accidental bet or an accidental bigger, bigger bet than normal, it always loses. So this is a shock that not only did it win, it wasn't even close. It, it won by a wide margin. Yeah, I, I called you before when Rain was on the phone. I had a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. And, I, you know, people can only stay up so long on the East Coast, bro. Yeah, it's one thirty now. Well, yeah, Cal, 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 Cal Watt's in New York. I got through. He knows. So, so what, what's yeah. the no, no, Cal, Cal, Cal not going to last that long. I'm not going to last that long trooper, tonight, though, man. So what he's is not this? lasting long now because that fucking tournament sucks tonight. Because when he when he has the uh, thing against him, everybody goes all in against him, man, and he just doubles up. Yeah, but then the chipped he up in collusion. Up. Then we get chipped up in collusion. So I, I kind of like it when there's no, no there bounce. No chip. Listen, there was never. I I was on his tables every time the last few times. There's never chip. Every I even went in. I said, you got to go in. Whatever two cards you got, you got to go. And you might get lucky, but I know he's going with queener, queener, better. Every time, right, bro? At, well, I have to if if the strategy is you Right, he folds, yeah. folds, folds. Tonight I go in on your tournament. Six minutes in, King yeah. King versus Ace Ace, I'm out. Mm. Fuck these tournaments, man. <laughs> that belly buster is against me. I'm making ten more accounts tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I already got seventeen accounts. So, bad guy, bro. what what was the thing that you you said? you wanted to bring to us tonight, this uh, unusual thing or whatever well, it is. I, what do you mean? You don't answer the fucking phone, so I couldn't bring it. I, I, I'll save it for next week. Okay. Are you on next week? I, yeah, but I didn't know it was a What do you Don't up me. Don't up me. Up your ass self. I called before you got Raymond Davis on the phone. You're going to look. Sometimes I miss you don't a call. Answer. Sometimes I miss a call. Yeah, your ass is itchy, man. Yeah, I'm just calling relief. I'm like the USA for Africa motherfucker, like Robin Williams. That's what you call me, the comic relief guy. Well, that's good. You have like, a role. I'm Whoopi Goldberg in them. That's your role. You have a role on the show. <laughs> Whatever, man. You don't take me serious ever, bro. No, I took you seriously. I bet, I bet, I I bet on Colorado. How can you say tonight. that? I, I bet real money on Colorado today because I took you seriously. No, I know. No, I know. Hey, we're going to get rich together, brother. You're going to make me rich. I I'm listening to your Bitcoin advice. I'm broke now. <laughs> You know what's funny? Uh, someone, I'm kidding, some, man. someone on the site. That's comic relief, right? Listen, some, someone on the someone on the site could have won money off of me and didn't. Uh, the guy who poses big dick. He's called the show before too. He he was so sure. He's been a big Bitcoin advocate. He's been he was so sure when Bitcoin was crashing uh, earlier this year that it was going to rebound, and I, so it was getting you know it got to six k, which ended up being the low, and I thought it was going to go all the way to three. So he was telling me that uh, he knows it's going to come back, and I said no, it's going it, it may have. A rebound at some point, but it's it, it's going to go at least to three before it starts to come back up, and it'll never come back to where it was. So he was saying that uh, we bet he wanted to bet that it uh, it gets to eight k before it gets to four k. Something some some bet I didn't like, so I said no. I want it to be three uh, k versus ten k because it's a lot harder to get to three from six. And and then we all. I you also won. I, I I no. I would have lost. So I it never got to. Oh, yeah, because it, it went back to ten. Yeah. So right. But I, but, but I, six you're talking about. But I even put terms there. I said the terms have to be, and this is on both yeah. sides, that it has to stay for forty eight hours, either under three or over ten, or otherwise it doesn't count. So if it just quickly pops there and goes back, then it it you know neither of us win. That it has to stay at least forty eight straight hours, either under three or over ten, for the, for the bet to be valid. So he said no. Well, it's been over ten for 
48 hours and it never got to yeah. three, so he would have won. I think, I think he wanted to bet like up to 15,000. And I think I'd say, I, I think I told him I'd bet up to 10,000 on it. So I, I saved myself there. He could have, uh, and, uh, you know, he, he just doesn't run well with these things. You know, if he had done that, he would have won, and yet he bet a lot of money. I would have bet you that. He, 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 I would have bet you that. He bet money on, uh, Hillary Clinton with a number of people on the site that she was going to win. I bet Donald Trump. Yeah. You see the Trump train? That, Listen uh, to me. I have a question. I have a, something to say. Yeah. Now I'm, I don't know any shit about. I'm going to say these coins wrong, but I know a couple people into these things. That these are coins that are like worth like cents, but they like double and triple up. Like that's where we should be getting rich right now. Like the Thor coin, T H O or T H R. I'm, I'm saying them wrong, man. Well, this but is I'm the, telling you, there's these stupid coins. I don't know where to buy them though. Well, that's there's the, they're the altcoins. The problem is that that's what everyone's thinking. They'll they'll get in for a few cents and then it'll. Rock it up, but the problem yeah, is, they, they, but bro, they it works, man. I, where do you? How do you buy them though? You have to. I don't, I don't know the. You have to go on. To the, you have to go on these exchanges. You have to have Bitcoin first, and then exchange. Yeah, I them. try to go to Bitfax or whatever the fuck it's called, and they're not taking new customers. It's a fucking joke. If you, well, you I, I want to get rich now. You can buy. You can buy Bitcoin on Gemini. If you, you have to verify who you are, but they'll. No, fuck Bitcoin. I got enough Bitcoin. I'm talking about these stupid. That's what coins I'm saying. I'm you, usually, you. you buy those stupid coins with Bitcoin. That's usually I know, but do. how do you get into these wallets? I mean, how do you get into these things to buy them? I, I haven't looked into it, so I can't give you instructions. But well, that's... you should because I want to tell you something. You can make up for the fucking mistakes we made when he when that when Brian Mikeon. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say his name. He was right, man. He told us all. Well, the guy gave me like fucking ten Bitcoin, man, on a tournament the one time. I don't even know where the fuck it's at to this day. <laughs> Remember, he used to throw them. A, Oh I'm no no that's that's you. gone that no the old, it's on a computer no 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 the old the old We're a bunch old... of porn pictures okay well hey hey Kilowatt if I find that goddamn computer there's definitely fifty dick pics on here tonight <laughs> no I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I that if you at. open up I'm pretty sure if you open up Google <laughs> and you type in dick you're no gonna dude get as it, many it's on an old computer want. man bro it's no it's not even funny it's not even funny that we should all everybody that listened to this show since then. We all should be fucking, like, we don't even give a fuck about life. It's the truth. Right or wrong, Drew? I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean, the Bitcoin? If we got into Bitcoin back when he was well, talking yeah, about but, it, but, how the fuck wouldn't we all be rich? Mike had all these different obsessions, so it was impossible to know what... Uh, I know he did. No one believed him. But that's we, the problem. But it's like, like the boy saying, wolf. Like, even a thousand dollars, man. What the fuck's a thousand bucks? It, because he was like the boy who cried wolf. It was, it was just so hard to... No one to take him seriously. Uh, we all missed the fucking boat. Well, on obviously, one. if we could go back in time, yes. <laughs> hey, we but if, if we could go back in time, sure. Hey, you know, I, we I would, missed the boat. I, I would. I, if we could go back in time, I'd buy. Uh, I'd, I'd buy everything uh, I could of Bitcoin and then hold it till it got to nineteen thousand and then sell at that point. I would have made. Uh, it. You probably wouldn't have. We would have sold it a million. Well, no. If over. I could see the future, then Should I would sell it last March. Last March. Last March, the shit was only what? It was like twenty nine hundred or something, right? Well, no, two marches ago it was, it was going down. Two two marches ago it was, was four hundred. I know. I'm saying two marches ago it was four hundred. Yeah, so. exactly. Last March it started going down. I was in the hotels, March Madness. It was a crazy time. Yeah, I'm selling this shit, trying to sell it. You can't even sell it because that you know what really sucks about Coinbase and shit. When you try to sell it and the price is dropping, they don't let you. Yeah, I know. They like lock you that. out of the I know. account. It's, Coinbase sucks. I hate them. So okay, uh, we're we're gonna oh, we gotta well. move on. We 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 have like 
13 more topics. All right, well, to do. hey, hey, yo, Raymond Davis was drunker than me tonight. Say it. That's that's. I don't think it's true. I'd like and to say. And Kilowatt never true. asked him what happened to the ribs at the Commerce. They took them out. Ah, shit! I forgot. Sorry. All right. Well, thank you. You for, know about that, Drew? For real? No, but but thanks thanks for calling back. We're going to move on. And did you did you guys see? Hold up. Did you guys see China question? He asked about the Fox. What he says is, you never ask him. I haven't lit it up. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, about. man. Okay. Uh, well, you got to go read your chat more. You got to read the site more, bro. Okay, well, I, I have a lot of things that I'm doing here at the same time. So, but I'll okay. call you tomorrow with another hockey pick. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right, good night from the Oliver. So he, he really did make me money tonight. I'll give him that. that that's, that's the true story. So between between the bad guy bet and the accidental bet, I made money somehow, despite going one and two. So uh, Vanessa Selbst interesting uh situation with her though they're not that surprising if you think about it i wish i predicted this out loud because i i thought of it in my head i just didn't say it at the time when she got her job at the hedge fund but she just doesn't have the personality type to survive on in a corporate wall street job it just it just that's it just doesn't seem like that's the place for her it's not like she's working at the aclu as an attorney uh this is the type of place where I could easily see things going south and uh, a problem has already occurred. So this was brought to my attention actually by a listener who's on Twitter as Mary Bacon. And so unfortunately, by the time I got to Vanessa Self's Twitter to take a look, she had deleted most of it. So I want to advise the listeners here. If you ever see anything like newsworthy on Vanessa's Twitter where she's going off about something or Anything you think she might delete later, screenshot it because she probably will delete it later. She deletes a lot of tweets. So she'll tweet things and then think better of it and remove it. So make sure to capture it because I'll repost it on Poker Fraud Alert. I just uh, – I didn't get to it in time here. Anyway, so here's, here's what happened. Let me get to the, uh, the thread about this. It's pretty amazing. Because uh, uh, as you guys know, Vanessa Selps claims she's retiring from poker – and is uh, went to go work for a hedge fund. Now, the, there's a, th- a theory that was put out by like an article I read somewhere, not even a poker-related article, that she was more kind of almost like a glorified salesperson who was they, they thought maybe there's a theory maybe she was hired just for her connections in poker that she, that she could get people she knew who had a lot of money to invest in this hedge fund. But. Uh, she, she's working for uh, Bridgewater Associates, and uh, this is what it is on Zero Hedge. It said this. It says this. This is back in January. Uh, Among both buy and sell side firms, strategy and research are often euphemisms for marketing. And at a shop like Bridgewater, where the machines do most of the investing, most of the firm's fifteen hundred employees are essentially window dressing. So. It, it was, again, implying that she was there mainly to get people to, to invest, that maybe she might know through poker. Nevertheless, she she is working there at uh, Bridgewater. Wait, a window dressing? That that implies like she was hired because she was hot, right? Well, maybe to, to certain individuals she is. Maybe ones mm-hmm. who uh, are, have a lot of KD Lang albums and uh, watch the WNBA and wear a lot of flannel and are female. <laughs> I mean, it's a demographic. Yeah, it exists. So, uh, so she's been at this job now for I don't know two months or something. 
I don't know exactly when she started, but it was announced that she was working there in uh, mid-January. So she tweeted some surprising things, admitting that there was an incident at work and that someone complained to HR about her. Now, I didn't see Mm. the tweet, but this is what Mary Bacon tweeted, and I believe it, especially because there's a follow-up tweet, not in response to that, but in response to someone had questioned Vanessa why she brought this out to Twitter, and then that response to that person is still up there, which I'll read to you, which would pretty much at least mostly confirm what Mary Bacon is saying, who I believe. So he wrote, she deleted the tweets. She got drunk at a work social function and then got a little out of line because she can't handle her liquor. Coworker complained to HR, and I believe Vanessa blamed it on homophobia. Hmm. So supposedly she got drunk, and you know this is from her own Twitter. This is not like someone came out and reported this about her. From her own Twitter, she said something that made Mary Bacon come to this conclusion, and she definitely said out there that someone went to HR to complain about her. So unfortunately, the tweets that she wrote about this are gone. But yesterday, February 27th, someone who goes by at Fib Nation... I don't know who that is, but he wrote, and you shouldn't bring this on Twitter, basically saying, you know, don't bring your problems at work onto Twitter. Just deal with it privately. So this is what she wrote back. This is still up. This is the only thing that's still up related to this. I think it's fine because it ended up an incredibly positive resolution where both parties were completely reasonable. HR did a great job, and it was entirely positive. I didn't name names, and it's an exemplary thing. And since it's a closed matter, I think it's fine and positive ev to share mm-hmm. first of all how is this positive ev to share that you you got drunk and had an issue at work and someone went to hr on you I, I don't care what happened if someone went to hr on you no matter how well it was handled no matter how much you like you made up afterwards it, that's never something good to brag about that someone went to hr on you the, the only way it's something to brag about is if someone falsely accused you and then you fought whatever they were accusing, and you won, and it was proven you were in the right. I can understand bragging about that. And even even then, only if that was known by the public. Right, right. Even then, you shouldn't do it. So, you know? right. So, yeah. so I don't see how that's positive EV to share. It's very negative EV to share if she wants other jobs in the future or whatever. But, uh, and, and even for her current company, if they think that every time there's an incident that she's going to bring things on social media, that's uh, that makes them really not want to continue with her. I would think. So, and she says it was an incredibly positive resolution where both parties were complete, re- completely reasonable. So, okay, it, it, that's probably true, at least to some degree. I, I think probably the person who complained about her, whatever happened, probably when HR came to mediate and say, you know, what's going on between you two, probably at that point the anger had died down and both of them just wanted to get past it. So that, that's probably what was happening. And, uh, but, but still... She brought it out and and was you know, she brought it out for a reason. She didn't say, "Hey, great thing at work. I had a, I had a problem with someone at, at a party, but HR got in the got it here and we we, uh, we settled it and everything's good." And me and the other person are friends now. It wasn't like I didn't see it, but I know it wasn't like that. It was it was definitely her kind of you know sharing this like, "Oh, look what bad thing just happened to me here," and so I I, th- I think she just spouted off on Twitter. And the fact that she removed it from her Twitter shows that. She knows she shouldn't have shared it. So 
If I had to guess, and again, I'm just guessing here because I didn't see her description of it. I tried to look on 2 plus 2. The, the old 2 plus 2 where, where it was really active. Back in those days, people would have posted it there immediately with screenshots. Now, people never do that anymore. Now, it's either going to be on Poker Fraud Alert or nowhere. That's the truth. So, sadly, no one grabbed it in time. But if I had to guess, I think she did get drunk. And I think that she probably had a political or social-related argument with someone at this function. And probably when that person did not agree with her, that she probably started calling them really nasty names and getting very aggressive and being very rude and acting inappropriate, so much that the person felt like they wanted to report her. Because keep in mind, people don't report every negative interaction they have at work to HR. If someone's just like... Yeah, especially from a female. So it's one thing if a, if a woman feels scared or intimidated by a man there, and they, you know, they, they they have to they feel they have to report it. This is from a female. So I don't know if the person she dealt with was male or female there that that she had the problem with, but uh, someone was bothered enough by her actions to actually go to HR and report it. And this was like at a work social thing, so someone actually probably had a full night to think about it too. This was probably an after work thing. And then the next day they had to come in. It's not like something happened at work and they marched over to HR five minutes later. I'm assuming here, but that would make sense. So someone was bothered by her behavior enough to actually report her to HR. Like they wanted some disciplinary action taken against her for the way she had treated them. So I I really have to think it probably was related to an argument like that. And I know this because Vanessa, she loves putting out controversial and opinionated content on her Twitter but if you dare respond disagreeing with her, she will often either block you or call you names and get really nasty with you. There's, with Vanessa, it's never like, hey, I disagree with you, but uh, you know, here's where you're wrong. No, it, it, it's, it's just uh, – it ranges between like, like a condescending nasty response all the way through you know, blocking you and, and or insulting you. So I have to think at work – Probably something similar happened, except at work you can't act like you act on Twitter. You get fired. So I have to say it's a very bad sign after being there probably less than two months that she's already gotten reported to HR for mistreating someone. So uh, I, I think some of this comes from a lack of real work experience because if you think about it, uh, Vanessa, she you know she's not that young anymore, but when she 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 went directly from college into poker. I think she went to law school also, but whatever. She she didn't have a real job and then move into poker. She she went she's one of those college directly into poker people. And if you get used to just snapping at everybody and saying, "Hey, I don't care." I, you know, my life's gone fine. I, the way I've been, you know, I've gotten sponsorships, I've won tournaments. I, you know, I, I can just be myself. I can just be myself. And then you're in the workplace, and you think you can still act that way. You can't. I know people who work in Silicon Valley who absolutely, positively do not express their conservative political views. Because yeah. they are afraid it will affect their job. They that that James Demore story. That's that, I mean that's that. Did you see that guy? By the way, see him when like I I I heard about the whole thing when it happened, obviously, and read the 
manifesto and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but I, it wasn't until very recently that I actually saw like some interviews that the guy did. Oh yeah, I'd seen him. Yeah, and, and, and he, I mean, surprised the hell out of me. I mean, he he seems like a very nerdy, timid, nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really that's pretty much bizarre. what he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's pretty much like most of the you know, male programmers you're going to meet in Sil- Silicon Valley. It's uh, I mean, it's not not by his politics, but by his personality. And, well, very soft spoken. Yeah, and soft spoken, and yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. but like, really, if you work in Silicon Valley, you you really do have to keep quiet about your political views if they are to the right. If they're to the left, you can you can spout away. But if you're to the right, you have to keep quiet. You can't just say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to say at work what I feel like saying, and I don't care what everybody thinks." You you can't say that if you want to succeed. You have to moderate your speech. You have to realize where you are. You have to moderate your speech. You have to even understand it's it's usually better at work just not to create waves just not to say things which will get you into arguments that are needless it's not like you get into a fight about uh, something at work where you feel passionately about something you know at your job itself and you get in an argument with someone that that can't be helped sometimes but to start a political arguments at work is, is foolish you shouldn't do that so i i think vanessa is so used to interacting on twitter where she can be the social justice warrior and and uh, block anyone she disagrees with and still have a million ass kissers telling her how wonderful she is, I, I think she isn't understanding. And when you have a, a job on Wall Street, you can't do that. And especially, I think a lot of people there probably don't have her political views. That's well, not- and, and the surprising thing to me is if she's working at a hedge fund, I mean, <laughs> like the, the shit that some of the people do. And, and I mean, she really must have said something good. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know what it was, but it probably, if I had to guess, it was probably you know accusing. She was talking about something uh, related to her lesbianism, and someone else. She may have accused someone of being like homophobic or something like that. You know? Yeah, I think it probably got worse. Like it probably was like very angry. Like this is what Gambled Bot yeah. Chase Penis wrote. He said he said something similar to you. He said, yeah. uh, let, me, let me get here. He says, Jesus Christ, doesn't she work at a hedge fund? I mean, outside of whipping your dick out, it's, hard, it's really right. hard to get reprimanded for shitty behavior. I mean, my ex-boss right. used to shout obscenities at me while sitting three feet from me and scream the same shit at his brokers over the phone. Never once, did he get a, never once did he get HR coming down on him. Bad behavior just comes to the territory. Only thing I can right. think of is that she whipped out her dick and it was bigger than most of the guys in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, but I mean, my guess is she, you know, she found someone that... Maybe didn't have the same views that she did, and she berated the fuck out of yeah, him. Yeah, that's what I think Like he was saying, I can't imagine what else it could be that would have elicited this kind of response. You yeah, know? yeah. I, it's I, I don't know. And it's possible she she was unlucky enough to get someone who's kind of sensitive. But yeah, I I think because she was drunk, she probably just went off and uh, yeah. and that happens. Because you do have to kind of be a shithead to be in that industry. Yeah, you, you really kind of do. <laughs> so, no, no offense, Gamblebot, Chape Penis. <laughs> <laughs> But you've lived through it, so, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, a second thing involving Vanessa Self very recently, though this she's more of a commenter on the situation than the one who it's about. Jennifer Tilly. I had never really seen any social political commentary from her. I, I just I haven't been watching her very closely, but I, I, if someone asked what are Jennifer Tilly's political views, I, I would assume they were to the left because she was in part of Hollywood, but 
I, I wouldn't have known that. I, I, I've never seen that from her, but I haven't seen anything from the other side. So this And was... I appreciate that, by the way. No, I One do of too. the things that irritates the fuck out of me is when businesses bring in you know, politics, religion, or certain other things into the, into the mix. Like, you know, as a, as a person, you can have whatever view you want, and I don't give a fuck. But a business, I just don't really like it when they get involved in that. Yeah, I don't it like it either. Really, you know? I, I don't like it either. And in fact, uh, I, I've told, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, I, I had new respect for Adrian Gonzalez, a former Dodgers player, when, when he was with the Dodgers and, and Trump was running. And and he chose not so he chose not to stay at a Trump hotel during a road trip to Chicago because yeah he's right. Mexican and he 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 didn't like uh, some of Trump's comments but sure he he didn't tell anybody he didn't say anything so it was just noticed he wasn't with the team and he was staying in another hotel they figured out why because they were staying at the Trump hotel so the press jumped on this and said uh, Adrian can you give us a comment on why you're not staying at the Trump hotel and he said no I I don't want to talk about it if you want to interview me about baseball then. I'm happy to talk about that, but that's that's why I'm here is to play baseball and to discuss this. And where, where I choose to stay is is my business. And uh, so, you know, you have any baseball questions for me? So he wouldn't talk about it. So he, even though he he clearly didn't like Donald Trump so much to where he wouldn't stay at his hotel, when the press came to him and said, "Hey, tell us about how much you hate Donald Trump," he says, "No, I I'm not, I don't want to talk about it." Why? Because he knew he was being paid to play baseball, and that people who are fans of his, he didn't want to uh, alienate. The, the ones that did like Trump, he just he, – right. he, he said, hey, I'm just uh, – my, my the reason I'm famous, the reason I'm being paid all this money is to play baseball and that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm going to talk about. I don't want to use this just because I happen to have a, uh, a more of a voice because I'm famous. I, I don't want to use it in that way. So I, I thought, wow, I respect that a lot. So I, I wish more were but, like but, that. Yeah, and it, it, I totally respect that. And, and this is crazy, right? So there's a – Something just kind of recently happened to me that is just kind of shaking my head at. So there's a very uh, nerdy tech conference that I was interested in potentially going to. And I I was, uh, you know, checking out. uh, They had some kind of a uh, promotion code that they were giving away to uh, have as a discount for it. Um, And (laughs) they happened to tweet it out on President's Day. And they said, uh, use co- coupon code impeachment. <laughs> and, then, and then the next day, um, use coupon code, you know, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. Um, one was thanks, Obama, and the other one was not my president. Yeah, it's obnoxious. And look, and look, I don't care. If that's your personal view and you fucking want Trump impeached, fine, whatever. But as a business, like, why are you doing that? You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, why? I know. It's, it's, it's obnoxious. I, I, I really – I've said before, I don't need to see businesses expressing political views that agree with me. I, I just – I want to see nothing. I just want to uh, – whatever. And, and by the way, to tie into this, like the um, – all of these conferences or a lot of them have codes of conduct um, for people that are attending. And, you know, people not in the tech industry or not dealing with this stuff may not realize that this is – like standard operating procedure, but some of the, the verbiage that's in there makes it, you know, and, you know, they're trying to be diverse or whatever, but they say um, harassment includes offensive verbal comments related to gender, gender identity and expression, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, race, ethnicity, religion, 
technology choices, sexual That's images te- in public te- spaces, choices? deliberate intimidation, one. stalking, following her. I mean, blah, 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 blah. They just go on and on. And they're, they even go to the point of saying, um, in addition, swag should not be gendered. For example, <laughs> no, I swear to God. For example, there is no such thing as a unisex T-shirt. Either have loose and fit shorts or offer something else. And it, I mean, it's just it's very like, you know, the the agenda is very clear. And I, I get like I get and appreciate that they want everyone to feel comfortable. But I mean, it's 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 really kind of going out on a limb. Like they're they're even being nitpicky about the type of T-shirt that can be offered. I like how know? they don't want you like, to, to shame people for their technology choices. That's really funny. It's, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's one thing to say, oh, you can't make fun that of someone. That I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just funny, though. It's one thing to say, well, you can't make fun of someone because they're gay or because they're right. black or be, because they're transsexual, but, but you, you can't make fun of them because uh, they're choosing to – they have an iPhone and you don't like right. iPhones. Like You, you can't do and that. My, my first reaction to this, though, Druff, is that – this is a, a small conference, right? We're talking you know, a couple hundred people are going to go to this thing tops. Like, do we really need this? Like, is this, are people really going there and then and being harassed? I mean, it, it seems insane to me, you know? Yeah, it's probably true. It probably doesn't even happen, especially a small, again, like a small place. Like, if it was thousands of people are going to have incidents, maybe. But uh... So then what's it called? Um, I'm not real up on these terms. There's some, like posturing or oh, virtue signaling that's yeah, what yeah, it is yeah. like they're they're trying to you know this is us you know what and it's fine whatever but it just it blows my mind that not not so much the um uh the code of conduct because that's you know okay you know whatever it, it is in theory there to protect people and make people feel included and you know that's fine but mixing the the politics with business just seems fucking ridiculous um, but it must be that they, you know, the people organizing the conference feel that this is what everyone that they want to attend the conference thinks and believes. So it's okay to do it. Well, yes, and, and it you doesn't know? surprise me because there's just it didn't used to be this way. But there's so many social justice warriors in tech now, where uh, you know, like 25 years ago, I know the term social justice warrior didn't exist, but uh, I, I didn't see this. 25 years ago but now there's so many like that and and in fact i see on facebook i have one facebook friend who has who worked in that industry and and had has a lot of tech friends and they they don't know me personally but but i mean if i dare say something that even slightly offends them they all jump on me you would not believe how many of them have come at me at once and i actually go back and forth with them because i don't care like i don't care if it's like one versus 20 but uh like they'll jump on me and like i look at their page and it's always the same thing they're always in some kind of tech field and it, obviously they knew this person from that because this person was in that field and there's just right. there's just so many people in tech who, who are social justice warriors now i don't know how this happened but this is uh the way it's become so it doesn't surprise me that they were they would put out rules like that because I think a lot of the people attending go, oh, good, look, look, we've, they're, they're protecting every possible uh, victim sure. that could exist. Right. Perfect. Like I, I think people are probably happy to read it. I think you're one of the few who's like, oh, this is ridiculous. What are they doing? <laughs> so, Well, I mean, honestly, my first reaction was, is this really necessary? Right, like, yeah. This is a very small niche conference in a pretty tight-knit community. 
like, is this really even a thing? You know what I mean? Like, it, it seems insane to me. I've been to any number of conferences and, um, you know, they may or may not have had codes of conduct. I don't know. I didn't really even look at them. Um, but I've never seen any kind of aberrant behavior. I mean, these are not like, you know what I mean? Like they're they're very nerdy tech. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not controversial. You know I mean? like, yeah, they're, yeah, the they're not controversial. And if if they really wanted to put something, they should have just put something like uh, uh, code of conduct, uh, any harassment uh, toward uh, other attendees at, at this conference. Uh, uh, may be ejected. Uh, you know, please respect your, your fellow attendees. That's it. And then, and then, just use that as a catch-all. And if somebody acts abusive there, then then bring security over to warn them. And if they keep doing it, kick them out. That, that's all you got to do. Right. Right. And the the most amazing thing to me is, so I have um, uh, a, a number of different Twitter accounts. So I have one for uh, my uh, primary business. Right. That I, you know, I keep very businessy and all that kind of stuff, um, and it's amazing to me. I actually had um, the conference blocked me on Twitter. Wow, it sounds strange. It sounds strange, right? <laughs> you might think, oh, you know, I, I must have written something. Um, uh, I must have written something horrible, or you know, something like that. And no, um, I'll tell you exactly what happened, and it's kind of funny, and it's kind of related to all this stuff. So. Um, I was looking through the the conference, and wh- what I'm looking for when I go to these tech conferences is I'm looking to learn stuff, and I'm looking for you know very specific, very nerdy shit that I might want to learn. And what I'm not looking for are you know kind of touchy feely uh, sessions and that kind of stuff because it's a, you know if I want that I'll go to a self help conference. Yeah. You know or, what I mean? Or, or you can go to Choice Center in Las Vegas. That, they'll well, accept you too. Or whatever. Like, I, you know, I, again, I don't have any problem. If people want to go to a conference about this, that, or the other thing, you know, whatever. So they had all these really nice uh, talks scheduled, and everything looked really interesting. Um, and then and, – and you got to understand that this one particular – actually, a couple of them are just so out of place, it's ridiculous. But these are all super, super nerdy, you know, learning code – uh, tech conferences, and then there's one that says, "Cultivating community, building powerful relationships by communicating with empathy." <laughs> and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this doing here?" You know what I mean? Like that has nothing to do with anything else that's there, and it's a very, very specific conference. Um, so I wrote to him and I said, uh, "You know, I'm super interested. Just as feedback, I don't go to conferences on this specific kind of tech to hear about." cultivating community, building powerful relationships. And then there was another one called Optimize Your Life, which, again, is like a self-help-y-ish thing, right? And they wrote back saying, you know, well, we think it fits in. And I said, okay, you know, that's fine. It's your conference, just giving you my opinion as a potential customer, right? And then the conference writes back, were you really ever a customer, though? You know, like doubting, thinking I'm just trolling them or something, right? And so I wrote back, I'm like, yeah, and I gave them a, a list of all these scholarly art- articles that I've published um, related to the topic of the conference and blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, I was blocked. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Like, no, I mean, it, this was the mildest thing ever. I said nothing controversial. I just said that, you know, I wasn't looking for this particular thing at this. And, it, you know, the the right response to something like that is... Um, if you aren't a complete PR idiot, because this is in a public forum, 
the right response to something like that um, would be if you said something like, um, well, we have uh, tons of other really great conferences that we think you'll enjoy, so we hope you'll show up. And who knows, you might learn something from that conference. You know, like that's a reasonable response, you know? And I just looked at the whole thing and I'm like, wow, you know, the the person that is running this is just intolerant as fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like cannot handle even the mildest of dissenting opinions. And it's scary, you know? But that, I mean, I guess that's how polarized people are these days. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. Well, here, here's some more. So here, getting back to our topic, uh, here's the polarization that uh, is taking place. So Jennifer Tilly wrote something which you know, some people took offense to, but I, I think it was very reasonable what she wrote. I guess she has an Oscar ballot from her uh, various roles she's had over time in Hollywood. Uh, right. She wrote, so she wrote, mailed my Oscar ballot off yesterday. Hope I did it right. I just voted on merit. I didn't have time to research which nominee was a minority or a good person. So when I saw when I saw that I was, I, oh, I, I saw that goodness. very shortly after she wrote it before there was the shitstorm but I knew the shitstorm was coming. Yep. I said, oh boy, I, I I know people are not going to like this. Yeah, she's in trouble. So clearly she was making the point that uh, she's only doing she's she is voting only on merit for the Oscars and that she is not going to feel pressured to vote for. Anything based upon, yeah, you know, someone being a minority or or, or, or there's yeah, what type of person someone is or it just was it good or was this person was this person good in the role was it a good movie okay I'm voting for it was it not okay I'm not voting for it like that and that's the way it should be there should not be these extraneous factors and that's what she was trying to say she was she was mocking the right. social justice warriors in Hollywood that were voting based upon these factors. And not do you think this is kind of a reaction to the whole you know the the whole shit storm around the Black Panther movie, or is she just kind of saying it in general i I was wondering if it had to do with that, yeah, yeah. Um, so which was a great movie by the way I haven't I seen it yet, it. but I, yeah I've heard good things about it so that, that's the one yeah. thing is that it's not even like it's a bad movie that is uh getting good reviews or or, or, or getting a lot of hype because it's it has black people in well, it, it this, i mean I, I don't think it was a second coming i mean it was a fucking marvel movie but it was a good movie that's what i'm, saying. I'm saying it was if, if it, i would understand more controversy it was like crap and it was being hyped anyway because of uh minorities being in it but that's not the case if it's just if it's a it's a well-liked movie and that people just thought it was it was just generally good fine if it does well and people want to see it then great you know and if whatever awards it wins based upon its own merits great and then and that's the way it should be that these awards should be won by the ones who are the best. And it shouldn't matter. It should be colorblind. It should be blind to everything else except for how good it is. And same right. with, with rating actors or anything else like that. So that's what Jennifer Tilly was trying to say, and I, I agree with it. And I think that was very brave of her to put that out, given that she works in Hollywood. She's she's uh, not, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, now... The job that I know she has, she, this is a re- only a recurring role. It's not something that's regular, but uh, she works sometimes on Family Guy as uh, Joe Swanson's wife. You know, the neighbor, Joe, in the wheelchair, she plays the wife. And um, so that's Seth MacFarlane's show. And Seth MacFarlane is, is uh, pretty far to the left himself, except I have seen 
some attacks on social justice warriors in his shows. So he may Seth not. Seth MacFarlane is is banging his uh, his employee now. Is like he? Uh, some they, he's got this new show, uh, The Orville. Yeah, yeah. And there's some uh, what I've got Sage something or other. Um, good, good looking chick, but she's like you know I think like twenty years younger than yeah. him, and apparently he's banging her now. Well, okay. Sage Halston, that's okay, it. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> good and yeah, good for him. Yeah. I just think it's really funny. I, I had thought for some time that Seth MacFarlane might have been gay, but apparently not. Yeah, like, uh, for, for some time, I thought. I mean, I, for some time, I thought like I didn't think he was like for sure. I thought it was like a possibility, a possibility, but. Uh, since then, it appears not because I've I've seen you know, various women he's been connected with. Well, if so. he is gay, he's being very fucking selfish because he's hitting some really nice looking chicks <laughs> that he could just save for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, know? he probably isn't. I was just uh, it was I just there were some factors which made me believe it was possible, but it was one of those again that now like I'm saying, oh, he's gay. It was kind of like, oh yeah, I, I'd believe it if he was. Like I, I was wondering, and for for a while, it wasn't he wasn't really linked to any women, so. But that, that's changed. He has been since then. So, anyway, uh, I don't think it'll affect her employment on Family Guy for that reason. And you know, James Woods, he was on the show, and he's he's a very right wing. So, <laughs> yeah, I would. In fact, I would say that's. They accurate. even had the, the high school named after him in the show, uh, James Woods High. So, I, I don't think Seth cares that much about the politics of the others who appear on the show. But uh, other than that, I don't see you know Jennifer Tilly. She I'm not seeing her with that many roles these days, and of course she's getting older, and she doesn't need the money. She she's super yeah. super rich because she was married to Sam Simon, one of the creators of The Simpsons, and uh, you know she was married to him during The Simpsons, and I don't believe there's any prenuptial agreement. She she got a ton of money from that divorce, a ton of money. And what a what a great position to be in, you know, that she's got enough money to she can just say whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. You know, like literally no repercussions career wise that she really has to care about because if she doesn't get to do another show, big fucking deal. You know? Yeah. She could just she could fund her own show. <laughs> yeah, so so that so if she said that I knew there's gonna be some backlash and I even knew in poker there'd be backlash because she's yeah. associated with poker. So of course one of the people providing the backlash, Vanessa Selbst. So of course. the first thing Vanessa wrote, it, it, it got progressively angrier, and then Matt Glantz jumped into the fray on uh, you know, defending Jennifer, and he was going back and forth with Vanessa. But Vanessa said, "Yeah, and this I'm sorry, Drew, but this is why it makes me you know I can see how important these issues are to Vanessa and how worked up she gets over them." And that's what makes me think that in the story, the earlier story, it was something related to this, you know, something related to the LGBT community that got her all worked up and got her in trouble with HR, you know, and the same way she's getting worked up here. Yeah, and that's what I thought, too, when I saw this. I thought the exact same thing. So she wrote, aside from my predictable value differences with yours, one thing I think is actually worth discussing is the suggested objectivity of the word, quote, merit. Do you okay. believe that race, ethnicity, class, background have no impact on what appeals to you, and thus what you find meritorious? This kind of reminds me of Bill Clinton saying, "It depends what the definition is." Is like the no, object- I, I get what she's saying. I mean, she's basically saying that your background and upbringing are going to affect the things that you find worthwhile or that interest yeah, you. Yeah, I, no, I, I can, I can buy well, that. And she goes, she goes on explaining. She says, "I, I am suggesting that." Y- 
that how you grow up and the communities you surround yourself in play a big part of what appeals to you. People like the familiar. There's a lot, a million, there's like a million studies on this. It isn't novel. So when white people tend to be voting, those people tend to have an advantage. Okay, but so, you know what the solution is to that? Is not to say, okay, well, because white people are naturally voting more often for other white actors or white movies because they relate to it more, which I, I can believe that. I can believe that actually happens. But instead of saying, for that reason, I'm going to artificially force myself to vote for black people or movies aimed at black people, movies starring black people, you know, in order to counteract that, really the push should be, hey, everybody voting for this, please consider you know, when you, when you say something's good or bad, is it only good or bad because you can relate to it better or because it really is better? So please, when you're voting, think about this and think about – if they want to put that message out there, to think about it from the point of view, not just from your, you know, your own personal likes and dislikes and, and how it relates to your experiences in life, but uh, you know, putting that aside, what is the overall quality? And so even something you can't relate to as much but you think was well done that is uh, about a culture or a race that, that's not yours, uh, maybe you should consider voting for that. Not, not as a, a vote to counteract uh, the, the white racists or the white, uh, white people voting for other white people who don't realize they're being racist or, uh, or, or, or an affirmative action vote. Not, none of that. Just, just put it out that the voting should be not just based upon immediately what you like but you should put some more thought into it. That that would be fine. I wouldn't mind that message. But it's a, it sounds kind of like what she's advocating is since white people do this, you've got you've got to do this to counteract them. It's like what well, I, I don't like what if if she's suggesting to people that uh, if she's suggesting you should you should consider the race of the person. You shouldn't consider the race of the person. You should consider can I appreciate this as much because it may not have been aimed at me. And if the answer is no, then maybe I should give it a little bit more weight or give it some more thought. That, that's fine to say, but that doesn't sound like that's what she's saying. So she goes on to say, uh, there's a million, there's like a million studies out there showing that you, that how you grew up with whom you were surrounded by influences the way you see the world and what appeals to you. People are drawn to the familiar. So when white people are attracted to white folks, white problems, familiar situations, etc. Uh, so... That's uh, so. That's how she started it. So at least she- uh, I guess I Druff, I got to change my opinion. Yeah, Black Panther was a terrible movie. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't relate to it at all. Didn't like it. <laughs> okay. So so then scrolling through here, she had a lot of stupid things here. That she's tw- tweeting about it once here. I'm trying to stick on topic. So then she's going back and forth with with Matt Glance, and I'll read a little of this here. Um. Matt wrote back, Jen is not deciding who gets into Yale. She's voting on a group of now privileged people from all different backgrounds up for the highest award in the profession. That's a good point. You're, you're, you're not uh, – you're, when, when you're thinking of who to vote for in the Oscars, you're, you're not uh, awarding something to a, a needy person. These, these are all very rich people who are very successful who are doing better in life than just about everybody. So I've always thought all like I I get nothing out of any of these award shows. No, I've I, always I don't thought either. it's just a big fucking circle jerk. It is. I don't. I never watch them. <laughs> so uh, so uh, some things are not about race, background, etc. Not everything's about victimhood. Merit is just sometimes merit, is what he said. So then, this is 
where Vanessa starts to go off the rails. See, prior yeah, I to say, this, I'm, I don't think that went over well. I don't think uh... right. So, 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 so pr- prior to this, she was, you know, she was stating something I didn't fully agree with, but at least she was polite. She was, I, she wasn't uh, rude to anybody. But now, responding to Matt Glance, I know how often you, mi- I know how often you miss some of the point. But given how clear and specific I thought my point was, I'm genuinely impressed as to how you missed all of it. Invoking, quote, wow. victimhood is LOL. I'm saying white people like white things. This is not not groundbreaking for fuck's sake. So you can say she's already getting nasty with him. So then he wrote back, she said she's basing her decision on merit. She has been an actress her whole adult life. If she was basing it on race, ethnicity, etc., as you suggest, then she wouldn't have specifically said merit. It is you, Vanessa, who's missing Jen's point completely. And then so she put a poll out there. Uh, help me out here. She actually, got, she actually got 1,335 votes. Help me out mm. here. Am I missing Matt's point is vote number one. Number two, is Matt missing my point? Number three, not sure. Number four, fuck off, go to bed, commie. <laughs> I'm glad you I, gave that. I mean, that's, that's at least uh, that's a little bit self-aware there. So, oh, man. So, so anyway uh, – 44% said that she's missing Matt's point. 17% said Matt's missing her point. 12% said not sure. And 27% said fuck off, go to bed, commie. So uh, so this shows that uh, on, her, on her own Twitter. Wow. 71%. That is not what I expected. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it either. She would have tons of, right. of followers that uh, kind of adhered to her, what, her view of the world. Yeah, so 1335 votes and 71% went against her. And, and only 17% were for her, and then 12% said they're not sure. So it was basically 71 to 17. Wow, what a beatdown. So, that is honestly very surprising. That is. I would have never guessed that either. No. I, w- I was pretty sure when I saw that it was going to be – in fact, when I first saw it, I, I misread it, and I thought that the 44 went to her and that this like 27 and 17 combined went to Matt. And I said, oh, they're tied. And no, it wasn't. It was 71 to 17. It was a beatdown on her own Twitter. So mm. then he says, all kidding aside, I think you're honestly missing Jen's point. She specifically wrote the tweet the way she did to make it clear she was being totally objective. Otherwise, there's no point in writing that tweet. She was one step ahead of you. So she says, I appreciate that, but as, uh, um, as far as I know, I get the point. I think there are people that take things too far. Hmm, I don't know, like maybe people at uh, holiday parties, or not holiday, but you know, work parties that uh, get reported to HR because they're obnoxious to people. You think those people do? So she says, people who take things too far. My point is if implicit bias impairs us 30%, then we should take our merit judgments and weigh 70% as much as merit judgments on less familiar stories to come to a more objective merit rating. What is she talking about? <laughs> this is making it overly complicated. Where You, you don't have to do that percentage anything. You just say if you really want to make it totally fair and, and if you believe in her objections that people are voting for what's familiar – then just advise everybody voting to be careful that they are not just voting for the familiar and that there's something that is not familiar to you as far as you know, culture-wise, race-wise, that you take a little bit of extra time to reconsider it, to see uh, not out of guilt, not out of uh, obligation, but just that you're just doing it so you you fully judge it on its own merits and not its familiarity to you. That's fine. I don't mind those instructions being included in, uh, in, in the voting, but uh, – uh, I, I don't understand this this, this percentage waiting about uh, 
uh, implicit bias. I think that's that's going the wrong direction. So she writes, uh, if you li- if you literally make a decision making matrix to make Oscar tallies, give everything a raw score blind, then overlay some unfamiliarity with theme, scope, genre, metric to normalize, then you'd be a lot more objective. What what is this? This is Oscar voting. This isn't a, ma- uh, a statistics problem. Uh, that's all I'm saying. By the way, this applies everywhere, not just Hollywood. So she's trying to show off how smart she is here, by the way, in case you're not noticing. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I mean, I'm very impressed that she is so intelligent that she decided to settle an argument by posting a fucking poll on social media. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever. And then, and uh, Jennifer Tilly also responded by saying that, uh, you know, someone was, I don't, think, I don't know if it was to her or to somebody else, but Jennifer said, I'm not white, I'm half Asian. So for those of you that are saying it's my white privilege, blah, 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 I'm, I'm not even white, which is true. People don't realize that. She has a sister who looks Asian. Like, she has a sister who looks very Asian. And Jennifer actually looks more white. Like, it's not immediately obvious when you look at her. Yeah, when you look at her more closely, you say, yeah, she looks half Asian. But she looks more white than Asian. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, she's got that, yeah, pre- predominantly white, but, uh, you know, a little bit of that in there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as I said, the sister... Looks, who looks nothing like her and is also like five years younger but looks way older. The sister – I think the sister has had some issues in life too. But the sister mm. the sister just looks like she's Chinese. She doesn't even look like she's half white. So mm. it's interesting how different they look. Did you, did you hear about that fucking story that some of the universities, they are um, giving extra points um, to certain minorities? Like I think blacks and Hispanics get – yeah, they're basically grading the SATs on a on a curve. No, for admit from an admission point of view. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's a, it has existed in a different no, way no, no, for a but long time. Hold on, this is this is the crazy part. But if you're Asian, they subtract points. Uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask about that. Not even kidding. I, I've heard about this for for many years that that universities not only don't give Asians preference, some of them actually penalize Asians for being Asian because there's too many of them. Too many of you are smart. Too many smart Asians. You're going to get punished. Is that so? That's what you get for being part of a smart race or a success, uh, an academically successful race, at the very least. Yeah. Here, here we go. This I was just like, what the fuck? But they're they're um, here's part of the article from the L.A. Times. It says uh, African Americans received a bonus of 230 points. Hispanics received a bonus of 185 points. Asian Americans are penalized by 50 points. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, what the fuck? These poor, these poor Asian kids study their balls off, to, you know, because education is so uh, typically important. And I mean, it just is in a lot of Asian cultures. They study their balls off only to find out that they're having points knocked off yeah, and they, they have to they have to score even harder and even <laughs> higher to get in. It's, what the fuck? Man? Unbelievable. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I put I put the link into uh, into our Skype chat if you want to read it later. Sorry, yeah. sorry, just thought oh, of that. Wow, wow. I, that was one of the most insane things that I've read and, in a and long time. I see the link. It's from the LA Times. It's not even like this is some conservative publication looking. To, no, uh, man, to, it's to, not. I mean, some legit crazy shit that's going yeah, on. I don't. A, I don't get it. For those of you that don't know, the LA Times is actually a left leaning newspaper. So if if they're publishing this, there, this isn't. This isn't just some. Uh, fringe right wing site trying to make blacks look bad or something. This this is uh, 
This is the LA Times, so clearly this they wouldn't be publishing this if it wasn't true. So okay, uh, so that's that's been happening there, and uh, and so there's a big back and forth. I won't bother to go with this further here, and uh, and then she yeah she keeps going off. Uh, uh, here, here's another one. I'll just before we quit this topic. Uh, so <laughs> Matt obviously noticed that she got crushed in the poll. So he wrote, LOL, this is... All right, that's it. She she says, feels like this needs a bigger, less skewed audience than Matt Glantz's followers only. Oh, come on. So so she uh, she felt that she lost this because Matt Glantz's followers uh, skewed the poll. What happened but to her she, She's got to have at least as many followers as him, yeah, right? Yeah, so this is what he said. He said, LOL, this is so funny. Losing your own poll that you tweeted. Who is missing the point? Rather than consider maybe you're incorrect here, you retweet the poll and somehow come away with these are Matt's followers, even though you have three times as many as my followers. Hashtag, yeah, right. What the fuck? Hashtag hanging chads, referring to <laughs> the 2000 oh election. God. So so he was that, – it's so funny that she actually – she posts the poll on her own Twitter, loses right. it 71 to 17. It's not even like it was close. It's not like it was – she lost 45 to 40 and she's like, oh, I bet Matt got a bunch of people to back him on this. 71 to 17. How do, how does she expect it's going to turn around? Uh, does she really think it was that extreme that every single follower of Matt's ran over to vote on this and, and somehow all of her followers missed it? So, so she writes back, these are the immature posts that make you difficult to want to interact with, FYI. You know, because mm. everybody likes interacting with Vanessa. That's why they, get, they go to HR on her at work. Uh, we are trying to have an extremely civilized discussion. Anything with LOL should probably be proofread and deleted. <laughs> <laughs> God, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, in all honesty, I do see uh, points on both sides from this discussion. I really do. Because, I mean, I think her point is that, um, you know, if you're coming from a certain background, what you're going to think has merit is going to be different. Right. So whatever. But I mean, still, the whole thing just seems so overblown and juvenile to me. You know, like is the is the the big problem that we really have um, that you know these kind of circle jerk uh, award ceremonies are not nominating you know the the group that you like. You know, I mean, whatever. Yeah. By, by the way, it talk, seems ridiculous. Talk about a you know, as far as a, a civil discussion. She said a, a we're having an extremely civilized discussion. We're trying to have one. She said. Well, now this is just a, a short time later. Not, not to Matt, somebody else who I don't even know, some woman named Dawn uh, got involved in this. And keep in mind, this is just after – oh, crap, I lost it. Ugh. Why does Twitter – like you, you click the wrong place and Twitter just erases it. Hang on. It's the infinite scroll. This, this is the worst. I, this pisses me off. I, I had something good up there, and I, I'm, I'm going to find this – I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to make you all wait. I'm so angry about this because I had something good up I wanted to read you guys. And, okay, I think I found it again. You click slightly in the wrong spot on Twitter and it closes everything. So, a woman named Don Wilno, who I don't know. I see you're sitting at a poker table, so she must be a poker person, but I've never heard of her. She tweeted to Vanessa, I long for the days when someone can simply make a comment without turning it into a racist PC or privilege debate. So remember, Vanessa wants 
civilized conversation here. And this is what she writes back. This is an insanely stupid take. <laughs> an insanely stupid take considering Jen's initial comment was all of these things. It's not like I turned a debate about NASCAR drivers into gender fluidity. So she's like, oh, we've got to be civil. I'm trying to have a civil conversation. How dare you write LOL? LOL is offensive. You better not ever write LOL when having a civil discussion or you're, just, uh, you're taking it to where it's not civil anymore. And then someone says something he doesn't agree with. This is an insanely stupid take. So, a lot of hypocrisy in this. So, that's all. I'm not going to go. You can go take a look if you want. Uh, if you want to see more of this silly argument. But uh, those are the two Vanessa Self subjects this week. And Bobby Orr says that Vanessa's going to come kick your ass. <laughs> she might. Maybe it's, it's good that she quit poker. She already threatened to kick everyone's ass once. She really did. At the, at the PCA uh, in 2008. Maybe every 10 years she's going to kick someone's ass associated with Neverland Poker. So, so you know, 10 years ago, she, she threatened to beat up Neverwin at the PCA. So here we what are did you do again? Um, what happened was uh, they were playing this tournament at the PCA, what they called the Battleship Tournament, where they put two computers back-to-back, like a Battleship game, and they were playing heads-up online, sitting back with their laptops back-to-back with each other. So it was kind of like an online tournament where you can see the other person and get reads from them. So the final two, it was a heads-up tournament, were, were Neverwin and Vanessa. And Vanessa tried a big bluff against Neverwin, and he called her down light and was correct. So she... How dare he? She said out loud, I should know better than try to bluff someone who has no ability to fold. So then he made some comment back, like, yeah, well, look who was right here or something like that. He made some response back, and then she started getting really pissed and and was uh, going off on him saying that uh, he was disrespecting her in front of her girlfriend. And I'm like, well, she started with him. She was, And he didn't say anything like, oh, you stupid dyke. Like, he didn't say anything like that. He was, he responded back to what she said to him about how he, you know, he was too, that he's unable to ever fold, uh, pretty much saying, you know, you're, uh, you're too stupid to ever fold when I try an advanced bluff on you. Those weren't her words, but that's what she was trying to say. Right. And, and she claimed that she was saying it under her breath to herself and it accidentally came out to where he heard it. Well, then be careful. Don't don't say things out loud that you don't want to be heard. So, so of course, he's right. going to be pissed and say things back. So at some point when she felt that uh, he was uh, disrespecting her in front of her girlfriend, who she's now married to, by the way, uh, that, that you know, she was actually saying she wanted to fight him at one point. He, he didn't do it, but the, the, the funny thing is, they actually look alike. What, what does the girlfriend have anything to do with it? Like, I, I could see her just saying, "You're disrespecting me," but what does the girlfriend have to do with it? I don't get it. She felt like, like with the girlfriend watching this on the rail, that uh, that it's especially insulting because uh, Neverwin's saying something derogatory to her with her girlfriend watching. It, it's stupid. Um, I, I don't agree. I mean, that. would it? Are you saying that she would have taken it perfectly well if her girlfriend wasn't there? No, I doubt course, it. Of course not. I no. doubt it. <laughs> anyway, I really think that she 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 doesn't have very much self awareness. She she really believes that, like she strongly believes that uh, she's never doing anything wrong here. Like that she's never acting wrong. She's never acting inappropriate. The only thing she's ever agreed with, and this is only because she's changed it, is that she agrees that now, like back in the two thousand eight days, that she did act inappropriately at the table sometimes when she took beats or, or, or you know, like, like in that spot. She, did, she didn't say that spot in particular, but she said that you know, she had agreed that she had 
problems with her temper at the table, and that was wrong. But that, that's the only thing she's ever agreed regarding uh, her behavior not being appropriate, which it, often it isn't. And that's why I don't think this job is going to last. I really don't think this job is going to last because I think they're gonna, there's going to be other incidents like this, and they're going to be tired of it. And and she's not yeah. she's not someone who's been there twenty years that that's so valuable that they can't afford to lose her. This is someone who probably is like they probably just hired her almost as a gimmick or as just a way to get press or something interesting to do or interesting to try. But they're they're not attached to her. They they can definitely let her go. And I I'd be surprised if a year from today she's still there, and we're not seeing at some point. Some rant about how she doesn't want to work for a greedy hedge fund anyway. Yeah, I mean, they may have hired her for her connections, but I, I will say that the that kind of financial business, there are a decent number of poker players that have transitioned to doing that kind of work. Um, so there must be uh, some thought that the similar skills then translate, you know. But I, I mean, clearly based on a, a lot of the things that we've seen and especially this recent story, she probably doesn't have the temperament for corporate America. That's what I think. You know? That's what I think, especially yeah. when you spent all that time in poker and you kind of have a temper problem as it is. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard enough if you don't have a temper problem to go from playing poker your whole life to going to a nine-to-five job. That, that can always and be having tough. a boss, for yes, fuck's sake. Yes, that can always you know? be a tough transition yeah. even if you have no temper problem whatsoever. But if you have a temper right. problem – and you're easily offended, and you, you never had a boss before and, and uh, pretty much could say and do what you wanted with, with little consequence, you're going to have a real hard time transitioning to something like this. Yeah. By the way, here, here's from Gamble Botch Chafe Penis in the chat. He said, the word in finance is silence. You don't say shit to anybody about anything. Anything that happens in the job, at a work party, anytime, anywhere, there is zero room for argument. You fall in fucking line behind your superiors and shut the fuck up. It's very military in that way. Jesus fucking Christ, he wrote Right. So I, I don't have experience in that world, but I'll take his. He does. So I'll, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, but that's anything. You know, I think that's. I'm certain finance probably maybe more than others. But the bottom line is everything people put up. You know, you shouldn't be broadcasting shit when you're your own person playing poker. You can do whatever you want. But when you're representing a company, you're putting stuff out there that's out there forever. Yeah, and, yeah, you, you would. Know, it's just, it's just, it's just a liability. Yeah, you are. In fact, I'll tell you, if if I worked a regular job for for a corporation, I would be a lot more apprehensive about having a show like this. I, I'd be a lot more apprehensive about uh, a lot of these things because I'd be afraid if if if, uh, if I say or do something or something happens on the show that uh, uh, whatever that offends someone. And then, you know, then I could get in trouble at work because, uh, you know, it could be seen to make the company look bad, even though if I, even if I'm not, not doing it at work. But I, there'd be a lot of things I'd have to worry about, and I may not have a show like this if that were the case. So you, you always have to be concerned about that sort of thing. If they're, especially if you're working for a corporation, you, you always have to be careful that they're, you're putting out an image that they want you to be putting out, even on social media. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, what you were mentioning before about um, what's appropriate in, in businesses is the, the same reason why um, that that whole thing I was mentioning before about that tech company just kind of blew me away. It's like, I mean, come on, guys, <laughs> let's be let's be professional and not mix our political views and our religion and all that kind of shit with our business. You yeah. know, the same way that HR isn't going to want employees to do that. You know, yep, it's just exactly. crazy. So, did you did you look at uh, that stuff I sent in the chat? By the way, Trader Ruski, 
about the conference? Yeah, no, I looked. I looked at some of it. That was, yeah, that's a little over the top. I mean, I, you know, they should put the disclaimer and, like you said, don't fucking bother other. Just something so you can throw anybody out when you want. You don't have right. to spell all this bullshit out. Well, when that's you all that stuff should be. Well, we'll talk about it offline. But look at the last link, the the Twitter convo. Anyway, go ahead, Rev. What's a what's okay, our dick, well. what's our dick count now? Okay, so. Uh, we haven't gotten any other ones. That people are people are giving up on the dicks. I think you're not going to. No up, more. Uh, they yeah. don't want a free. I'm, I'm actually surprised. Right. I'm actually surprised. Uh, so we've gotten some other texts though from the 702. Someone who's giving me a hard time about my complaining about the underbets losing to overtime. He says, "Don't so funny how much you whine about your basketball underbets that go into overtime. Don't you understand that since you bet over 90 percent unders, it's going to happen. That, that, that's that part's true. I, I bet when I do totals." It's almost always under. I did do it over today and it lost, and I did it over the other day and it won. But for the most part, he's right. Uh, very much leans towards under. I, mean, I don't know if it's ninety percent, but if it was, it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe it probably is about ninety percent. Right. He probably is. It probably is about ninety percent. So he says six percent of games go to overtime since nineteen seventy. Thus, each under you bet the line is inflated up between two and four points, depending on how close the line is and the game is and how high the total is to compensate for the chance of overtime. So the last couple of days, you won under bets by one and two. Those would have been losses if the chance of overtime uh, wasn't factored into the line. Okay, so f- first of all, uh, I, I haven't looked at this, but I, I have perceived that, and I understand what he's saying, that, that, that if there was no overtime at all, that, that the total lines would probably be lower. And uh, and then the ones that I won that were very close by one point uh, would have actually lost. I, I understand that, but... I I have seen so many times. It seems like far more than than six percent of my underbets are going to overtime. So much that like I I feel traumatized by it. Where I'll, I I start to think of ways I'm going to get screwed. Like I see it's uh, um, the, the game has has got uh, thirty seconds left and 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 one team's up by seven and otherwise the underbet's going to cover easily if it doesn't go to OT. And I go okay, thirty seconds left. You know. And I start thinking ways in my head it can get to a tie from there. And I, I sometimes come up with crazy ways in my head it can get to a tie from there, like very unusual things if they were to happen, because I'm so traumatized about what seems like, I haven't counted, but it seems like so many times it's gone to overtime. And I think one time it even went to overtime and I still won because it was so far ahead. But uh, I think that was the only time I was able to f- fade the overtime. Usually in an underbet, overtime is long enough where you're always going to lose. You have to be really killing it to be to still cover so I, I've seen to believe that I've had more than 6% of my unders go to overtime. So that, that's my perception, and that's, that's why I get frustrated by it. Even, you know, even if there's uh, – I'm not saying I should never lose to overtime. I, if, if the number of bets I've made by this – I've made about 300 NBA bets, not all, not all unders, but uh, I've made about 300 bets at this point, even if you take away the sides and the overs. Of course, if I had zero overtimes, that would be shocking. That would be a statistical anomaly to have zero overtimes and all this. Of course, I'm going to add some, and then, then when I get those, I'm going to lose. Yes. But I, I believe it has been more than 6% to where I, I've really gotten paranoid about it. It doesn't affect what I pick, but I just uh, – and, and, and when I'm watching the results of the game, how I'm feeling has no impact on the game itself. So it's not like getting psyched out in poker and it can screw up your play. This is something like during the game I have no control anyway. It's just – this is just something that I notice. So uh, I understand everything this, this person is saying, but that's my response. Okay. 
Uh, from the 530, a little bit uh, more of a uh, friendly tweet, uh, friendly text. If you had a card, meaning a player's card at a casino, that was fresh and a super saucy ADT, meaning uh, average daily theoretical, that's how much you're expected to lose in a given day based upon your past play, uh, you could book a shit ton of stays and they never cancel comp rooms once they're reserved. They only take away your ability to reserve comp rooms once the computer sees your ADT shot went to shit. Sorry, I know it doesn't help you or me, though. Ha ha ha. Listening live, by the way. Well, I hate to tell you, but that's not totally accurate. That has happened where they will take away people's comps that are already booked. Doesn't happen that often. Like Caesar's properties don't do it that often. I, I but but I've there've been other properties that if you have no played them for a while and you had a reservation, you a comp reservation you made a few months out, they'll sometimes inform you it's been canceled, or even worse, you'll get there and they'll tell you it's been canceled. That's what's really offensive. It's one thing if they cancel it uh, when you have plenty of time to back out of the trip, but it still sucks because you may have booked an airline and all that, but but imagine getting there and you you, you can't get in there. So, and they have a right to do it because comp rooms are never guaranteed because you haven't paid for anything. Mm. So a, a comp, is they can take away at any time, which sucks, but it's true. That would really suck. You plan the whole thing, you get there, and they're like, no, nope, forget it. You want to hear a really obnoxious story. This didn't have to do with a land-based casino comp, but Norwegian Cruise Line, which is what Caesars partners with, they have their own casino on board, of course, and they have their own hosts and their own department that offers people free cruises based upon their play on board. This is independent. I mean, this is the same department, but this is not related to people who get it through seven stars or whatever, talking about people who really earn it playing on board. So this one guy who is very, very pro-Norwegian typically. This is someone, you know, there's people on on the cruise forums who just always are negative and and find reasons to bash the cruise line, even though they go on it all the time. But this was, this was, and then there's others on the other side of the, uh, the other extreme, who will always defend the cruise line, no matter how wrong they are. In fact, there's more of them than the negative ones. But this guy was, he wasn't like a super extreme positive guy, but he was, Definitely positive. Most of his posts were defending the cruise line for the most part. So when I saw this from him, I I knew it it had to be true, and I couldn't believe the story. So this was someone who's not a compor. This this guy's not shooting angles. This is just he's just a standard player who who likes to gamble, and then gets offered free rooms because he likes to gamble. And by the way, the games on these cruise ships usually aren't very good. Because there's no competition, you know, you're trapped on board, and you know if you want to gamble, they know you're going to go gamble. So, this guy who'd been on many cruises, and everything should have been fine, he called up and he reserved a suite. It's actually a gay guy, so it was for him and his boyfriend or husband or whatever. And they booked a flight to go where the cruise leaves from. About two months later. He got an email that the suite that he was given, uh, you comp, the, the comp suite that he was given two months earlier, and he got a confirmation number and everything, that that was given to him in error. He actually did not qualify for it, so they're downgrading him to a regular balcony cabin. 
So, so he called up and, and he thought, okay, this must, must have just been an idiot who made this decision or maybe the computer did it. So he called up and, and spoke to the manager of the entire department who told him, it was my decision, he, the manager said. He said, I downgraded mm. you because you, the, the rep who did this d- misread something. You did not qualify for the suite. You never should have been given the suite. It was given to you by accident because he misread something. And we have a right to take it away. And I, I and amazingly, this guy who, who uh, again, he's positive towards the cruise line, but he's not, he's not the type who like lets people take advantage of him. He's like, you know, he has very strong opinions. Uh, I, I usually don't agree with him. He's kind of like an SJW type, but you know. But but I'll say one thing: like he's not someone who seems like a pushover. Amazingly, he he he, he grumbled about it and said he didn't like it, but he accepted it and just took hmm. the cruise to the balcony room and just accepted it. But they actually told him. And this is a guy who'd been there, you know, got on tons of cruise, gambled, gambled a lot in their casino, probably lost a lot of money, and and they downgraded him because they quote accidentally gave it away. I, I think what happened is there's probably more demand than they expected for these suites, and then they, uh, they they needed to give it to somebody else, and they who played even more than him and took it away from him. I think that's probably what happened. But even if it was a mistake. This is months later. He he booked flights and everything. Now now what's even more shocking, or maybe not that shocking. Most of the idiots on that forum were siding with the cruise line there, mm. and they say, "What? What's your problem? What? You're too good for a balcony room? Uh, you know, why are you being so arrogant here? You know, just go into you're getting a free balcony room. Go on there and have a good time." And I was saying, "No, I go first of all, I get balcony rooms, so I'm, I'm not even speaking from the standpoint that balcony rooms aren't good enough. That's what I get when I cruise. So I, I'm not saying that they're bad, but everybody's got their own level of what they expect or want, and if he chose to take this cruise and booked a flight and and did whatever else he needed to do in his life to make the time for this cruise based upon the belief he was getting a suite where he, he wouldn't have taken the cruise if he got a balcony. Is what he said. He said, I wouldn't have taken it if it was only a balcony. Then he made it based upon false information they gave him and, and a false promise they gave him. At this point, they've got to eat it. This doesn't mean that he's entitled to suites in the future for the same amount of play. They can say, next time you're not going to qualify, just to let you know. That's fine to say, but here they actually took it away from him. I couldn't believe that. So yeah, uh, I know we're talking about a, a cruise ship here, but uh, right. But do you think do you think he knew he didn't have enough points? So he kind of. I mean, that's probably what I think. If he didn't read a big stink, I, I he's think like oh, they gave this to me. They shouldn't have. Well, he's know. he's taken other sweet cruises before, and he's not really paying with points. It's kind of like a, a subjective thing. Like they look at it, and the host or whoever the the rep is you're booking with looks and sees what uh, the computer probably spits out something. It probably has ADT numbers and all that, and they probably look okay. You know, yeah, we think you qualify. So it wasn't like a hard number of points. It's not like you earn five thousand points, you get a, a suite. It wasn't like that. It's something like yeah, you know, they look on their end of the computer showing his play habits, and then they make a decision. So. Uh, it's possible that maybe his play had been lighter recently, and then he was a little surprised they gave it to him. But you know, hey, well, who am I to question it, sort of thing. But uh, he didn't say that, uh, and I understand your point. But regardless, if if you're given it in two months pass, and then they inform you, I'd, I'd have been furious. I'd have been absolutely furious. So, mm-hmm. so uh, anyway, uh, that's. That's just a little story I wanted to say. Let's, let's go to the next topic here. Leon Sukernik, a little update on him. This is the scumbag who owns the King's Casino in Czechoslovakia. Of course, they had a partnership with the World Series. You know, What shady organization does not have a partnership with the World Series these days? 
It's maybe, amazing. I mean, what, what should they do next year? Maybe uh, they have a Jow Poker sponsorship. Maybe that's just. I'll uh, tell you what, the, they, the World Series of Poker doesn't write no code of conduct like the one I read to you. <laughs> they'll, work, they'll work with fucking anybody, <laughs> you know? So, like, if you played in the, in the high limit cash games over the summer, you played in the King's Casino Lounge. They actually had a King's Casino Lounge in the Rio. In the pavilion room, that's where the high limit games were. I played, actually played a seventy five one fifty Omaha there for a little bit. So th- that's uh, that's how deep that partnership went. They actually made a whole lounge area named after Kings Casino. It was actually called the Kings Casino Lounge. So Leon Sukernik, who is the owner of the Kings Casino, unfortunately has a habit of playing heads up for very high stakes losing and finding an excuse not to pay. We don't even think it's because he's broke. We think it's because if he can find an excuse not to pay by claiming he was cheated, then he didn't actually lose in his mind. So it's an ego thing. If you pay, then it's kind of admitting that you were outplayed and you lost. If you don't pay and say you were cheated, well, then not only don't you have to pay, but you can also say, hey, I didn't really lose that. I was cheated. So he comes right. up with, So there's there's been stories about him that – when he loses, this is what he does, that he comes up with these insane scenarios that make no logical sense, claiming he was cheated and he's not paying. So this happened to Matt Kirk, also known as Aussie Matt, and we've discussed this before on this show several times, and Matt Kirk sued him for $2 million. That's an old story, and uh, I'm not going to rehash all of that. However, there's an update from yesterday, February 27, 2018. This is from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I, I guess before I should, uh, before I, I read this, I should also tell you he filed he followed he, fi- he filed a counterclaim, basically a countersuit against both the Aria where this took place and against Matt Kirk himself, claiming that there was some kind of conspiracy to cheat him. So there were two things. He was, he was claiming the Aria and, and Matt Kirk were involved in some sort of conspiracy to cheat him. And furthermore, that Matt Kirk was cheating him because Matt Kirk was backed and did not tell him. As if that should matter. So, somehow he thought it was his business how Matt Kirk got the money that was sitting right in front of him that Kirk actually loaned him. It's, not, it's one thing if uh, someone loans you money and then it's found out that you're backed. That, that would be very relevant. But if the person loaning you is backed, what's your problem with that? If, if the guy shows up with money in front of him that if you win is yours, and if he even loans you money to play him, then it doesn't matter where the money came from. It, it absolutely does not matter. So, but he claimed that somehow because Matt didn't tell him he was backed that, uh, that somehow this was uh, cheating him too. So this is from. He would have done the same thing if he won, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he won, he would have said, "Nope, nope. I'm sorry. Since you're back, you didn't tell me. I can't take the money. I can't take your money, Matt. I'm giving it all back because you. Now that I find out you're backed, it's a totally different story. The whole match is invalid. You, the two million you thought you lost to me, uh, you you can uh, you can keep it. So this is what it says in the Las Vegas Review Journal. A judge on Tuesday threw out a Czech casino owner's claims against Aria and an Australian poker player that centered on a dispute over a high-stakes match. Leon Sukernik, whose Kings Casino hosts a World Series of Poker event starting this week. I didn't even know that, too. They, they have some events at the Rio. I didn't even know they're, they're hosting events there. So I guess, I guess this didn't affect the Rio. I guess the Rio is going forward with this partnership. That's crazy. No, this is, this is an ongoing relationship. <laughs> wow. 
like it's one thing last year where they didn't you know they, they may not have known but they they definitely had time to pull out between when the Matt Kirk thing happened and now but I Andrew, get, what what does this tell you about how incredibly heinous whatever GPI did yeah. to the World Series was well, I think they just you know didn't what I, mean? pay, I think they like just if didn't they pay. won't if they won't get rid of this fucking guy for all the shit that's going on what the fuck did the GPI do? Well, I'll tell you. I bet the GPI didn't pay, and this guy did. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that, what, that's what I was about to say. That, that's what it boils down to: is that they they owed him money and they didn't pay, and that's why they're out. But there, there was. I mean, even so, there was acrimony. You know, if you remember, we did, we discussed it. I it just, I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is there must have been something kind of colossal going on in addition to the not paying. You know. Yeah, he probably told them, you know, fuck you, I'm not paying you, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely pissed over there. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is pretty amazing. The first, the Global Poker Index, were, which uh, yeah. were, were the, were the, the owner of that was scamming Fedor Holtz and, and, and other high limit players in, in these loans that they would take and, and not pay back, and then, or actually not even loans. He would, he would do currency exchanges. Yeah, say, that wasn't a loan. Yeah, man. it wasn't a loan. He said, he said, uh, let's do a currency exchange. You give me this currency, I'll transfer this other currency later today, and they just wouldn't do it. So that was uh, that was really that's, bad. He was like, all right, scamming. That's the key thing, man. That was not. A yeah, it wasn't a loan. loan. I, I was forgetting the story for a second, but yeah, he was just yeah. outright, outright stealing money off of these high limit players and only gave it back yeah. when he was shamed. So, so they had a partnership with them, and probably it only ended because uh, the global poker index didn't pay. And then uh, Leon Sukernik, who is just well borrows two million dollars to play heads up against another poker player, loses and then won't pay. And then apparently he's done this before. So uh, I guess World Series doesn't care because uh, Kings Casino is probably paying. So they're still hosting a World Series event this week and probably going to host the main World Series this summer. So they're not hosted, but they probably still have that Kings Lounge and everything else. Anyway, going on here. Uh, Do you think if he had sued another Caesar's property, he probably would have been gone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because the only reason it's MGM, right? But that's, that's right. It's this aria they don't care. But uh, so he, he writes, uh, he writes there, uh, Sukernik, whose Kings Casino holds hosts a World Series of Poker event starting this week, and recently hosted the World Series of Poker Europe main event. Alleged that he lost three million dollars to a professional poker player because the casino conspired with 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 him and plied him with booze. So he's, he's claiming that since the Aria served him booze, that somehow is their fault that he was, he was a drunk. Uh, poker pro Matt Kirk sued Sukernik after he paid to pay, failed to pay 2 million owed from the head to head match of the Aria in May. Despite the judge's ruling late last year that the transaction amounted to an unenforceable gamble, gambling debt, Kirk's lawyers have said that they're still pursuing $2 million from Sukernik. So, yeah, the, the, Kirk unfortunately suffered a, a loss in court where most of this was thrown out because it was seen as an unenforceable gambling debt, they, they, which, which I thought was wrong because it was actually – it wasn't a gambling debt. It was actually a loan to play in a licensed casino. An, un- an unenforceable gambling debt would be, hey, you know, who wants to bet with me on such and such a game today? Okay, and then we both bet, and then uh, I lose and refuse to pay you. That's an unenforceable gambling debt because we were both doing illegal gambling, technically. So it's not, uh, you know, we, 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 there was no gambling in a licensed facility. We were just betting with each other. So that's why they will rule that unenforceable. That's what prevents... Uh, bookies from suing their their clients but this this was to play at the aria this was a straight up loan where the loan came first and then they played poker with it 
It was just a loan that uh, that's not being paid back. So I thought that was a, an incorrect ruling. But but going on here, that happened in December. Uh, so in, but they did toss out Sukarnik's counterclaim. District Judge Linda Bell also ordered Sukarnik uh, to pay legal fees for Matt Kirk's attorneys, uh, Richard Schoenfeld and David Chesnoff. But she allowed Sukarnik's lawyers, Peter Bernhardt and Leslie Miller, to play another legal hand if they could find a new angle. Sukarnik argued that Kirk conspired with Ari and did not disclose where he got the cash to play for nosebleed stakes. And the judge asked, why does that matter if he's an independent poker player where he gets his money from? That's not something that any person gambling is required to tell any other person gambling. How on the face can that be fraud? <laughs> so she saw right my, through that my, one. My. She saw right through that one. And, and, uh, and so his attorney, Leslie Miller, said that Kirk's failure to reveal his financial backing, backing was deceitful. She says, he fraudulently conspired with ARIA representatives to place Mr. Sukarnik in that vulnerable situation. It was how the game itself was executed, not the simple request to participate in the game. I, I think I know what they're getting at here, but I don't agree. They might be getting at that Sukarnik has a very deep bankroll, supposedly, and that if he believed that Kirk did not have that bankroll, that Kirk might be shitting his pants playing for those high stakes, and therefore that would give him an edge even if Without that, without that, that uh, Kirk is a better player. So, like, let's say he thought Kirk was better than him, but if Kirk is playing for super high stakes, he won't be able to play his A game. So, therefore, uh, Sukarnik thought that gave him an edge, and then later he found out he was actually back. So, therefore, Kirk wasn't nervous because it was his backers' money. Uh, I can see that, but that's not. Uh, this is where you've got to ask beforehand. You, you, you don't. Have, it doesn't have to be disclosed to you. You've got to ask beforehand. Uh, um, okay, uh, are you playing with your own money or are you backed? You know, do you realize that you know? You, know, you have to be playing with your own money. If you're, if you're back, this is going to be invalid. You, you have to get that all out there beforehand. You can't just uh, – it's not their responsibility to tell you at all. You, no one has and to nobody, tell you. And I, I mean, I don't know what games you're at, but no one I know when they sit down at a poker table gives a fuck where the money's coming right. from. That, that, and, also, and also you have to assume that when you're playing someone for that sum of money and they're not someone who – owns a very large company or, or known to be very rich. Uh, of course, if they're playing for millions of dollars heads up, they're probably backed in some way. There's, there's a very good chance right. of that. So it's not even like a shock. Oh, my God, this guy was backed? How could that be? We're playing for $3 million. I, I thought it was all his. Like, <laughs> There's a very good chance he's backed. So right. he doesn't have to disclose this to you, and, and it's none of your business. And if, and if it's really important to you, then you have to have agreements beforehand that it, nobody can be backed. And if you are, then there's such and such you know, penalty for it. But that didn't occur here. He just is mad afterwards when he lost. And as Trader Ruski said, if, it becomes a free roll otherwise, where, where if, if you win, you keep the money. If you lose, you say, oh, I didn't know you were back. Give me the money back. So, so, right. so you, can't, you can't play under those circumstances. Once you start playing, it's, it's too late. So, uh, and conspiring with Arya, uh, what do they even mean here? <laughs> Other than the, what they claim with the liquor, what the, the, the representative of the Arya say, oh, by the way, Leon, uh, just to let you know, this is totally Matt's money here. He wasn't backed at all. This is, this is totally 100% his $3 million, just to let you know that. Like, I don't think they did that. I, I, I'm sure they didn't do that. So this is really just reaching in this uh, counterclaim. And then... Uh, so David Schoenfeld, who is one of the lawyers for Matt Kirk, said there's no factual allegation that Mr. Kirk ordered him a drink or anything of that sort. And this is having to do with the conspiracy. So he, he's basically saying that Matt Kirk got the aria to agree to just keep serving him drinks and get him smashed. And 
Sean Fowler saying, no, that didn't happen. Sukunik got drunk because he was an idiot and just kept drinking. I, I didn't tell him to keep ordering drinks. I didn't tell Arya to keep serving him drinks. I just, I just played and he kept ordering drinks. What am I supposed to do? So uh, Sukunik named uh, Arya as a defendant, as I mentioned. That, that was also uh, dismissed. And it was dismissed, but the issue could be refiled with the Gaming Control Board. So the, the basically court just said, we're dismissing this because we're the wrong place for it. You have to take this to the Gaming Control Board if you've got an issue with the ARIA and your claims against them here. So, uh, so while Kirk lost the, uh, uh, for the most part, in the initial ruling in December, at least the, uh, the counterclaim part, that part's gone. It's, it's been thrown out. And Sukunik did pay a million dollars of that three million. He wouldn't pay the rest. And if you remember from the whole story, because some some guy who knew Matt Kirk like wrote the whole story out there, who was involved in trying to negotiate them coming to terms. Uh, Matt Kirk didn't handle it all totally correctly, but um, yeah, like he could have done things to have gotten paid, and he kind of screwed it up. But that that doesn't excuse any of this. Matt Kirk kind of handled it stupidly, but it doesn't excuse any of this. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if the countersuit could have opened his case back up. It doesn't say anything it, like isn't that. Isn't he admitting he owes the money? It's, it was the same situation. It was the same time, right? Or no? Yeah, but the the, the countersuit, you know, he, he's not denying that he played. The, the, the defense has never been we never played or anything. He's just basically saying uh, we uh, I was cheated in two ways. He conspired with the Aria to get me drunk. So I couldn't play with a level head, and, and second of all, uh, he didn't tell me he was backed, which changes everything. And he he should have told me so that was also fraud. That that was his. He never he never denied that he lost three million heads up to Matt Kirk. He admitted that. Right, but I'm just saying since it was over, he basically won two million. They didn't have to pay. Sometimes you know I'm not a lawyer, but maybe our former sponsor could comment on this. He hasn't fallen asleep yet, but. I would, you know, think that could open potentially open it up to where now he could sue for the two million. Now, now why would you feel that is? Why, why would you think? What, well, how would that change? Because I think because if they had an action after the other guy's case was dismissed, I mean, something could have been done to maybe open that back up as a legitimate yeah. claim. Okay, I, I don't think so, but I you know, again, I, I I don't know for sure. Maybe we can get. He should have just taken. Yeah, I mean, he got greedy. That could come if back. Only that. the show. Had a lawyer that they knew, and was a friend of the show. Well, I wonder. I wonder that if could help out with. I wonder this, if he's still you know? awake right now. Let's let's see if he's still awake. I, the thing is, he he keeps mostly normal hours. So uh, let, let's see if he's around. He did he play the free role? That's probably a good indication. You know, I I don't know, but uh, you know he did add fifty dollars tonight. In fact, just just because I, I want to show, I have appreciation here. Even though Eric Benzamokin is not a sponsor anymore. Uh, he's been giving so much money to the free roll recently. He's actually probably paying more for the free roll than he's been for. That's what for I was thinking too, which is fantastic. But so, so, I love uh, that. I love that he's giving some. Like, back. I was trying to help. Not, not the commercial, please. Yeah, <laughs> no, I want to play it. I'm, I'm going to play. I know you guys have just gonna, give out his email address. And, like, I know you're saying. Oh, no, there's two. No, there's, it's coming. There's, we're, we're getting the dun dun dun. Yeah, I'm going to play. For, you haven't heard it in a few weeks anyway, because it hasn't. Uh, in fact, I think, I think I haven't played it in a month. I think the last time I played it was on the show that uh, that didn't record. So, uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> the People's Court commercial. Yes, I'm going to play. So I'm, I'm going to play his commercial. Right, that was that was the show when bad guy picked the Patriots from the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, we we don't, we don't have any recorded evidence of his pick. That's what I remember. Anyway. <laughs> He's going to get really mad about that. So it's true. <laughs> So okay, we're gonna. He, he was telling me, by the way, to just yeah, put it all somewhere all on the Eagles. He was, he was really just super insistent that I should put massive money on the Eagles. Not, not like it was an Eagles blowout, though. I mean, let's let's face it here; it was uh, very close. So I'm going to play his his ad here, just just because I appreciate all the money he's donated to the free roll. This is what he texted me tonight at uh, around 7:30 p.m. Breaking news! I'll add another fifty dollars to the free roll. Make it rain, baby. <laughs> so, so he's just throwing, he's just throwing money here. I appreciate that. It's, it's these free rolls have been so much bigger since Eric started doing this, and then Calwad has thrown in a lot of money too. And we even got uh, some money for Trader Ruski. We got sixteen dollars from Trader Ruski tonight, and uh, so I, I've never taken a dime out of that. But Druff, what is the minimum amount that you will write a check for? Oh, okay. I, I guess I should say that. I guess that's something I just. Because whatever but, whatever it is, I want you to write me a check for it. Make it can it can it be like a dollar? No, well, no, it's 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 for a hundred dollars, unfortunately. So it's not a trivial. Oh, amount. come on! No, I'll tell you what happened here is that I used to be willing to send checks to people for winning anything in the free roll. So I have I started having people asking me, "Hey, I just won eight dollars the other night. Can you send me eight dollars?" And I, I would do it. I actually mailed them eight dollar an eight dollar check. Then one day, like. I, I dropped it in the mail and I said, "What a fool I'm being! Like this, this is such a pain in the ass to actually write out a check for for small amounts of money." So yeah. I said, "Look, it's it's time for people to get into the 21st century. They they should get various methods to where I can pay them electronically. And there's so it's so easy to transfer from bank to bank now, or or uh, even if you don't want that, you can you can get Bitcoin. Uh, there, you know, there's there's other major money transfer." services online that have been around almost two decades that you can use. And I offer all of these, and people are still asking for checks. And I said, no, no, I've got to draw the line. No, if you really have no other way to get paid, fine. Then wait until you accumulate $100 or more, and then I will either mail you a check or mail you cash. And, of course, if I mail you cash, there's no guarantee of what happens to it. If it gets stolen, the tough luck. Mm-hmm. The, the one time I did mention I did mail $100 to somebody. Uh, he's known as uh, Quincy Beans. I, I mailed him $100, and it disappeared. And I was like, ah, oh. even though it was his and he had to eat it, I felt so bad. I was like, oh, I, I wish that kid got his $100. Well, it turned out that uh, his girlfriend found like his ex-girlfriend had gotten it oh, and, man. And, and took it, and then she didn't want to give it to him. But anyway, she eventually backed down and gave it to him, so he got it back. It didn't get lost. So I, I thought all the time it got lost, but no, it was... It was ex-girlfriend. First, she wouldn't give it to him, but then she did give it to him. So he got the money overall when it was all done. This reminds me, Druff. We had a a buddy of ours that, you know, he didn't have a whole ton of money, but um, he was playing uh, poker for a living. Mm -hmm. And he also, uh, he he drank quite a bit. And he also eh, sometimes had a problem with the pits, shall we say, Mm -hmm. right? So he came back to our local game one time after he was, uh, you know, out at some casino somewhere, and he told us this story about how he went to the the casino and he lost. He had he said he had his whole bankroll, like uh, like six grand or something like that, in his uh, pants pocket, and it was gone. Like he lost it. And of course, 
you know, me and my other friends that knew him were kind of looking at each other like, no fucking way. Like he just, he shut it off in the pits and didn't want to tell anyone or was embarrassed. And we're, we're like, yeah, lost it my ass. Like <laughs> you lost it betting on black. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come, come to find out, kind of similar to the story here, this was actually his now ex-wife that fucking stole the money from him. Stole all that fucking money from him. Never told them anything. Well, here's uh, here, here's a story similar to that that uh, is much worse than six thousand. I'm not going to name this person because he never told me it's okay to tell the story. But it's a semi-known poker player. This it's not a huge name, but it's someone that you may have heard of. If uh, if I were to say his name, which I'm not going to, it's, it's not a poster on Poker Fraud Alert, and it's no one who has called into the show ever. So I'll give you that hint. But it is someone that I know personally, not a close friend of mine, but I know the person I know the personally. In fact, they used to listen to the Neverwin Poker Radio Show and the uh, regularly. So this person um, had a girlfriend, a long-term girlfriend, and he was cheating on her a lot. Doing a lot of cheating on her, and she found out about it. Didn't tell him she found out about it. And she took his key to his safety deposit box in one of these casinos. I don't know if it was Commerce or something else. It was something something in the West, either Commerce or Vegas. One of these casino safety deposit boxes. Walked in there, gave the key. For some reason, they uh, they let her sign for it. And she stole $500,000 out of the box. Mm. Wow. Wow. And she left. And so I said, oh, my God, that's horrible. I said, it's a, so you know, did you go to the police on this? And he said no, because he actually felt he deserved it. Mm. He said he, he felt he deserved it because he had been with her many years. And he had cheated on her multiple times and that she was very loyal to him and a very good girlfriend. And he just he screwed up, repeatedly cheated on her. And he felt that he deserved something like this to happen so he just let it go and it sounded like now is it you might be thinking maybe the guy was bullshitting me i don't think so knowing who it is and his personality and the way he was telling me it it sounded like a real story it did not sound like he made it up he wasn't the type who makes this up so do i have 100 percent proof it happened no but do i believe it happened yes the the only thing that could be questionable you know maybe Maybe he exaggerated the amount. I'm not saying he did, but you know, would, would I think it's possible maybe she stole 200000 he said 500000 Yes, it's possible he could have said that. He's not a known exaggerator, but, but it's, uh, if there's any lack of truth of the story, maybe it could be that. But uh, I, I would be very surprised if he didn't lose a six-figure sum of money, and very possibly 500000 to this girl stealing from him, and then didn't report it because he felt guilty for uh, having cheated on her after been, being with her for so many years. Five hundred grand. I mean, that's a that's a good bit of money. Yeah, I, th- I think at that point she's willing to. I mean, I'm not cheating. I'm not condoning any of the shit that the guy did. Obviously, he was a complete asshole to her. But fuck, man. Yeah. Wow. So that's that was an interesting story, and I I, I should have asked him. Can I? <laughs> I mean, I I actually did think you of should asking have dated him. him and let him cheat on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. I'm sure a factor is would he have been able to prove it, even if he did do something. 
Like, how would he have been able to say she didn't take a hundred bucks out? Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's, that's one problem. But, so but, it's probably that combined with he cheated. It's like fuck it. Well, and he he was also like a, a very degenerate gambler. So this was someone who was already kind of numb to money. He was someone who's run up a lot of money and lost it back a number of times. He's a, he's a very good player, by the way. It's not not uh, it's, you know as far as his poker skills, very good. Uh, but uh, he's run it up and back down, and, and he's had pit issues before. There's been a lot of ways he's he's lost it back, and you know between pit issues and sometimes playing too big, and you know it's the typical story. Poker players should chunk it all off. But uh, yeah, I I was so floored by that story, and you know to hear that he'd gotten that much stolen from him, I just you know I didn't want to. I was thinking of saying, hey, can I tell the story on radio? But it just kind of sounded like a callous response. I just I couldn't yeah, say, right. I couldn't bring myself to say it. So I just said, oh, that's too bad. And like I, you know, I asked him, did you report it to the police? But then when he told me no, I said, okay. I said, you know, I, I would have reported it anyway. But that, that, that's as far as I went. I, like I, I didn't say, oh, well, now this is a great story. Can I share your misery on radio? Like I, I just I wanted to, but I couldn't bring myself to. So that uh, that was an interesting story, especially if it really is all true. So how many, do you have any idea, like, how many girls he cheated on her with? No, no. But he, he told me he did cheat on her multiple times, and she found out about it. So let's say it was 10, right? Yeah. So, you know, what's that, 50000 per chick? It's kind of expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty expensive, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, that, I don't know when I heard that story. I couldn't believe it. Like, five, Five hundred thousand. I, I think. I think the way he told it to me first, he told me that she st- stole a lot of money from him. And then when I asked how much, he said five hundred thousand. I I wasn't picturing the number. I remember that the number was revealed to me after the story was told, and I was expecting to hear something like you know she stole thirty grand from him or something. I I wasn't expecting that there was five hundred thousand dollars involved. It's just insane to have it stolen from you. Yeah, and can you imagine how she felt like she? So she steals that. She had to be sure that he was going to go to the police after this. Like, like how do you do that? Like, how lucky are you when you do that and the police are just like never called? You just you just get away with it. He knows you did it, and the police are just never called. I don't know, man. Something sounds a little fishy about this. Yeah, I'm just saying who it came from, though. I'd be surprised. This is someone who have never, in all the time I've known, he's never just, like, told stories to me. There, there are certain people who always tell some amazing story that occurred to them, and it's, you know, one thing after another, and, you, you know, there, there's always some fantastic story they want to tell you about that they're involved in. If it came from one of those people, I'd say there's no chance. But this right. is someone who never does that. He never has told stories like this, never tried to get attention by telling people about things that happened. In fact... Uh, like, like even with his big run-ups and run-downs with, with his bankroll, which I know for a fact were happening from other people who knew him and, and watched it occur, like, he, he wouldn't he, – he was very quiet about that. Like, he didn't talk about that. He didn't uh, – really, things that happened to him, he, he was pretty quiet about. So, I, I guess I've just seen it so many times that whenever I hear stories about how poker players have lost their money – I'm just instantly skeptical. Yeah, well, I'll you know say with I mean? him, right? We'll, and, and 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 in fairness, I was with my uh, my friend as well, and I ended up being wrong. So, yeah, well, and knows? with this guy though, he's not he's not afraid to admit that he chunks off a lot of money. Like if you you ask him about it, he'll admit he's a degenerate and has chunked off a lot of money in the in the pits and stuff. Like he's he's told me that before too. So he doesn't do it like in a bragging way. Like oh, guess what I just lost today? Like you know, right. what are we talking about it? Like he'll, he, like one time it came out that he was playing some free roll. 
with a fairly large prize at a casino, a poker free roll. And uh, I said, oh, wow, how do you get in on that? And he said, no, you won't get was in on that. Was it the fraud alert free roll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was last week's, uh, <laughs> last week's $450 free roll. <laughs> but he... He was. He said uh, you wouldn't qualify. I go, what do you mean? He says this is for people who you know shoot it off in the pits all the time and you know invited. He goes, it's a very good tournament. You, I got gotcha. you. But I gotcha. you know, he made it very clear to me he shot off a lot in the pits and that's why he qualified and uh, and that that that's like mega fish in the tournament. But the structure is also horrible, so there's a lot of ways. Yeah, and to lose I anyway, I don't know about you, but I appreciate. Um, People that have flaws a whole lot more when they're honest about it. Yeah, and that's, that, and that's what I always seen with him. Like he doesn't flaunt them, but like if you ask him, he'll he'll just tell you what happened. So that's why I I just couldn't see it that he completely fabricate the story or like super exaggerate. Like if she stole thirty k from him, I I couldn't see him saying five hundred. I, right. I maybe I, as that maybe I could see him changing two hundred to five hundred to make it sound even more dramatic, but but. Uh, not not something like a massive change, like thirty to five hundred. Like I, I, I'd be very shocked if that were the case. So, very interesting story. If I said who it was, some of you would know who it was. Some of you weren't. Would not. He's not a household name, but he's someone who was somewhat known. So, hmm. that's uh, Brad Booth. No, it wasn't Brad Booth. It was a West Coast player. <laughs> it was a it was a West player. It was not an East player. So, it's not someone from Atlantic City. The I, thought, I thought Brad Booth came from fucking Alaska, didn't he? No, that's, you could say that's the West Coast, maybe. Hmm. All right, so uh, Doug Polk. Wait, you know what? Before Doug, get to Doug Polk, uh, I'm going to play the Eric Bensamokin ad. I don't care about the objections here. And uh, you guys, <laughs> you know what? It was fine. Not, ob- not objecting. Just but, you know. before he actually uh, before the sponsorship ended, I was actually just about to do a new commercial because I knew, I knew everyone was getting sick of the old one. And then and then it ended. I'm like, okay, well, I won't do a new commercial then. But uh, well, I think his business started tanking and lost his sponsorship. <laughs> this is the bad commercial, Jeff. I hate to break it to you. Cowat didn't want to say anything. Okay. Yeah, Judge Wapner's estate was contacting him. <laughs> okay, so so here's here's the commercial, and uh, and I really do encourage anybody who needs an attorney, something related to poker, to gambling, with with mediation, arbitration, or if a poker site or a casino has screwed you, and you live in California, especially, then get in contact with him. At Eric at eblawfirm. dot us, and here is the commercial that I know Trader Risky can't wait for. Okay, now most of you guys know that I'm very picky regarding which sponsors I take. If I don't believe in the product or service being offered, I don't take the ad, and that's why I lose money on the site every month, even though I'm a cheap Jew, and it kills me to send out that money every month knowing that it is not coming back in. But I'm really, really excited about this new Poker Fraud Alert sponsor because I feel he's providing a service to the poker community that they really, really need. Eric Bensamokin is an attorney and a longtime poker player who provides arbitration and mediation for poker and gambling-related disputes. Now, simply put, if someone owes you money or if they think you owe them money, he's a fully impartial third party you can trust to listen, understand, and decide who's right. The reason you can trust him is because Eric is a licensed attorney in the state of California and federally, and he's able to arbitrate and mediate for you no matter where you live. So you don't have to be in California. You can be anywhere, and he can arbitrate or mediate for you. What makes Eric perfect for this is the fact that he's an attorney bound by the rules and ethics of the state bar, and he's also a longtime poker player, so he understands the issues of our community. 
And at the same time, he's an outsider, and he, he's probably not likely to know anybody connected to your dispute. So you're not going to have to worry that he's friends with a guy that you're disputing with, or even friends of a friend. He's really an outsider to the community who plays poker for fun, but knows the community really well. It's perfect, and he's a licensed attorney. You can't do better than that. This means you will get a completely impartial decision from a qualified attorney who understands everything. And I'll be honest, if I had a poker-related money dispute with someone, Eric is the exact type of arbitrator or mediator that I would be looking for. Take down his email address, eric at eblawfirm.us. That's eric at eblawfirm.us. If you feel you're being scammed or if someone owes you money or if someone's accusing you of owing them money, just send Eric an email. It's not going to cost you anything. It's not going to hurt you. Just send him an email, and he'll tell you what he thinks of the whole situation, and then he can go from there. Eric can perform both arbitration, where he decides who's right, and mediation, where he helps both of you figure out your own agreement. Keep the email address around, even if you don't have a dispute at the moment, because you never know when one will come up, and Eric is exactly the man you need for the job. That's eric at eblawfirm.us. That's attorney Eric Benzamokin, eric at eblawfirm.us. All right. I think they couldn't even hear it. I think I didn't even put on the sound for them to hear. Guys, were you able to hear that or no? That was the most zen-like meditation I've had yeah, in quite some the, time. The tail end, it did come on by the... Really? It, it woke me up at the end. It, it came on at the end. so weird. I didn't do anything to put it on at the end. Very strange. Yep. Yeah, the wonders of Skype. I'll, I'll be honest here. As much as I appreciate what Eric has done and uh, all the free roll donations, there was uh, a reason beyond what I said. Why I played that ad. There was a second reason. Uh oh. You had to piss. Yes. Knew it. <laughs> hey, it works out. You know, I, I got something to play. Now, now I, I don't have to just hold it for another few hours. Okay. So here's the, uh, the Doug Polk Negranu thing. This just goes on and on and on. I mean, this just, this just never ends between the two of them. They, they, they're, uh, now, Druff, much as I enjoy a good bitch fight, I'm going to have to pass out. I, I could have predicted that. I, I had a feeling, as I was in the bathroom, I thought, I bet, when I, come back, I bet when I come back that uh, Cal Watt is going to go to sleep. I, I, yeah, I almost just, you know, exited stage left, but I figured I'd stick it out and let you know face-to-face like a man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cal Watt, I'll move into the second seat for uh as long as I can last. Okay. Do it. Don't drink the tea, man. Stay away from the tea. <laughs> I'm just about to take my first sip. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-oh. All right, Druff. I enjoy doing the rest of the show alone. All right. I'll, uh, yes. I'll see you guys next week. All right. Thank All you. All right, brother. Later. All right. So losing Cal Watt, but uh, Trader Ruski still here. And maybe uh, Brandon will show up at some point. You never know. All right. So Doug Polk. And Negranu don't like each other. We know about that. We've talked about it a lot. And there is even more of fighting back and forth, including others, this past week. So the two of them were both uh, nominated twice for the same two categories. In the for the Global Poker Index Awards, the GPI Awards, 
And this has, of course, uh, amplified the animosity the two of them have for one another. So someone who just, I think, just wanted to troll, a person who goes by Ethical Poker on Twitter, I don't know who that is, but uh, he tweeted, Real Kid Poker, meaning Daniel Negreanu, that's his name on Twitter, explained why higher rake is still better for games on his recent podcast. He should be banned from poker and Doug Polk should reign as the people's champion. <laughs> so, so obviously he wasn't being serious. I mean, yes, Negreanu made that stupid statement about the higher rake, but um, yeah, clearly Daniel Negreanu shouldn't be banned from poker. Uh, it, it, this guy, I don't believe he really even thinks that. He just wrote this to Piss, piss off Daniel Negreanu and his fans. Well, Andrew Neem, who's one of those uh, video bloggers, actually, I don't know if he took it seriously, but he wrote back, uh, can I get a timestamp and link to that? And then Negreanu responded to Andrew Neem. This is all on February 22nd. Negreanu wrote, I wrote this a full year ago and put a link to his full contact poker site, where, a blog where he talked about the rake. Anything here you disagree with, anything you find controversial. So he, I think he was trying to get Andrew Neem to back him. He was trying to have Andrew Neem say, yeah, this is fine. You know, Polk's being unreasonable. I think that's, that's probably what Negreanu was going for, even though this was started up by a troll. This was not started by Negreanu. Or this wasn't started by Polk, and it wasn't started by one of Polk's friends, to my knowledge. I think this ethical poker guy is just a troll. But, but nonetheless, this, this led to Neem asking about it, and then Negreanu responding to Neem because he wanted Neem on his side. So, as I said, he linked to his uh, Full Contact Poker blog, which was for, you know, about from a year ago. And this is part of you – know, this is kind of when this whole thing started. Now, the, the two of them already had animosity prior to this. But basically what Negreanu was saying in his blog – and I understood it. I, I don't agree with it so much. But he was basically saying in his blog that uh, if you have a situation where – the rake is higher, and the rake the high rake drives out the pros. Then the fish are actually going to last longer, even with the higher rake, than they would at a lower rake, which has more pros. Now, I agree with that. I agree that for fish, they will last longer if the rake is high enough to drive away pros. True. Because the, the biggest enemy of fish, as far as enemy meaning to their money, is pros, not rake. The biggest enemy for pros is rake. So that's what. Uh, and by the way, it says uh, full contact poker is uh, service temporarily un- temporarily unavailable. Looks like it's down. That's not blocked for me. I can't see why I'd be blocked. I'm gonna go to down for everyone or just me. dot com. That's a site you can use where it checks if uh, the site is down or if it's just on your side. Oh, by the way, Druff, you may want uh-huh. to tell Raymond Davis, you know how when you don't, you know how the send to do when you, you don't type the W's and just put in like realgrinders.com? Yeah. It doesn't come up and you have to have the W's? <laughs> really? That's that's, that's happening for his site anyway. You okay. can probably fix it in two seconds. Yeah. I just know it doesn't too. Yeah. Though the people don't really go to his realgrinders.com. That was the original business model, but then he moved it to like a Facebook thing and it does way better on Facebook. So that's a... Yeah. No, I just had trouble when I searched for Facebook, all this other crap was coming up. So I don't want to the site to then find the Facebook. So I bet other people do. Okay. That so too. It's, it's not down. I just was able to reach full contact poker. But 
See if I can click, click on that blog again because it didn't come up. I, I mean, I don't need to read it word for word. It's, it's over a year old, but that, that's basically what Negreanu was saying in that blog. But I, I know he was saying elsewhere. I don't know where, but it wasn't just that blog. If it was just that blog saying that for fish, uh, a, a, a game with a prohibitively high rake that drives away pros, it's better for the fish, that would not have been bad. Uh, however, I believe he then also went on to make an argument at a different point that it's also better for pros because if other pros are out of the game, then uh, you're better off with a higher rake because even though you're paying more rake, uh, uh, the game's also easier, so you're going to win more. So th- that's where I disagree. You can't s- – because if, if the rake is not too high to keep you in, to, you know, to keep you out, then it's not too high to keep other pros out. So that's, that's a stupid argument saying uh, – well, they're going to make the rake higher. Other pros will leave. So it'll be better games for you. No, because if there's if you think it's worthwhile to play, there are probably other pros who think it's worthwhile to play, and it's not going to have a significant impact on how good the game is. So I don't believe that. And the truth is, Negroni really has bent over backwards to support a lot of these stupid and player-unfriendly things that PokerStars has been doing since Amaya took over. And I don't think Negreanu believes he has been doing that, but uh, he has. And and the the biggest example I saw was not the thing about the more rake better. It was something that actually hasn't gotten as much play as it should. And that was when the whole Supernova Elite controversy happened. At first, I defended Daniel because he was trying to help. And I believe he was really trying to help. Daniel was coming out there and, and you know telling people he's going to discussed this with uh, with Poker Stars and with David Bezoff, who was then the CEO, before he got hit with uh, insider trading stuff that he was probably guilty of. And that uh, Negreanu was so outraged by the whole thing, he said that he may walk away from it. I think he even said he would walk away. Like, people were mad at him for not walking away when he said he would. But you know, the truth is this wasn't his responsibility to do. And I did see Negreanu really trying to advocate for the players there who were being screwed, the Supernova elites who were being screwed. But... So up to that point, I was on his side because it seemed like everyone had unrealistic expectations for him. They just thought that uh, because they were unhappy with PokerStars and because PokerStars was acting unethical as far as this was concerned, uh, Daniel Negreanu had to walk away from his million-dollar contract with them, which which is a joke. You can say that about someone else's money, but you can't say that about – they didn't do anything as bad as like what UB did or what Lock Poker did. There you walk away, but but not not something like this, which was kind of unethical business practices, but it wasn't like not paying the players or – uh, or looking at people's whole cards and cheating them. That's a different story. So I didn't think Negreanu should have quit over that, and I thought that he tried to help the players there, and I thought they were giving him too hard of a time. However, my opinion of Negreanu did degrade some, at least as far as that situation was concerned, when after PokerStars basically gave the middle finger to the Supernova elites and said, tough luck, we don't care, be unhappy all you want, we're not changing it, Negreanu wrote this blog, which was claiming that PokerStars was going to have like a million dollar free roll to make up for this, and that that pretty much should be fine, that's a good compromise. And I, I thought that's insane. Like, a, this is not a free roll open to the ones who were screwed, this is a free roll open to everyone on PokerStars. <laughs> so, I was like, how, how is that helping uh, high limit players in the site? It's not helping them at all. They're, they're probably not even going to play it. So for Negreanu to write that, and I, I couldn't think he was dumb enough to believe what he was writing. I thought, wow, he really has become a corporate shill for PokerStars. 
And for him to spin it that way, it's one thing for him to say, look, I'm not going to bash poker. He may say, I could see him saying, I'm not going to bash poker stars or him just not doing it, even if he thinks what they're doing is wrong because he's working for them. Fine. But when you come out and write stuff like, oh, you guys, you guys got screwed, but don't worry, they're having a million dollar free roll for the whole site that makes up for it. That just that just makes it look like that. You're saying whatever you can to make the corporation look better and you don't give a crap about anyone else. So that's where you just – it's one of those cases where saying nothing is better than saying something. So I understand the criticism of Negreanu. He definitely has sold out some and is bending and twisting to find ways to explain away PokerStars' questionable behavior at times. It's definitely not the same PokerStars that existed under the Scheinbergs, which is much more ethical. So – uh, getting back to this here with The recent thing with, with Polk And that troll who started up the whole thing He was trying to get Neem support And then Andrew Neem Kind of saw it the same way that I'm seeing it He he, he noticed that uh, you know He kind of understands the blog that Negreanu wrote But at the same time he understands the other side That uh, what Polk's been saying And that you know that one blog doesn't tell the whole story So Neem said there's a disconnect In the way this discussion is played out would be cool to get everyone to sit down on neutral ground sometime and chat about it face to face, face to face. So he's trying to kind of be the peacemaker there. Negreanu said back, "Thank you, sir. You too. I'm open to discussing any position I've taken openly. I don't think it's a disconnect, though. I think it's a calculated framing and attack on me, similar to how he has handled his entire business strategy. Attack me, get views." And the he he was talking about, of course, was Doug Polk. So there we go. Negreanu is now. Drawing blood against uh, Doug Polk here When you know, Basically a troll started up It wasn't, it wasn't. As far as I know this guy is not one of Polk's buddies uh, This ethical poker So Neem kind of tries to say Hey let's see if we can get you guys to stop fighting And maybe I'll sit down and talk together And we'll all Go at this from a neutral standpoint And he says yeah yeah, sure I'll do that Yeah sounds like a good idea Oh but uh, I don't think There's a misunderstanding I think he's just trying to Attack me to get views That's the whole business strategy Is to use me To attack me And get views to his channel So It started So Joe Ingram Joey Ingram Who was on the show recently Was once a softball thrower Was once someone Who didn't really like to Get involved in controversy And piss people off This year The, the new More aggressive Joey Ingram He's been going after America's card room hard For Botting and other things he sees there that he doesn't like And he's also been going after Negreanu hard Because he is friends with Doug Polk So he has been very much on Polk's side So he took up for Polk here by writing I love the new narrative you and the spin doctors have come out of the lab with, related to Doug Polk And then Negreanu wrote back Ironic dude, there's no spin here to the spin What does that mean there's no spin to the spin? It's just true you said, yourself, you said it yourself in a previous tweet. Create drama, attack people, collect views, print money. Simple formula. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science poppy. That's referring to Joey Ingram's nickname. And you know it's true. So Joey Ingram responded, I think you're missing a bunch of steps in the formula. And the ground said, maybe, but it would be dishonest to state those aspects aren't a central part of the formula. It's transparent and repetitive, not just with me, but the pattern has always been there and it continues. He's quite good at it, a real masturbator. Meaning he's a master at baiting people. He's a master baiter. 
So then Doug Polk finally appeared and posted that meme. I, I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's this meme of some video. I think it's a rap video. A bunch of black guys kind of like dancing and then one of them like puts his hands on his face and uh, like stretches his eyes where his eyes become white and then he kind of like falls down. So that that was what uh, – that was all that Polk originally tweeted in response, that little meme. And then uh, – so then someone took up in defense for Doug Polk that might be some other steps in there like winning the one drop, having the biggest score streamed on Twitch, having previously been the best heads-up cash player and not being scared to just come out and state his opinion. Those help views. And then uh, Joey Ingram said, those are still important steps in the formula for anyone out there taking notes, still missing out on a bunch. And then Negroni said, I'm sure there's lots of key steps. Anyone willing to deny that a big part of the puzzle is creating drama, attacking people, and using clickbait titles like Jason Mercier cheating allegations in the name of views and money? It's painfully transparent trolling. Uh, Is this the assertion, Joey, that Doug does all his videos for charity? That he doesn't directly profit from creating drama and, and collecting views? Come on, man. I know you like him, but it's obvious that his bread and butter is drama and attacks for cash. So he's even bringing out the Jason Mercier thing. That had to do with uh, with that whole, whole controversy between Jason Mercier and uh, uh, that Fernando guy who was friends with Jacqueline Moscow, that whole thing. So uh, I, I don't know why he's even bringing that into this. Because Jason Mercier has nothing to do with this battle between the two of them. So then uh, Joey – but Negron is basically saying he's victimized other people before too, including you know, like, like Jason Mercier he's bringing out. And he's trying to say that the, the little title on the YouTube video is a clickbait title where in reality it's, it's, it's not likely that, that Jason Mercier cheated. So Joey says, laughing my ass off, yes, that's the assertion. And Daniel says, it isn't turncoating your boy to admit that he's a prototypical troll. You know it's true. He's very good at it, as I said. Create the dramas, the feuds, get the views, get the cash money. Don't lie to your people, Poppy. You know it's absolutely true. So then finally, Polk decided to say something more seriously. He said, my strategy has made, le- made me significantly less money than had I been a sellout willing to say whatever it took to get a sponsorship. Also, 90% of my views in poker have come from putting out free educational content but apparently my entire strategy is called creating drama to get views. You know what creates drama? Your bullshit site removing my game type so I can't play anymore. He's talking to, about poker stars. Uh, or taking away millions of dollars from regulars or repeatedly increasing Raycon players while saying fuck the pros. But no, you want to focus on the 10% of my content where I call out scammers or stand up for what I believe in and want to say it's all for views and drama. Maybe you should focus more on the actual message for my channel, which is to pro- promote poker and stand up for players' rights. So then Seriously Serious got involved. Uh, he, he posted a graph showing that they weren't really making money from this. He said, don't try to deny how much cash money there is in these drama v- videos, Joey. He's saying that sarcastically to Joey. And Negreanu says, videos lead to sales of a training site. No, don't defend the indefensible. It is what it is. He is absolutely a troll and actively looking to create drama attacks views to turn that into cold hard cash. And then seriously, serious says, "What if you're right? I wish that conceding all those points would automatically invalidate the argument that you have lost touch with players and sided with the evil empire, but I don't think it does." So, 
let's look at this whole thing here. Uh, I already said that Daniels has definitely become somewhat of a sellout for poker stars, the stars group, whatever you want to call them, and that he he will twist and turn to justify Amaya's recent shitty actions just because he's on the lucrative payroll there. I, I I'll acknowledge that. But is Doug Polk trolling him? Even with this being true, is it possible that Doug Polk is trolling him? Well, the answer is somewhat yes. Doug Polk enjoys trolling Negreanu a lot. Some of it definitely is because the two have not liked each other for a long time. They have animosity going way back. So that's that's part of it, for sure. Uh, I think that... Um, some of it also might be because he's getting a good response from this. You know, you, Polk actually showed up, I think it was to the One Drop event that he won, wearing a shirt saying, More Rake Better. I mean, that's, that's taking it pretty far to actually have a T-shirt printed to troll Negranu at, at the One Drop event. So, Doug definitely is very much enjoying the trolling. It's not just for standing up about what's right because of... Negranu being a shill, I think it goes much further than that. I think it's, it's not just because he feels Negranu's shilling. I, I think it really is personally aimed at Negranu. Now, is it actually for money? Seriously Serious posted a, a response to me. Because I, I was posting that I thought they were both right. I thought that uh, Doug was right about that Negranu basically has become a shill and that Negranu was right that Polk was trolling him because it was creating more drama and getting more views and, and uh, making more money. Well, Seriously Serious responded by saying that's not true. He was saying that what Doug has been doing has actually alienated Doug to, uh, to some degree because Negreanu is very influential, has a lot of friends high up in poker, and that if uh, he tells everyone to stay away from Doug, a lot of them will. And that uh, really the money in what Doug was doing was just to keep his head down, be quiet, and put out educational poker videos, which everyone wants to watch because Doug Polk was known as such a good player. So that, that, that was where the real money was, where you could easily collect it without doing anything controversial. But by attacking one of the more popular figures in the game, that it was actually detrimental to Doug. And that he was doing this just because he felt it was right. That was what... Uh, Seriously, Sirius said that those weren't his exact words. That was uh, I'm paraphrasing what he said out there. And okay, I'll I'll give Seriously Sirius credit here that I I think it is possible that this wasn't to make money. At first, I thought it was and to get views, but upon thinking of it again, I said okay, I, I can understand where people on this site, people on Two Plus Two, they probably enjoy the drama videos about Negreanu much more than we enjoy the boring strategy videos, but. The average poker player, I think, would rather see the boring strategy videos, or at least those will get searched more, those will make more money, those will translate more directly into upswing poker sales. That's uh, Doug's training company. Yeah, I, I would think an educational poker video where someone likes the video and thinks they learned something will translate more directly into sales of training videos than drama about Daniel Negreanu. How does that really translate? It can translate, I guess, from views, but not as directly as, hey, here's a free educational video. If you like it, buy the full version. That's, that's the way that probably would translate more. So I can understand seriously serious point there. And you know, perhaps my initial belief about this turned out not to be true. 
And Seriously Serious went on to say that he would not be working for Doug Polk if he felt that uh, Polk was selling out in any way. I, and I don't think Polk was selling out in any way. I've never accused him of that. But that uh, that he's actually very happy to be working for Polk, who just uh, is willing to just say what he wants and not care about who he pisses off. And that uh, Seriously Serious saying that he worked for media companies before where he had to bite his tongue. And that it's kind of refreshing not to have to do that anymore. And but definitely he's claiming that this is hurting Polk. That Polk's basically hurting himself with his, these attacks on Negreanu. That it's not to make money. So I, if I had to guess at this point, I'd say seriously, serious is probably right. It probably isn't for money. I just think it's a personal thing where he dislikes Negreanu so much that he's willing to give up money <laughs> to uh, to continue these attacks. Give up money and, and status in poker and sponsorship possibilities and things like that. I, I do think that Polk probably did hurt himself with some of that stuff. It's, I'm sure Negreanu has enough influence to where uh, – Negreanu just detests Doug Polk at this point. He's not just like an annoyance anymore. He detests him now. If you, if you ask Negreanu who do you hate most in poker right now, I'm sure the answer is Doug Polk. I'm sure it's Doug Polk. So if Negreanu is talking to anyone you know, who, who – might be thinking of hiring Doug Polk as a sponsored player or whatever, uh, then I, I could see where Negron would say, no, that guy's a jerk, he's an asshole, he's a troll, he's been terrible to me, you, you don't want to hire him. And I, I bet Negron would try to talk people out of sponsoring him. So, yeah, I can see the point that this is not something that's going to be lucrative for him, even if he is getting a few extra views from people who like drama. That he probably would have just done better if he kept his head down and just did educational videos, or or ones that even opinionated videos, ones that are not attacking someone like Negreanu, who's who's popular and influential. But yeah, you know, like like he did a, a number of videos, rightfully attacking Alec Torelli for his angle shooting in that one cash game. Okay, uh, that type of thing I don't think hurt Polk at all because Alec Torelli is, is not that popular. He doesn't have much influence, so. Alex Torelli, now most people just know him as an angle shooter. So there he could do that type of attack without really hurting his own future with endorsements and other influential spots in poker. But uh, Negreanu, that's a tough person to attack unless you really don't care about what people think of you and what opportunities you'll have. So I, I have to give it to seriously Serious on that one. And uh, but but I do believe this is more than just oh I'm standing over for what's right I th- I think he really personally dislikes him now uh, Trader Ruski if you're still awake I'd like to hear your take on this I agree, I agree with you that it's it's not a good move of Doug Polk but you know look they both have points they don't get along but I agree with your assessment of uh, him being on Daniel's bad side is probably not great for him yeah. And that was my original assessment. Like, I, like I, I kind of knew that, but like, I thought he was gaining more from it, from the attention he was getting, than he was losing. But after reading what Sirius yeah, had to say, I thought, yeah, he's probably losing pretty much. <laughs> it's probably it's probably pretty significant here now because of he's pissed off Negreanu to such a high degree, and it's not going to be forgotten either. So, like this, this is going to be a, a long time till the fallout uh, goes away on this one. Yep, and the ground has been around a long, long time. Yes, you know, and he's paid. You know, he's paid his dues for a lot of the stuff he has. So yeah, right. I have no problem with the ground. Yeah, so so yeah, he definitely has. Uh, he definitely took a risk doing this as far as future opportunities. Now, Doug Polk, he's not hurting. This is someone who 
has a ton of money. I mean, he won the one drop last year. He's, he's a very successful heads-up player. Looks like the, the business is going well. Uh, he's doing well enough to pay Sirius a serious and nice salary. So this is not someone to feel sorry for. But, uh, yeah, when, whenever you just relentlessly attack someone who has a lot of influence and power in the industry to where you're probably the one he hates the most, uh, that's, that does probably interfere with some opportunities. Okay, so let's, let me go to the Global Poker Index, which is related, the GPI awards that took place. And this... Uh, the short answer is both of them got snubbed. <laughs> despite all of this, and despite all the sniping back and forth about who deserved these awards, um, neither of them got it. So there were 13 categories. I'll tell you who won each one. Uh, breakout player, Arthur Papazian. I don't even know. I, I didn't follow enough of these recent players to even know. I didn't know this Arthur Papazian, I'll be honest. A tournament performance. This is an interesting one. This is a single tournament performance. There were, actually, I guess Doug Polk had three nominations. So, so there was Scott Blomstein for the main event, Darren Elias for the WPT Falls View, Bryn Kenny for the Poker Stars Championship Marty Carlo Super High Roller, and Doug Polk for the One Drop High Roller. The winner was Scott Blomstein. I, I don't. I, I didn't watch any of these except for the main event, so I, I can't comment on it. But eh, he he did play well. He did uh, have a good read on the opponents, you know, their styles, when to make moves, when not to make moves. He also ran incredibly well and got some amazing uh, spots, like the one against uh, John Hesp with the top set against uh, top two pair. So you get those spots, that's going to help a lot too. But it, yeah, it's hard on the the main event when everybody's watching and for so much money to still play a good game. I, I have to give him credit. So I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. Moment of the year: uh, 70-year-old John Smith makes back-to-back World Series of Poker 10K heads-up finals. Uh, Emma Zajmovic becomes the first female player to win an open event World Poker Tour. Vanessa Self's full house loses to Gail Bauman's quads early in the World Series of Poker main event. Or Tom Dwan makes his return to America and stars on Poker After Dark. So the one that won was the Irma Zervik, how is her name, becomes the first female player to win the open event on the World Poker Tour. I, I, I don't think that's the moment of the year. You can say that was a good moment for, for women in general, or women in poker It was a good moment. I'll, I'll give that. I'll say it was an interesting thing. I'll say it was good for the game. But not, I wouldn't say it's a moment of the year because there wasn't a lot of excitement about that. So, uh, the, I really, honestly, the the moment of the year I probably would say was uh, of these four at least. I don't. There may have been other interesting moments, but of these four, I would say the Vanessa Self's full house losing to Gal Bellman's quads on uh, in the early main event that was televised. I thought that was uh, of those four the most interesting. Yeah, I mean, just because of the sheer number of people that were watching it and sweating it. Yeah, and, and it was two known, know? two known players too. Gail Bowman went like uh, I think she was out eleventh in, in one of the main events, and, uh, and and of course Vanessa Selps, being as well known as she is, uh, it's not even just two randoms. It was two, two well known pros. Now, yes, it's the TV table, so they're going to be a higher concentration of well known pros, but it, it happened to be those two and, and both women. So that was yeah. uh, 
That was uh, that was an interesting moment. I will say that. So, event of the year. I think it's a dumb category. Event of the year. What does that even mean? Uh, Super High Roller Bowl in Aria. The Party Poker Millions North America. The Poker Masters event number one. And the World Series of Poker main event. <laughs> the World Series of Poker main event is one of the... That's such a stupid category, event of the year. So the winner was the Party Poker Millions North America in Montreal. Who cares? Uh, Mid-Major Circuit, with the best one. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Run Good Poker Series. The WBT Deep Stacks or the World Series of Poker Circuit. I think it's another dumb uh, category, but the WPT Deep Stacks won. Journalist of the Year. Someone who used to post a lot on Poker Fraud Alert was nominated. Drew Amato, Lance Bradley, BJ Nemeth, Steve Ruddock, known as Steve-O on Poker Fraud Alert, and Jess Swellman. The winner was Lance Bradley. I don't have much of an opinion. I know these people have all been around for a while and uh, done a lot of reporting on poker. I have no issue with any of them. They all seem uh, pretty smart. So Lance Bradley won. Broadcaster of the Year. This one's kind of interesting, especially with who won. The four nominees were Nick Shulman, Joe Stapleton, Lon McCarron, or Ali Najad. The winner was Nick Shulman. Now, Nick Shulman, his commentary was loved at the World Series. People loved his commentary. He was very good at it. Um, very, very good at color commentary. Very good at uh, breaking down hands, what one person's thinking, what the other person's thinking. Uh, you really got more out of watching his commentary than you typically would watching a poker show. So I'll say that. He did a great job. And everyone loved it. But I don't know if that makes him broadcaster of the year because that's all he did to my knowledge. I, I don't think he was like broadcasting the whole year. He's a poker player. So even though he, he did very well-liked broadcasting for a short period of time, I don't know if that makes him broadcaster of the year. I don't, I don't know who would be, but I, I think that's kind of a, a strange selection. What, what uh, Trader Risky, how do you feel about that? Do you think he should be broadcaster of the year just because he broadcasted the World Series and people loved it? I don't know. Or you don't. It doesn't really matter. I yeah. <laughs> I, you know. I would. I didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, Lon McCarron would probably seem like an obvious choice to me. Yeah. But. That's also kind of a stupid uh, category, but uh, yep. I mean, he did a good job. I'll, I'll give him that. Like in the time he broadcasted, if he did that all year, I would say yes, he would be deserving. He, he should have won. But it just it, it's kind of like. Right, I mean, it was only on for like a couple of days, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So it's or, like, yeah, yeah, right. So it's like it'd be like voting the the MVP in baseball for someone who who comes up for a week and and hits uh, you know eight home runs that week. Well, okay, that's a, an amazing week hitting eight home runs in a week. But if you were only up for a week and then they sent you back down to the minors for whatever reason, or you got hurt or whatever happened, you weren't playing anymore, you're not going to be the MVP for playing for a week, it, no matter how well you did. So okay, media content. Uh, Adrian Moreno in tears after little one for one drop win days after losing his friend um, uh, dead money a super high roller bowl story and by the way this is the media content they're uh, they're giving 
So Drew, Drew Amato was the one who was nominated for this a photo of Adrian Moreno uh, in tears. Dead Money, a super high rollerball story, Poker Central documentary. Poker Brat, the Phil Helmuth story. This is by Phil Helmuth, of course. And then uh, Resilience Defined, Shetty Siddiqui raising his two boys for Kathy. Lance Bradley article for Poker Pocket Fives. This almost seems like uh, it's a duplicate of Journalist of the Year. Anyway, the winner was Dead Money, a super high roller bowl story. Don't care, don't really know. Here's one that still irritates me. Podcast. Poker Central podcast. Poker News podcast. Poker Life podcast. Or 2 Plus 2 podcast. Now, nothing against these four. Nothing against these four. But there's something missing here. The show that's missing here. I, you know, I, I can understand maybe not making the final four, but how did we not make even the nomination process prior to the final four? We didn't get there this year. We, we, we got there previously, in the previous year, and we didn't make the final four, but we didn't even get there. We didn't get to the nomination process this year, which is BS. I mean, I, I, if we had like you know, 10 listeners, I'd say, yeah, that's fine. This show is big enough and influential enough now to where it at least deserves a nomination into the podcast of the year. But yeah, I, number one, it has to do with who is making these lists and how familiar they are of this show. And second, we, we've made fun of the GPI so often, I really wouldn't be surprised if they purposely excluded us this year. Because we, we were there before. Anyway, of those four, the winner was Poker Central Podcast, which I'll be honest, I've never heard. The only two I've actually heard... Actually, you know what? I've actually heard – I've heard everything but the Poker Central content. Now that I'm looking, I've heard three of the four. I've heard Joey Ingram's. I've heard the Poker News podcast. I've heard the 2 Plus 2 podcast. I've probably heard the most of 2 Plus 2 of those three. In fact, I'm, I'm sure I have. But uh, I've heard those three. I, I've never heard the Poker Central podcast. Nothing against it. I just haven't heard it. Video Blogger. Now, this is where Negreanu and Polk are head-to-head. Joey Ingram. Daniel Negreanu, Andrew Neem, and Doug Polk. Well, they, they stayed out of the controversy here by not taking anyone involved in the recent fight. They took Andrew Neem. So the neutral guy trying to make everyone uh, make nice on even footing. He's the one who won. Negreanu did not win. Polk did not win. And Polk's buddy, Joe Ingram, did not win. Poker streamer. Jeff Gross, Bill Perkins, Jason Somerville, Jamie Staples, and Parker Talbot. The winner was Jamie Staples. I haven't been fo- following this poker streaming, but isn't Jason Somerville the most popular by far? Like, like I, I again, I don't follow this, so maybe I'm wrong, but I, I would expect that he would have won. I would have thought it would be him or Doug Polk. Yeah, Doug Polk's not even in there. I, I don't think he's playing poker online as stre- streaming anymore, so I think he doesn't qualify. Not that he will. Okay. Uh, industry person. Tony Burns, Sean McCormick, Adam Pliska, or Matt Savage. Matt Savage was the winner. Like, I guess that makes sense. Now, here's this one was probably the most controversial as far as the Twitter fighting. Poker's biggest influencer, Carrie Katz, you know, the owner of Poker Go, Daniel Negreanu, Doug Polk, or Matt Savage. So they're not going to give it to Matt Savage twice, so he's out. So it goes down to Carrie Katz, Negreanu, or Polk. And Negreanu put out some snide comment at some point about Polk. Like there's one person he doesn't understand why they're there. 
because he talked about he understands why Carrie Katz is there and why Matt Savage is there, and he thinks that uh, you know he understands why he's there. He's like you know, there's one other guy. I don't know why he should be there. Something like that. So again, neither Negreanu nor Polk won. They they gave the safe win to Carrie Katz. Now I do wonder if they were like seeing this controversy before the awards said, you know what, screw it, we're not going to give these guys, we're not going to give either of them the awards because we're afraid it's going to create like too much anger on, on either side. So we're just going to go for the safe choices and pick the non-controversial people. Like, there's nothing controversial about anything here. Like, every single person who won is not in controversy, not in drama. Like, there's really, like, no one who's angry about this. Uh, I, I think, actually, that, uh, you know, even though Carrie Katz... And his Poker Go, it's an interest, interesting product, and it's uh, there are some people who, who like it, and it's definitely captured some people's interest. I wouldn't say he's poker's biggest influencer. He just has started a poker media product, which which some people are enjoying. Uh, I would think an influence, and uh, Matt Savage, I, I wouldn't say so much easier. Uh, yes, he, he 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 sets tournament uh, structures, and and uh, I mean he's a tournament director, you know, like like. I wouldn't say it's an influencer. So if you're if you're going to talk about an influencer, which is already kind of a strange term, kind of like more of a term in a social media age, I, I really think it would apply either to Negreanu or Polk. And for the past year, I have to say Doug Polk should be the winner. And that is even evidenced by how many times on this show we've talked about him. And and when we talked about him, it hasn't been because he's been doing you know terrible things or scamming people. Like he he's not doing any of that. So. Uh, we, we're just talking about him because he does videos that are of interest, and I say, hey, you know, look what he's talking about now. So uh, I, I really think over the past year he he would be much more relevant as far as like an influencer in poker than Negreanu, who's kind of just like a, a a very famous person in poker who a lot of people know and like. And yeah, I know people. Watch Daniel's blogs. You don't really think of him as like a poker influencer. You you just think of him as like a very well known pro that also likes to put out blogs. So, who would you have chosen Trader Ruski out of those four? Who were the four again? Uh, Carrie Katz, Daniel Negreanu, Doug Polk, and Matt Savage. Oh God, uh, Negreanu. Oh really? Okay. I guess, uh, I, but I have no opinion. Maybe the Kerry <laughs> Katz guy because Poker Go seemed to do a pretty good job. But okay, I mean these are senseless. They, they are senseless. We can agree with that. They're, they're, they're definitely uh, senseless. They're, they're, it's, it's a stupid thing, and uh, it, it's just a small irritant when we get not even nominated. How dare they? they uh, well, that's totally you know makes it completely not legitimate. <laughs> yeah, you know they're not doing their homework. Yeah, well, they're not. I mean, this is this this show is it's not the highest rated or the the best known show, but it's also not a fail show that nobody listens to. It's 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 in the middle. You know, it's got, uh, and in fact, it's actually grown in its uh, reach and influence in in recent years, especially the last like two years. So, and and some of this, I, I've actually made some effort to do that of putting putting out uh, in social media. Aside from just my own Twitter and the Poker Fraudler Twitter, that that were out there, we're trying to get uh, exposure to people who might find the show and like it, and and also you know, getting involved in situations that involved uh, involve poker scams and just you know trying to, and I, I'm not just getting involved in them to get attention. I'm, I'm saying that uh, in the process of doing that, which I think is right in the first place, then we we also bring new people over here, 
And and in fact, I had some people thank me about Jow Poker, saying that there was very little talk about Jow Poker initially, and that us bringing attention to it, some people were saying that we, you know, I actually had messages from people saying I saved them money, that they were going to sign up there, and they're glad they didn't know. So I'm always happy to hear that. I'm always happy to hear that people did not sign up for a site that I said was shady, and then the site goes down, and they think, oh, I would have lost money if, if it wasn't for Poker Fraud Alert. I think, great, that's, when I hear that, it, it feels good that uh, we're running the show. So let's go to some uh, lighter stories. There's been a lot of talk on this show in recent times that lobster mac and cheese. There was the infamous lobster mac and cheese that One Step ordered that was $108 at a Poker Fraud Alert dinner over the summer that Brandon put together. And they posted the bill, and everyone laughed at the $108 mac and cheese, and there, were, there was some uh, controversy over who should pay for it, which I won't rehash. Anyway, if you want to get lobster mac and cheese at Bellagio, I think perhaps the price is going to be going up. I don't know if they have any lobster tails left. This is a, a, an insane story. An absolutely insane story. <laughs> There's been an arrest having to do with lobsters. Uh, where is this here? I had the story up. Where is it? I always lose a story at least... <sighs> I lost it. Okay, anyway, let me get the story here. I had it up and it disappeared. That's that's. Every show this happens. I think I know where it is, though. Okay, so this is from uh, Fox 5 Vegas. Alex Hernandez is going to shell out some bail money. Get it? Shell out? Have to do with lobster? Uh, after he was charged with stealing 25 lobster tails at work. Hernandez, who's 49, faces one count of embezzlement for stealing the lobsters, 25 lobsters, at $75 each. Mm. Pretty expensive lobsters, $75 each. And this, this is not the price that they're selling them for to, to, to customers. They're claiming the lobsters themselves are worth 75 each. But uh, that's what he's charged with. Bellagio security called Metro Police after Hernandez was seen putting the lobsters in his backpack and walking out the back door. He was arrested Monday and his bail was set at $5,000. A spokesman for MGM Resort said they are assisting the police in the investigation. Now, what did he want 25 lobster tails for? Why, why would he... What does he think he's going to do with them? Sell them on the lobster black market? Like, I, I can understand stealing one or two of them to eat at home, but... 25? Just having a party at home or something? I don't get it. He could be like Lenny and hang him in his jacket. <laughs> Remember from Good Times? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. And then, uh, how do you, even if he, he had a use for them, let's say he was going to have a big party, he was going to have a lobster party at home. He wanted to seem like a big baller, see if we're serving everybody lobster, okay? I'm not saying he was. I have no information on that, but let's say that's the reason he stole it. How does he think he can steal 25 of them? And have that not be noticed. I don't know how many lobsters they keep there. Wouldn't you think 25 disappearing would be pretty noticeable? 
Did he take them all at once in one shot? Yes. He he put twenty five wow. in his in his backpack and walked out the back door. So I mean, obviously they caught him. <laughs> I don't know if someone saw him doing it, but that would seem like something that they would notice missing. Where if you t- if you take a few of them, they're never going to know. Who knows? Maybe he's been stealing lobsters for a long time. They just finally caught him because he stole 25. Maybe he's been stealing like a few a day. and getting. Yeah, he, he definitely had to. I don't think he'd do 25 in the first shot. <laughs> Maybe he like he, he upped it. Maybe he stole one at first. Like, oh, I got with one. Let me try two. Oh, they don't notice two. Let me try three. Oh, good. Ah, five. Yes, got away with it. Okay. What if I do ten? You think I really steal ten? Oh, sweet. They didn't notice. Okay. 25 next time. 25. That's the big one. Ah, oh, shit, you caught me. Like, I wonder if that's what happened. Very... I, I would love to hear from this guy what he was going to do with those lobster tails. What would you ever need 25 lobster tails for as an individual? If he, if he had his own restaurant, sure. But he, he's a cook at the Bellagio. So if you're an individual who does not own your own restaurant... Uh, what would you need 25 lobster tails for? You, you can't just walk into a restaurant and say, hey, I have lobster tails for you. We'd like to buy them. Like they buy from suppliers. Now, maybe it's possible he had some friend that runs a restaurant and he was said, hey, I'll get some lobster tails for you. We don't have to really pay for them. Maybe something like that. Otherwise, I, I can't imagine what he'd want to do with them. So, Not much more to say about that. It's just so, so weird. One of the weirder stories there out of Las Vegas. Let's see here. Um, Dennis Hoff's Love Ranch, which is probably best known recently for where Lamar Odom was and almost died. It's uh, it's one of the legalized whorehouses in Las Vegas. Or not Las Vegas, in, uh, in Nevada. Let's get referred to as a cat house. Uh, prostitution is illegal in Clark County, which is the county Las Vegas is located in. There is a there's an incorrect belief that prostitution is legal in Las Vegas. There's a lot of hookers in Las Vegas for sure, and they don't clamp down on it all that hard. But nevertheless, it's not legal, and there are busts. Like they don't clamp down on it super hard, but at the same time. Uh, girls do get busted for prostitution in Vegas. But there are legalized brothels. See, it's prostitution is legalized in the state, but it's up to the individual counties and cities if they want to make it legal. So if the counties and cities have the final say. So all of Clark County, you can't do it. But uh, the, Love, the Love Ranch brothel in Nevada... I think it's, uh, let me see here. It's in, is it in Laughlin? Not Laughlin. It is in, uh, Pahrump, I mean. Is it, is it No, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's Carson City. It's not, it's, it's not, I thought it might be Pahrump, but it's, it's Carson City. There's a number of them in Pahrump, too. And also in, uh, there's some in Beatty, which is kind of north of Vegas. But, uh, this is in Carson City, so it's in the Reno area. For some reason, I've always pictured it was in like the Vegas area, but it's not. It's in the Reno area. So it's in Carson City, or at least near Carson City. And 
there, believe it or not, what, what do you think got this shut down? The, the government shut it down, okay? It, it, they can't operate right now. They've lost their license. They, they can get the license back, but at the moment they've lost their license. Now, what do you think it would be over? Do you have any guess? I, I'd say some type of health violation. Yes, you're very close. Uh, of, of all things, for them to be closing down a whorehouse, they're closing it down because the fire sprinklers are not up to code. <laughs> Who would have guessed? But that's what happened. They, they shut it down because uh, there's a dispute over the fire sprinklers there. And uh, as I said, it's best known for Lamar Odom spending some time there. He spent uh, $75,000 while there, both on uh, on women, but also on drugs and alcohol. And ended up in such a terrible state, he was near death at one point. I think uh, Khloe Kardashian even came over to uh, rescue him. He was in such terrible shape. There's 30 of these type of whorehouses in Nevada, legalized whorehouses. It's funny, this this article from the Toronto Sun is claiming it's about uh, 150 kilometers from Las Vegas. That's not true if it's in Carson. I'm, I'm going to figure out where this is. I thought it was kind of around there, too. I thought it was about 150 kilometers is like a little bit less than 100 miles. That's kind of what I pictured, but then I see Carson City. That's far away. That's almost 500 miles from Vegas. That's pretty far. I w- I'm going to figure this out conclusively. I saw Carson City, but now I'm not sure anymore. Now I'm not sure. I've got to figure out where this is. Yeah, see, I was right. This is – it's 80 miles north of Las Vegas in, in uh, Crystal, Nevada. I don't know why I said Carson City, when I, the thing I saw. I've got to be careful what I read on the internet. I think I clicked on a, on a, Yelp, a Yelp – oh, I see it was a different love ranch. Ah, that's what it is. The Love Ranch Cat House, that one is, is – it is a Pahrump. Yeah, I was right in the first place. It was Pahrump. Or technically it's in Crystal, but I guess it's a Pahrump area. That's what I thought. There's a lot of them in Pahrump. Uh, so anyway, getting back to this article here. Um, so this is owned by uh, Dennis Hoff, who's an outspoken owner of it. And he's very mad about the suspension. He said, uh, it's costing me a lot of money. I will defend myself. I have no problem suing the county for whatever they're doing to me. Now, again, this is not Clark County. Uh, and he claims that uh, he's losing tens of thousands of dollars a day because of this shutdown. He says politics is behind the situation, that this sprinkler thing is just an excuse, and uh, that, he, believe it or not, he's running as a Republican for the state assembly. He's actually running for office, and he thinks that this is a, a politically charged way to harm him. And he says he's actually paying the girls who are working there while it's shut down. He said, they closed me down even against the other two county commissioners' wishes and the sheriff. So he thinks the sheriff's on his side, too. That's what he claims. We're going to do everything we can to discredit this person. That's what they've done to me. I'm going to keep fighting for my work family. So if you, at the moment, you can't go to Pahrump 
to get pleasured at the Love Ranch. The way these things work, by the way, and, and no, I've never used the services of any of these, but the way they work is you, you go there and they actually have like a menu of services, almost like you're ordering at a restaurant. And, and you also, you pick the girl, they actually line up the girls for you when you pick them. You pick which one you want. And uh, and then you choose what you want, and then there's rates for each one. And then you, you go do it. And there's uh, protection requirements. You have to wear protection during it. They have to inspect your, your, your junk to make sure you don't have uh, sexually transmitted diseases that they can see. And there's all that stuff. Um, uh, personally, if, if I were to get a prostitute, I don't think I would do it this way, even if it was closer by. You know, forget having to drive... 80 or 90 miles to do it, which is already a pain in the ass, but even taking that away, even if you want to say one of these is near, you know, very close to Las Vegas, you could just go right in there. I would find the whole process of going, like, through a menu and having the girls line up and pick one and then walk off to the room and they inspect you. It just seems so businesslike. I just think we would take away any kind of excitement from the whole thing. I mean, the whole the whole prostitution thing is already like a business transaction that's aside from the diseases thing that's one of the reasons i've never done it just it just it doesn't seem exciting to me at all but even if you can get past that i think this is taking that to an extreme and i understand that's what they have to do in in a legalized environment but uh, to me this sort of thing has no appeal so anyway it's shut down i wonder how lamar odom feels about it Uh, JSTAT is saying that uh, Carson City has a couple of cat houses also. He also says the IRS-owned Mustang, uh, owned Mustang Ranch uh, outside of Reno from a foreclosure that the feds actually took over and couldn't make a profit. <laughs> he also said, pick the ugly ones they put out better. Yeah, it's funny. In this article for the Love Ranch, the girls who are pictured here uh, are all pretty. Like, there's not one ugly one of the bunch. There's some that look better than others, but there's not one ugly one here. They're all, like, above average looking. But uh, that's not what I've heard is the case. Uh, you know, first of all, all the girls in this picture look young. Like, they all look under 30, except one kind of questionable. But they, the rest of them definitely look under 30. But uh, I've heard these have a lot of older women working there, and not even like hot older women, but just like typical-looking older women working there. That's also kind of odd to me, too. If you're going to pay for sex, I would think you would pay to be with someone who you normally couldn't be with, or you'd have a hard time being with. But if you're just going to pay to be with like an average looking 45 year old woman like do you not have the ability to make that happen on your own that's that just doesn't seem like something that if you're going to pay for it if you're going to pay just purely for sex i'm not talking about personality or yeah, i'm not talking about you know who you choose to date i'm saying just just for sex just you're going to go there and pay for sex and they have sex with you and you leave wouldn't you go for one of the better looking ones? Not the 
average-looking middle-aged one. The average-looking middle-aged one makes more sense if you're middle-aged yourself and you want someone you can relate to better and you like her personality and you like the fact that she's close to your age and all that. That 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 I can understand. But for purely sex, I don't quite get that. If you're going to pay for it. should ask Raymond Davis when he was on here. <laughs> I, I know he's... Uh, Utilized the hookers before He's, He doesn't make a secret of that on his uh, Facebook A Bally's poker dealer Was caught Stealing $5 chips occasionally From pots So what he would do was uh, Just secretly brush a, five, a red $5 chip Out of the pot into his Tip jar I don't know if it's just for him or for all the dealers That'd be funny if he's stealing like for everybody together And he's getting like a few cents out of it <laughs> Which is really what he'd be getting But He, he would uh, Occasionally brush a $5 chip Over into the tip jar And somehow was getting away with it for a little time So that's already kind of weird as it is But The crazy thing here Is that After getting caught and fired from Bally's He went right over to Bellagio And got a job again as a poker dealer First of all, uh, how did he not lose his license for this once he was caught for this? You got you had to be licensed to be a poker dealer. You can't just walk in and say, hey, I want to deal poker. You, you have to get a license. So how did he get a license to deal poker and keep it when he had been caught for this at, at Bally's? This is a, a really peculiar story, and, and it, it only – came out once it was learned that he was working at uh, Bellagio and uh, some action was taken against him. So uh, he was fired from Bally's after it was found in June 2017 that he had been sliding chips into the gratuity box at the Bally's tables. He was never observed to have stolen more than $5 at a time, but he was sometimes just sliding a $5 chip into the box. So somehow after that, he got a job at Bellagio. And uh, I guess it took some time for the word to get out about this guy, about what he had done at Bally's. But once uh, it became more public knowledge, then uh, someone noticed he was working at Bellagio at the time and go, whoa, 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 what's going on here? How is he working at Bellagio? So they uh, they called him into a hearing at the Nevada Gaming Commission to take away his license. Interestingly, the Las Vegas Review Journal did not report in their story about this that he held his license. That uh, you know that they. Not only did he have it after the Bally's thing, but that even after he was caught working at the Bellagio, he still was holding his license, and that basically the hearing was being held to take it away. So he actually disputed that all of the claims of the times he slid chips that he did it. So I guess his argument was like, I did it sometimes, but uh, I didn't do it all the time. I think he admitted to like one or two of them, but said that uh, that that 
you know, the other times they're accusing him are false. So the Nevada Gaming Commission was not impressed by the claim. They said uh, uh, Commissioner John Moran Jr. told him, I think you cheated the game. I think you cheated your employer and consequently you cheated yourself because I think you're a very skilled and good employee except by the fact that you cheated. By the way, the, the people he cheated was the, with the players, not the, the employer or himself. He, he cheated the, the the players. I don't know why the guy said this. But he goes, I don't think this was your first rodeo. I think you've been doing this for a long time. I wish we had facts for that, but we don't. But I don't need anything else than your admission and what I saw on the affidavits. I'm going to believe what I saw. So I, I guess he admitted to at least one of them, and that was enough. <laughs> He's saying, oh, we don't need to prove you did it you know, 20 times or over a long period of time. You Even once, we can take away your license. So he had been suspended by Bellagio by this point when he, this, this hearing was held. And uh, as soon as he lost his license, then they fired him at the Bellagio. He actually can reapply for his license in a year. It's not even a, a permanent loss of license, though it, it probably is. They probably won't regrant it, but you never know. I don't know what kind of process they have for those who claim that they have reformed. So, honestly, if you're caught doing this, you should never have a license in this. It's not that he can never work again. I think he should just never ever be a poker dealer again or any kind of casino dealer. Once you're caught doing that, you should be barred for life. So I'm even surprised he has the ability to reapply. I would think that once they make the decision, it should be final. But it's possible it's just... Uh, Formality, and if he tries to reapply, he will get rejected. Now, this was a, a very small crime as far as the monetary value. He was stealing $5 chips here and there from pots. The big one occurred nine years ago in Bobby's room at Bellagio. And again, these the, the thefts by this guy I was talking about now, this guy stole from Bally's. He just moved over to Bellagio after getting caught. He was not caught doing it again at Bellagio. I wouldn't be surprised if he was, but uh, at Bellagio in 2009, there was a dealer who actually made a little device that he put inside of his shirt sleeve. And when he would shove pots, this allowed him to get $1,000 chips to kind of roll up into this device in his shirt sleeve. And then he would pocket them and cash them in later. So it's not known how long he was able to do this, but he he apparently got away with this for a while until they finally caught him. And every time he pushed the pot, he showed empty palms. This is what a lot of times dealers have to show the camera that their palms are empty. So they're not grabbing chips. So that's why he did this where he's pushing the pot and it kind of the, the chips kind of slides up his sleeve. I had always wondered, I don't know, Trader Risky, if you've wondered this too, if you're still awake, why are they allowed to have long sleeves at all in casinos? Have you wondered that, the dealers? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if they want them in short sleeves. But I, I know one, one time I saw a guy get arrested at Hollywood Park I mean, this was mid-90s probably, but what he was doing, because they used to carry their trays around. Do they still do that? Um, they do that at uh, at Bellagio, I, but uh, I don't know 
It, uh, yes, I think they stopped at a lot of places because this guy was smooth. He would just the pot, if it was a big pot, he'd drop a couple of chips into his, into his. You know, they basically put all their most of their chips. A lot of the tips end up in the in the tray. He put a couple in the tray, pushed the pot. He did it for a while, and they came and arrested him right at the table. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I know. Like at commerce, they don't do it. Yeah, but it does seem like the uniform. I mean, I don't know if they'd have people with short sleeve shirts, but they do seem like they have a pretty tight. You know, it's not really like a loose kind of. I don't know. I, I just I sleeve. noticed in the '90s when I first was playing blackjack. That was the first thing I played, really, aside from some video poker. But I played some blackjack in the '90s when I was in my early 20s, and I remember I'd see the palms thing they would do, especially when they'd be leaving the table. They would put their palms up to show that. Uh, the camera, they didn't, they weren't pocketing chips on the way out. But I remember seeing that and going, well, okay, they're showing their palms, but they've got these long sleeves. They could have stuffed things in there. I go, well, if they had short sleeves, it would be impossible. If they, Between the palms thing and the short sleeves, it would be, I know it's not as professional uh, looking to have them with short sleeves there, but you know, I, I just always thought the long sleeves were funny. It seemed like a way that chips can be stolen, and apparently that uh, it was done. It was actually successfully done at the at a very high stakes game, a nosebleed game in Bobby's room in the Bellagio in 2009. And the guy, it's, it's assumed that he stole many thousands of dollars, even though they only caught him one time. So especially they, 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 well, they actually found a number of times, but uh, they didn't have security footage going far enough back. They thought that uh, over the time he was dealing, he probably stole many thousands of dollars from those pots. That I, I'm surprised that they can even reapply. To be honest, but I, I wonder—I'd love to know if you know anyone's ever gotten a license back after something like this. Is there any chance, or they just say you can reapply, but we're never going to accept you? So here's something that you know—I was talking earlier in the show about how I, I just never seem to run well enough to where if I bet on something accidentally or accidentally bet too much on something that I win. Like I'm never the guy who would just say, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to fire. Uh, like, let's say I just picked a game and said, I'm going to fire 50,000 on it. Let's even say it's a, it's a game. I really felt strongly was going to win. Okay. Let's say it's an NBA pick. I really, really liked. So I'm going to fire 50,000. on it. I'm telling you, I'm going to lose that every time. <laughs> because I, if I bet something like, if I bet something like huge, I, I, I haven't done it. I'm just saying I know if I did it, I would lose. It, it just seems to happen to me. It just seems like I don't get lucky in those spots. I don't say I never get lucky. I'm not going to be that guy saying that. Um, I'll say last night I got lucky with something. that uh, In an NBA game, I had two picks at the same time on the game. One was on the under, one was on the side. I had the Miami money line, and I had the, I had the under of 205. With the game 102-101, Miami in the lead, Philadelphia had a player shoot a three-pointer wide open in the final second. Had that three-pointer landed, Philadelphia would have won, killing my money line bet, and the total would have been 206, beating my under of 205. 
Instead, it bricked, and I won both. So that one shot determined whether I won both or lost both. Only time I've ever had that this season in the NBA. So yeah, I got lucky there. Now, yes, a, even a wide-open three-pointer is going to miss more times than it hits. But uh, still, I, obviously I wasn't very happy to see a wide-open three-pointer being taken at that point. So, yeah, that was, that was fortunate that that fell my way. But uh, I just feel like in the very big spots that it just never seems to fall for me. Just same with like if I, if I play higher than usual in poker, whatever I'm currently playing at the moment, if I say I'm going to step up today only, I always lose. And it's not about the players being better. Like I could step up into a great game and I'm still going to lose. Um, that it's just always the way it seems to have gone. So I just I just try to kind of stick to whatever I'm currently doing, and don't take those type of shots because then it's really irritating because then you have to work so hard to make back all the money you lost and that one shot you took. So you know, like it would be hard to live with that happening, even if it's money I could afford. Just like. I just don't like doing disproportionately high bets for that reason compared to what I'm used to doing. So that's why I was surprised today when I made that Houston bet accidentally that it won. Anyway, uh, here's someone who wasn't afraid to do this. A poker player won $60,000 in a tournament. And he decided to take a chance. He decided that he is going to bet all $60,000 he just won on a single roulette spin. This is a player named Jake Cody. This is at the 2200 British Pound High Roller at the Party Poker UK Poker Championships. The prize was 42,670 pounds worth about 60,000 US dollars. So he decided to bet it all on black. And not only that, someone took a YouTube video of what happened when he bet all 60000 So he, if he loses, then his, it, it's like he didn't cash in the tournament. If he wins, he doubles up. If I bet that, I'm losing that every time. But here, here's what happened when Jake Cody did it. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. 42 grand on the fucking stuff. Done it in. There we go. It's not the money. I think it's not the money. 42 grand. It's done it. Okay, so it's... Let's go! The cheering, he didn't win here. The cheering was just as the spin started. So everyone's cheering, seeing the ball spin around the roulette wheel. Obviously, the crowd is cheering for him. They want it to land on black. It's slowing down. It's bumping, bouncing around. As you might guess, he won. So he was jumping up and down. The whole crowd was into it. So yeah, one roulette spin, and unlike a lot of other degenerates, he just scooped it up and walked away. Didn't try to do it again. So this has been posted on social media, and uh, one of the rare success stories of someone being a degenerate. 
And then just, just walking away. And he, he tweeted simply after this, feeling damn good today. He tweeted that actually, I think, the next day. On uh, February 26th. So. Jake Cody made a risky decision there. I don't know what his bankroll's like, but he made a risky decision with that 60000 And he won. It's close to 50-50, but the odds were against him because of the house edge. I don't know if it was a single zero roulette or double zero roulette, but the way roulette works is there's 36 numbers on the roulette wheel. Half are red, half are black. But there's also either one or two greens on the wheel, which are zero and double zero. And if you bet on red and black and it lands on green, you lose. And, of course, it lands on the other color, you lose. If you bet on black and it lands on red, you lose. So it's because of those greens where the house edge comes from. And, of course, the house edge is double. If there's two zeros, a zero and a double zero, then one zero. So I don't know what there was on this wheel. The Venetian actually introduced a triple zero roulette, which is offensive. So that's where the house edge comes from. If there were no greens, then the it would be a zero expectation game. Uh, since there are greens, it's it's easy to calculate the house edge on this one. So what you do to calculate the house edge is if for one green, that means that there's one spot out of 37 where the house will win on average. The other two are spots where the players win. So, so if you think about it, if half, half the money's on red, half the money's on black, let's say there's multiple players, and it breaks out that way. Then on red and black, every time the house will not make money. Every time if it hits red, if it's black, on, the, on those particular bets, there's a lot of roulette bets you can do, but on those particular bets, the house will break even. But if it hits green, then everybody loses. So on, on the red and black bet. So that's where the house edge is. The way to do it is just to figure out the house edge on the, on the red and black, you just do one... If there's one spot, you do one divided the total number of spots. So there's 37 spots, you know, 36 numbers plus the zero. So it's one divided by 37. The house edge is 2.7. And if there are two, then it's two out of 38, which is 5.26. If it's three, then it's uh, three out of 39, which is 7.69 percent, that is. So you see how much the house edge is higher with every added zero on there. But the average gambler doesn't think about this. The average gambler thinks, ah, you know, yeah, I know the zero beats me. I understand that's a house edge, but uh, that's, that's one spot out of 37. How often is it going to hit that? I mean, it's pretty much even 50-50, but at 2.7% is significant if you, especially if you spend it a lot of times. So, he had only about a 47 point something percent chance to win that. But fortunately for Jake Cody, he won. A player who definitely did not win recently was Micah Raskin. Micah Raskin, and I've I've heard that uh, I haven't played with him, but people have said he plays somewhat like a fish, and they kind of wondered where he got his money. That, that's kind of the rumor I was hearing, but I, that's just what I was hearing from people. I'm not saying it's true. Very well might be, though. But what is true is that he was getting his money from another source besides poker. 49-year-old Micah Raskin was caught with 360 pounds of marijuana. Huh. 
This was in New York. Uh, the police announced the arrest uh, earlier this month. He's been charged with possession of marijuana and uh, a number of other crimes. He was also found with drug paraphernalia and a loaded shotgun. Probably to defend himself in case someone wants to steal his $360 worth of pot. The marijuana seizure is considered to be one of the largest seizures in Nassau County history. The district attorney of Nassau County, Madeline Singus, said, With this seizure of more than 350 pounds of marijuana and huge quantities of hash oils, hash oils, this alleged dealer's time living the high life selling drugs is over. Nassau County Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder called Raskin a dangerous individual. Uh, now, they're, they're saying that kind of as hyperbole. He, there's no known violence that he has committed. Uh, he just seems to be a, a drug dealer. But uh, they're saying he's dangerous because he was placing the local residents at risk. Uh, it is believed that he was actually supplying a lot of the marijuana to the Baltimore area. I'm not sure what percentage of that market he had, but he was uh, the big supplier to Baltimore. Uh, $1,400 per pound was the amount he was selling it for, and they found actually rate sheets with him when they searched him. So this bust was worth more than $500,000 on the black market, all the marijuana they seized. Uh, They also seized that shotgun, the hash oil, a taser. uh, He actually had paperwork documenting the payments that he had received for uh, for this marijuana. They also seized a high-end SUV, which was a uh, 2016 Chevrolet Corvette. Oh, sorry, two two different things. Be careful how I read it. It sounds like an idiot. A high-end SUV and a 2016 Chevrolet Corvette. I like. I read it. And I go. Wait a minute. Corvette's not an SUV. So I got a Corvette, a high-end SUV, $140,000 cash, and even expensive artwork that was worth more than $100,000. So boy, he really was uh, living a life of luxury. He does actually have more than uh, two million dollars in caches in poker tournaments, but that's not. Super difficult to rack up if you're going to play high roller events. So let's let's take a look at his Hendon mob. That's where we'll get a better idea for this. So Micah Raskin's Hendon mob says that um, well, you know, maybe you know, I don't know if he really was a fish because he's I don't see like super high rollers. He, okay, he did enter a 25k event in 2013, and well, actually a few of them. But he's also entering a lot of uh, 3,500, 1,650, 2,000, 565. That's a, that's a Colossus. I'll put that aside. But but he like, he entered the Colossus at uh, or the Goliath event. He entered the Goliath at the was that a World Series? No, that wasn't the Goliath. I think that's at uh, is that the Venetian? Yeah, Planet Hollywood. That's it. Okay. So is that so he's like he's entering. Some events that aren't that big, as far as the buy-in, the 560 deep stack kickoff at the Borgata in 2017. Now he hasn't cashed anything big recently, 
his big scores were in 2013, in 2012, uh, 2010. Uh, at Borgata, he hit a 320K score in 2009. And um, so I see, this is just over more than 10 years of playing regular tournaments. So he probably was a losing tournament player because he, he entered a lot of events, some of which were high rollers, some of which weren't. Just looking at his results here, and of course I'm only seeing where he cashed. But this is over a period dating back to 2007, and as late as as early as December 2007, he was entering 15k events, and ICBZ cashed in one. So there's there's no way he was like a major fish, or he couldn't have cashed this much. But it's possible; it's very possible he was a losing player, because this. This is someone who's entering a lot of events over a period of 11 years, and it's very easy to spend more than $2 million. He, he's uh, cashed $1.947 million, dating back to 2007, entering events ranging from $500 up to $25K. But again, he also hasn't cashed anything big in quite some time. The... Last time he cashed over 20K was in October 2013. And he's only had one over 10K cash since then, which was in 2014. The rest have all been four figures or three figures. So we know where his money's been coming from. He does have a cash as recently as January 28th. So he had just cashed in 134th place at the WPT Borgata the main event. And then, I don't know, a week or two later, he got nailed for the drug dealing. But that's clearly how he was supporting himself. I played a number of guys at Commerce in the higher limit limit hold'em games that I'm sure were drug dealers. There's just certain guys there that I'd be surprised if they weren't. But that is how Micah Raskin has been affording his buy-ins. Seven seven five fraud fifty five, seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. Cal Watts idea to get me fifty dicks sent to me if it just failed miserably. I only got five. I got I got a lot more than five that were sent as like simulations of dicks, including one from Trader Ruski. But uh, Trader Ruski, you still here? Uh oh. I think we may have lost him. I think we may have lost him. Up, up. Oh, I'm here. Oh, I good. just didn't get it off mute. Yeah. Okay. I can never count you out, no matter how long it takes. So, um, yeah, I know you sent me that that weird picture, and uh, people. I, I think some of them just didn't want to search for dicks. I think some of them just didn't have the heart to send it to me. Uh, I really thought I was going to get them. I really thought I was going to get 50. By the way, for those of you listening to the archives, and I know most of you, do, do not send them to me after the show's not live anymore because at that point, the time's up. So you're not gaining anything from this. There's not going to be the $100. I don't care how many I get from the archive listeners because I know that's most of you, but that was not the terms. The terms was that it had to be during the show. This was not my idea, trust me. I think I'm going to go delete most of these, even bad guys. When you may have to put a disclaimer when you put it up on the uh, podcast. 
you know, not to send any dick pics. This is only a recording. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll get some anyway. Especially people who are listening at the beginning of the show who don't get up to here and say, don't do it. Uh, you know, bad guy, I still don't believe that was a limp picture. But he was claiming on a previous radio show that he can't really get it up anymore because of uh, various factors, I think from too much drinking. or he, he claimed you know, he did it to himself where he just can't get it up anymore. And, but I have to say, I don't believe it. I, I think he may have trouble keeping it up or, or uh, you know, he may have to use his hand to hold it up a little bit more. But if, you, if you're completely limp, you can try to hold it up. You're not going to – it's not going to do very much. You know, you, you, I think he's kind of in the in between. If I had to guess, I don't want to analyze bad guy's penis too much, but that's that's from what I can see of that picture. That's what it appears. And by the, I, I believe it's his, but there's no proof it's his. It could even be a, a, a different penis that he found elsewhere. But knowing bad guy, it probably is his. Okay, so I, I never thought bad guy was going to send me his penis. I never thought I'd ever say that happened, but sadly, I can say that now. But, you know, I've already seen poker players' penises. I've seen uh, Gavin Griffin. I've seen David Williams. Uh, what's another one? Oh, James, Joe Seabach, of course. I can't forget that one. Who can forget Joe Seabach's penis? I, I talked to the FBI about Joe Seabach's penis. I really did. The FBI told me that uh, we were welcome to continue uh, hosting Joe Seabach's penis on Donk Down, even though Joe Seabach didn't want it there. Though, you know, Joe never asked us specifically to take it down. At least he never asked me. I don't think he asked Mike on either. But at the time it appeared that this was some sort of protest against his shilling for UB after the cheating had been done. He was like helping cover for them and drive people to what was called the new UB. At the time I had much less sympathy. Later it, it, it came clear that this was someone who uh, was just straight up extorting money from him just because they could. The reason I thought it had to do with UB is that the person who was trying to extort the money, their email address was ubpoerisascam at gmail.com. They, they meant to type poker, but they typed poer. ubpoerisascam at gmail.com. So I was like, okay, well, that's what this is about. And I can, I can understand how people are pissed that they got their money stolen and uh, Joe Seabach is enabling them to continue running. But uh, it wasn't about that. Just the guy. It was two guys who just wanted to straight up extort money. So, Horseshoe, Southern Indiana, uh, the movie A River Runs Through It, I think is going to have a sequel there. Because A River really is running through it. They have closed Horseshoe, Southern Indiana because the Ohio River has risen so high that uh, it is has now run on, onto the property of Horseshoe Southern Indiana. And uh, there's a picture of this. If you go to VegasCasinoTalk.com, which is my other site, and go to Eastern U.S. Casinos, that portion of the forum, you will see the thread about it where you can see a picture of Horseshoe Southern Indiana with the parking lot flooded. It's not clear from the picture whether water is in the hotel itself, but this is this is not like rainwater. This is actually from the Ohio River where the levels have risen. And they have closed it until further notice. And apparently this is not the first time this has happened. 
That's, I think they didn't pick the best spot. They may be required to have that spot. No, I see it's it's going to remain closed. I see that uh, I'm looking at uh, an article here. But uh, So Horseshoe Southern Indiana, it's a Caesars property. They own the Horseshoe brand now. And it's not too far from Louisville. And Louisville is in Kentucky, so you may say, well, what's this about southern Indiana? But it's it's on the border. So it's it's on the border. It's in Indiana, but it's right across the river is Kentucky. And all you have to do from, from Louisville is cross the river at some point and probably on Route 64 and go south on 111, and there you are at the Horseshoe Southern Indiana. So it's servicing the Louisville market. And... Uh, Let's take a look at the most recent article about this. This is from uh, GamingSlotsToday.com, or GamingToday.com. Uh, due to rising Ohio River conditions, Horseshoe Southern Indiana and Belterra Park, home of a casino and racetrack in Cincinnati. Oh, I guess they, they Cincinnati, uh, one of them closed too. Uh, both remain closed on Wednesday. So Belterra also closed, Belterra Park. I haven't heard of that before, but it's in Cincinnati. Uh, Horseshoe Southern Indiana Casino is losing about $731,000 per day, resulting in Indiana losing an average of $255,000 per day in tax collections. Wow. That's a lot of tax collections. I had no idea. So, so they're collecting more than a third of the revenue? Brutal. That's crazy. <laughs> So they're, they're horseshoe India. That's pretty good business. They're doing at a small casino like that. This is not like a Vegas casino. This is a horseshoe Southern Indiana. But they're still ma- they were making an average of seven thirty one k per day, and, uh, and Indiana was then grabbing two fifty five k of that wow. per day. Horseshoe officials say that all schedules, promotions, events, and entertainment have been canceled until further notice. It will reopen once water levels have receded to a safe level. Uh, now, if you want updates on this, let's say you want to go to Horseshoe Southern Indiana and you don't know how to find out if uh, it's going to be open. You can either go to Facebook and check out their Facebook page or go to their Twitter page or call the following phone number, which we're going to call right now. 866-605-9088. 866-605-9088. That is the update number. For the horseshoe. Let's see what they have to say. Due to rising Ohio River conditions, Horseshoe Southern Indiana, including hotel, is temporarily closed effective immediately. At this time, all scheduled promotions, events, and entertainment at Horseshoe Southern Indiana have been canceled until further notice. For the well-being of our team members and guests, Horseshoe Southern Indiana will reopen once water levels have receded to a safe level. Our dedicated marine operations staff are closely monitoring the river forecast, and a future announcement regarding reopening will be sent as soon as possible. For continuous updates, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter or call 866-605-9088. Thank you for your support in this matter. Okay, I got a question. If we're calling that number, why are they giving the number up? Why are they telling us to call them? At the number we're calling. That'd be like me telling a caller to this show 
So if you want to call me, 775-372-8355, they'll say, yeah, we just called that number. If you want to call me, that's the number. Yeah, we know. We just called it. So I think there's someone just reading a press release and forgot how stupid that sounded. So the Ohio River is slowly going back inside of its banks. On Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, February 25th, that was when it peaked. That was when the worst point occurred. The National Weather Service said the river crested at 55.77, which is, I don't know what that measurement is, but it's nearly six feet above its flood stage. It is expected to recede this week, but at least through uh, tomorrow, it's supposed to remain above flood stage. So maybe they'll be open soon, but at the moment, it's not all that close. So that is the story. That isn't a very good update. That's pretty much exactly what I heard when I called, like, five days ago. When, when did I first hear about this? Let me look at my own thread. I created this thread on February 24th. So, yeah, it, it was five days ago now. Or four days ago. I mean, it's the, Fe- the end of February 24th. Today It's, it's now March 1st. This, this radio show actually was in both February and March. The one you're listening to was actually a February and March show. We started February 28th, and now it's March 1st. So it's been four days, and when I called that number, it had the exact same message up. So why not put an update? Why not just, like, like the stuff I just told you now is much more useful than that number. They should have me updating it. They should have me say, thank you for calling Horseshoe Southern Indiana. Due to our stupid placement of our casino right on the river, we are flooded once again and our casino is closed. Rather than me reading a prepared statement that will give you no useful information, I will give you information about the river flooding. The Ohio River reached its peak of flooding on Sunday, February 25th. However, since then, the river has been receding somewhat and we are expecting the flooding levels to be within a safe level as of March 1st. However, that is still tentative, and there will be some time after March 1st until we can feel it is safe to reopen. And please keep checking back at this number, and we will give you more updates as they occur. Like, that would be a good update. But instead we get this woman who's who's reading... Basically, exactly what this article says at the beginning of the article. Of uh, all scheduled promotions, events, and entertainment has been canceled until further notice to protect guests and employees. Host Horseshoe Southern Indiana will reopen once water levels have receded to a safe level. Updates are available on Facebook and Twitter or call 866-605-9088 even though you just called this number. I'm just reading what's put in front of me. Thank you very much. Goodbye. So, we lost Trader Ruski, by the way. I appreciate his contributions, but we lost him. He's gone. He has fallen into the Ohio River. I don't know Indiana law very well, or at all, but usually these casinos are on a river for a reason. It's not because they want to be or they enjoy getting flooded. The truth is that they're usually on a river because that is the law. 
And you may think, well, why is that the law? Why why do these casinos have to be right on the river? Isn't that stupid? Isn't this just asking for trouble? Isn't this dangerous? Well, this is how stupid laws can be and why the phrase, give them an inch and they'll take a mile, definitely applies here. So, gambling is legal in Nevada. Gambling has been legal in Atlantic City for some time. But what about everywhere else? It wasn't legal, but some questions started to come up. Questions such as, well, what if we were to have a boat and take the boat far offshore, a few miles offshore? Shouldn't it be legal to gamble on the boat since we're no longer on land, since we're no longer uh, even necessarily in the United States? We could be considered like we're in international waters. So it became legal to gamble on boats. If the boat gets far enough away from shore, gambling's legal. That's why when cruise ships get far away from shore, they can have gambling on the cruise ship in the casinos. That's how they do it. That's why when you stop at a port, you can't gamble because they're not licensed to have gambling anywhere they stop. Even if it's a place that allows gambling, they're not a, a licensed gambling operator in those localities. So they can only operate their casino when you're out on the ocean. So that's the ocean. But then what about the river? What about rivers? What about uh, gambling on boats on the river? Riverboat gambling. And that became a thing also. So riverboat gambling was allowed. The thought was that you're not really in anyone's neighborhood. The gambling is confined to a boat. And kids can't walk in. And you're not going to have people you know, walking out of there and, and ruining a neighborhood or a bad element hanging around it. It's a boat doesn't blight any communities. It's a boat. So certain states started to allow gambling on riverboats. Well, then the question was asked, if gambling is legal on the river, is it really necessary that the boat moves? Why must the, why must the boat move down the river? Can't it just be on the river? Does it really matter where the boat is going? And most states concluded, yeah, that's a good point. Why should we po force the boat to pointlessly move around? If the boat is on the river, then it has fulfilled the requirement. So casinos, or so then river boats would park on the river and people could gamble there. Then it was asked, why must it actually be a boat? The current boats that are offering riverboat gambling, many of them don't actually go anywhere, in fact, just are sitting on the shore the entire time. So, if all they're doing is sitting on the shore the entire time, isn't that the same as a building on the shore? So why not allow buildings that are right on the shore of the river to also offer gambling? So, that was allowed also in many places. So that is why you will find a lot of casinos along rivers. Isn't that weird? It even went one step farther than that, too. Um, 
there also came the question, well, if you're going to allow buildings to set up shop on the river, and these are not actually boats, then why not allow buildings that are close to the river also offer gambling? Why, why does it matter that the building is actually right on the river if they're all on land? Why does it matter that one's on the river and one is 150 feet down from the river? Does that really matter? Or what if, what if it's a mile down from the river? Why should that mile matter? So some states can actually have gambling as long as it's a certain distance from the river. So you see how this happens. You see how this happens. And in fact, I'm going to bridge this discussion to something, a a very contemporary controversy that you're seeing all over the news. That is, since the Florida shooting, the school shooting in Parkland, Florida, there's been a lot of debate about guns and gun control. And some have said, why is the NRA, National Rifle Association, why are they so opposed to some sensible modifications to gun laws that would not outlaw guns in any way, shape, or form, but would at least ban assault rifles or prevent mentally ill people from getting guns or other small changes that would not affect most Americans? Why not at least give in to those? Why not at least try to make the situation a little bit better? Why not compromise a little bit? How come every time any kind of reform is suggested for gun ownership that the NRI freaks out and says, no, no, no reform. It's staying as is, and we're going to fight you tooth and nail. Why is the NRI so stubborn, it is asked? That's a good question. But it is easy, if you think about it, to understand why. And that is the whole concept of a gradual change, like I just described with the casinos and the river. What if instead of this whole process with the riverboat gambling, which became more and more like casino gambling, what if it just started with, hey, we'd like to have a casino sitting on the river, sitting on land on the river. It would have been rejected. It had to go through this process where it went from uh, no gambling at all to gambling offshore, to gambling on the river, to gambling to boats that are parked in the river, to casinos that were near the river. It's a process of little by little, the law changes and changes. So you make one small change, then you say, well, if we've made this change, how about this change too? We've made this change, we might as well do this too. Oh, and now we've gone this far, why not do a little bit more? And all of a sudden, you've gone a lot farther away than you ever thought you would get. We also have had it recently with, uh, I shouldn't say so recently, but over the last 15 years or so, involving gay marriage and uh, transsexual rights. What if uh, in 2002 someone said, not only do we want gays to marry, but we want uh, transsexuals 
to be able to use whatever bathroom they want. And uh, you're expected to refer to them by their preferred pronoun, even if the pronoun is Z or, or Jim or whatever they want to be called. You, you're expected to do that or you're being rude or you could even be seen as being discriminatory. What if that was suggested in 2002? Anyone who suggested that would have been laughed out of the room. But yet here we are today and that's the situation. The way this happened was, again, this slow transition. And I don't mean transition in the gender sense, but a transition in the law. Where it went from, okay, well, gay people, they have relationships. We know they have relationships. They have serious relationships. They want to marry just like straight people. How about we at least let them, let them do legal partnerships, civil partnerships, civil unions, so this way they have certain rights involving uh, just basic matters only having to do with each other, about uh, visitation at hospitals, about inheritance, about uh, decision-making for each other, about ownership, community property, all that. How, how about just giving them the rights to that without calling it marriage? Just, just make life easier for them. But it's not a marriage, just a civil partnership. So, yeah, there were many opposed to it, but many who were opposed to gay marriage but okay with the civil partnership thing said, all right, fine, fine, fine. As long as it's not a marriage, go ahead. So they get the civil partnerships. Then it becomes, well, okay, well, now that we have civil partnerships, why shouldn't they be able to marry? Just just because they're both of the same gender? Why why, why should only opposite genders marry? If if, if two people love each other, two adults love each other, and they, they want to get married, why, why say they can't just because it's two men or two women? So over time, that started to change too, and, and soon the majority said, yeah, that seems fair. They should be able to marry too. So now gay marriage is everywhere. And then I, while I know trans people and gay people are different, but uh, then came the trans rights, which are somewhat associated with gay, with gay rights, and uh, the, the focus started to be on trans people. That's where the LGBT acronym came from. And they said, well, okay, uh, we're, we're giving gays the right to marry. They, they can enter full marriages. Why are the trans people getting the shaft? Why, why are they not being recognized for being the gender that they've transitioned to? And if they can, why can't they use the bathroom that represents their new gender? So that became a subject of debate, and, and pretty soon in a lot of places, uh, transgender people were able to enter whatever bathroom they wanted. And then the pronoun thing. It wasn't just being called her or him. If they want to be called Z or Zim or whatever, they can say that too. And you're expected to call them by that. So these things all go in phases. You can't just go from one extreme to the other quickly when you're changing something that's controversial. You've got to slowly work into it. And by the way, I'm not making comments of whether all this is right or wrong. I'm not talking about whether these gay rights laws were right or wrong or that the trans laws are right or wrong. I'm not, I'm not getting into that now. I'm not even giving an opinion here. I'm really not. Don't, don't try to search for one here. I'm not giving one. But, but it definitely did have – it was a, a process. And those at the very beginning who were proposing the civil unions – they knew what they were doing. They, they knew that was the beginning of 
rights that the public would have never supported had they all been presented at once. They had to slowly ease everyone into it. So the gun situation is the same thing. The NRA is very concerned, and rightfully so, that if they agree to compromise, that soon it will be that same process, and that soon more and more there will be laws against owning firearms. So what if the next school shooting involves a handgun? You know, there's plenty of handguns with with 16 rounds. So, and these are semi-automatic, by the way. There's a lot of confusion of what semi-automatic means. Semi-automatic just means you can just keep firing without uh, manually reloading or doing anything else with a gun besides pulling the trigger. That you just pull the trigger and another bullet fires. That's what semi-automatic means. So that's what guns are. That's what most handguns are. So let's say someone takes a semi-automatic handgun with 16 rounds and is a good shot and shoots and kills 16 people. Let's say it happens in a school. Does that mean that those should be banned? So the NRA is concerned that as soon as they give validation to the other side and say, okay, yeah, fine, we concede, we'll, we'll do such and such reform, we'll agree to such and such reform, as long as you leave the rest alone, and then the next time something happens, it's going to change again and again and again, and soon, one day, we will have full gun control where individuals will not be allowed to own firearms of any kind. And that's not crazy. That is the process. And if there's going to be any kind of compromise, the other side must say, we promise that we will not press for anything else no matter what happens. Then if the NRI says no, then you can call them out and say, look, we even promised, we're swearing we're never going to come for the handguns. We're swearing we're never going to ask for more than we're asking for right now. But the other side will not do that because that is not their goal. The other side wants full gun control, but doesn't want to say it because that's unpopular. Isn't it strange they can go from river casinos to gun control <laughs> and, and trans people in bathrooms? But that, that's, that's how the whole thing came to be. Look at where most casinos are, especially ones that are not Indian casinos. And you will see they are on, on the river. Not necessarily like physically on the river, but you know, right there at the river. Seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. It is two twenty two in the morning Pacific time. It has been quite cold. In Southern California, in fact, the whole West has been cold. Utah has been cold. Arizona has been cold. Nevada has been cold. California has been cold. I don't. I haven't really checked Washington and Oregon, but 
Uh, like LA, the, the daytime highs have been around in the 50s for most of the days, and uh, the lows have been in the 30s. In fact, last night, or should I say yesterday morning, I observed ice on the grass in my backyard because it was below freezing overnight. So, haven't quite gotten the snow. We haven't gotten the snow that I thought might come. There actually is a chance. There's a chance. Um, not so much right now, but uh, tomorrow. There's a small storm coming to L.A. It was supposed to be a bigger storm. It was supposed to be like two inches, but it's not anymore. Now it's going to be less than an inch. But there's definitely going to be some rain starting uh, in the morning today. Probably about five hours from now. Now, by the time it starts... Or, no, sorry, not the morning. The afternoon. Not the morning. The afternoon, it's about 17 hours from now. Afternoon, evening. So definitely not going to snow then. But... It's going to go throughout the whole night. So maybe at 4 or 5 in the morning, if it is cold enough, it could snow in some areas. But I think the cloud cover is going to keep it from getting as cold. Like, the below freezing temperatures we had last night are not going to duplicate. In fact, even now, it's not as cold as it was last night, partially because there are clouds overhead. And that keeps the uh, temperature from getting as cold. It uh, traps some of the heat in. JSTAT is saying it is raining in San Francisco where he is, but it's snowing in higher elevations in Northern California. I want to take a look at that. I want to take a look where the snow is right now in California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. A lot of precipitation in Northern California right now. Yeah, I see over San Francisco, over Oakland, over San Jose, over Stockton, Sacramento, which they actually got some snow the other day. It's raining right now. But if you go east of Sacramento, there's snow. You go up that uh, road between Sacramento and uh, Lake Tahoe, where you pass uh, Cameron Park and Placerville. Just as you get past Placerville and Pollock Pines, it's starting to snow. And then if you go to Kybers, that's snowing there, and Twin Bridges, and Lake Tahoe's getting snow. Hmm. But not very much snow this year in the ski resorts. It's a bad year for the ski resorts in California and Nevada. Not a good year. So I haven't gone to Mammoth this year because it hasn't been good. In fact, Mammoth is not snowing right now. The storm is not there at the moment. All right, let's see what else we got on our agenda. This is a long agenda tonight. Not every topic is very long, but the agenda is long. No, we're at the last, uh, last one. I didn't know we were that far. Okay, good. So... PokerStars has bought a majority share in the gaming company CrownBet. And you may not have heard of CrownBet, so I will tell you about it. CrownBet is an Australian company. It's actually the online sports betting portion of Australia's Crown Resorts, which are owned by James Packer. And 
the Stars Group, which formerly was known as Amaya, and of course they own Poker Stars, they have acquired a majority stake in CrownBet. They bought the majority stake of 62.5% from James Packer. So he had 62.5% in CrownBet. Uh, he sold it to the Stars Group. A lot of money changed hands to get crown bet. You may wonder, how much money? I knew you would ask. The answer is... $100 billion! I knew that was coming. No, $117 million. So it was 100-something, but not billion. Million. So... Why does the Stars Group want it? And by the way, it was, it was it, the 117 million sounds like a funny number. It was, it was 150 million Australian. So CrownBet is going to keep its current operation the same at the moment, but this deal does allow the Stars Group to replace. Most of Crown Bet's board of directors of the Stars Group can run things the way they want. Uh, the deal already has approval, temporary approval, from the Northern Territory Racing Commission, though the Stars Group has to meet certain standard conditions for the approval to be permanent. And the Northern Territory of Australia, it's, it's the, uh, the, that's the regulatory home for all the online operators that serve Australia. And that's simply because the taxes are better over there. So, uh, Rafi Ashkenazi, I wonder what his religion is. (laughs) Rafi Ashkenazi, the current CEO of the Stars Group, said, We are excited to enter the regulated Australian sportsbook market with CrownBet. CrownBet has become one of the large, one of the fastest growing online sports books in Australia through its strong management team, proprietary te- technology, a mobile app, unique partnerships, and market-leading loyalty program. However, the real reason Stars wants this is to try to bring legalized online poker to Australia. Poker Stars was kicked out almost a year ago from Australia, as were all other international sites, due to changes in the laws over there. Uh, Australia outlawed all forms of online gambling except for sports betting, because sports betting is so popular in Australia and has been for a long time that uh, they didn't want to outlaw that because the people would have revolted. I bet on an Australian site as early as 1996. It's called Centerbet. I don't know if it still exists. Let me try it. Center, C-E-N-T-R-E, bet, dot A-U, I think, or dot com dot A-U. No, it's just centerbet.com now. Okay, they, they exist. Yeah, there they are. Looks different than in 96, but yeah, they still exist. So... Yeah, it's thought that they're not just interested in getting to Australian sports betting, that they want to bring online poker over there. So they're hoping that once they have an operating 
online sports betting site that then they can try to push for legalizing online poker there. So it is kind of assumed right now that that's not going to be successful at the moment that the there's a very there's kind of an anti online gambling uh force in Australia at the moment that's taken hold there among the politicians so it's going to be a hard sell to get them to make online poker legal. But Stars is thinking, okay, let's. Everybody talked about that process. First, they're going to buy a majority stake in an existing, well liked and successful sports betting site and behave well and run it responsibly, and then say, okay, well, here we are. We're, we're here in Australia. We've done a good job in Australia. Uh, you can trust us. Let's let's bring poker back. We're we're the ones to do it. We're the we have the best reputation of any online poker site and here we've been running the sports betting site in Australia and everything's gone so well. Why not give us a shot? That that's what they're going to try eventually. However, it's also thought that they don't mind entering the online sports book business anyway. Because the Stars Group's main growth in the last few years has actually come from its online sportsbook and casino offerings, which is something they've added to PokerStars or uh, associated sites. So they've been able to leverage the PokerStars brand, the, the well-known brand, to get people to try their other products, the sports betting in the casino. So it's thought that the BetStars brand that they've been trying to get going, that uh, they may attempt to bring that to Australia. Now, CrownBet is not like CenterBet. CenterBet has been around since the 90s, as I mentioned. CrownBet has only been around since 2014, and that was created by James Packer, who wanted to have an online version of his Crown Resorts. But uh, James Packer's been in some kind of uh, you know, small scandals, and it seems like that uh, maybe he wants to get out of owning an online poker site anyway. So we will see what happens there, and if somehow poker stars can bring online poker back to Australia. I know we have some Australian listeners. In fact, I, I think that one of them is who, the person who brought the story to me. It, it was posted on Poker Fraud Alert by someone named I Am Cookie. Yeah, he's from Sydney. He doesn't like CrownBet very much. He said, CrownBet are just another corporate bookmaker in Australia that knock back the sharps to bare minimum and allow the dopes to bet it up. <laughs> he also said an introduction on a consumption tax may be soon introduced here, and recent laws prohibiting any company to give credit is going to kill some of the lesser-known bookmakers. Hmm. 
Do you think Crown Bet may uh, crush some of the smaller bookmakers there because of some uh, changes in the tax laws? And and furthermore, he hates Crown Bet because if you he says if you're a sharp better, if you're a winning sports better, who knows what he's doing? They they end up cutting your limits down so low that it's not worth continuing, and that anybody who seems like a sports betting fish is allowed to just keep firing, so that they uh, they basically kick out any winners. They they all but kick them out. Of course, that happens in Vegas, too. In Vegas, if they witness you winning repeatedly and you're betting high or even medium limits, they will often stop taking your action or lower your limits way, you know, very far down. Even people who are betting $2,000 a game, things like that, will get their action restricted if it seems like they know what they're doing in Vegas. Some sports books are more adventurous than others, but yeah, they're very risk averse, actually. So, I am Cookie is not a fan of Crownbit, but I thank him for bringing that topic to us. Well, that is all. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. We will be back. A week from today, on March 7th, and we should be on every week. We may miss something towards the end of March. I still have to uh, get some details on that, but uh, may not be able to make one week in March. However, other than that, uh, should be every week for the foreseeable future. Definitely next week on March 7th, barring bad health or dogs that keep crapping in the house, I'll be here. I want to thank the co-hosts, Cal Watt and Trader Ruski, for making it here this week. Thank you, Eric Benzamokin, for the $50, Gordman for the $64, Reno for the $40, and even I Am Greek for the $10 for that uh, free roll we had tonight. Very nice size free rolls we've had. Would you believe in the past three weeks, Poker Fraud Alerts free rolls have totaled uh, almost $900? Just three weeks? Almost $900. That's a lot of money for a free roll. I mean, this is not a, a large commercial site. This is, this is a site that runs at a loss. It's a site that is not large. And these are users donating the money. This is not money coming from mass profits I'm making. These are users donating the money. And it's real cash money that you can claim in so many ways. I will try to load up Bitcoin. I'm going to buy some very shortly. So if I owe you some Bitcoin, or if you want to collect your winnings in Bitcoin from tonight's free roll, I will pay you that way. It's no problem. The transaction fees that used to be terrible have improved a lot. That issue is no longer dogging us. And if you're a new listener that has found us through one of the Facebook groups that I've been posting on, welcome. I'm hoping that you're enjoying the show. It's a bit of a different type of poker show, much longer, much more free form. We also just give less of a crap of who we piss off. It's not, it's not a formal show. You know, we, we just talk. We just talk and we tell you how we really feel. 
But I, I try to cover the topics that I think you guys will care about. And the interesting stories in the world of poker, of gambling, and the city of Las Vegas. That's all for tonight. Shalom. Shalom.